say this shit like you believe it, man. Like it's a motherfucking Sunday and you cruising down Crenshaw in a motherfucking six four. Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. Six, seven. What will happen to me if I fail your test? For a special agent, you're not having a very special day, are you? I mean, what I look like, letting you train me while you sit around and die. So if I fight, you fight. How about we make this one a night to remember? I'm jacked. I'm jacked to the test! You feel it? You're gonna have a stroke, little buddy. I don't care if she put a pipe bomb in the water heater. You're going to fix it now. We call it the Constitution, and we agree to the rules, and that's what makes us Americans. It's all that makes us Americans. So don't tell me there's no rule book, and don't nod at me like that, you son of a bitch. I've come to save the world, but also, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be double dog damn. General Sandy don't give a damn, Smithers. I'm on the plane. Open the door. How'd you get in the plane? I'm in the plane. I'm on the plane. Fix it. Fix it, Steve. You can't write code. You're not an engineer. You're not a designer. You can't put a hammer to a nail. I built the circuit board. The graphical interface was stolen. Everything, someone else designed the box. What do you do? I play the orchestra. Welcome to Real Earth Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2016 and beyond. I am Ryan, and with me is both the nerds, Brad. Yep. James. Yeah. And we have two guests, Steve from the Alamo. Hey. And Henry from Filmmaking. Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Henry, I don't think you've ever told me what your real job is. Filmmaking? No, I'm unemployed. Okay. So, like, <laughs> yeah, me yeah. too. Uh, so, professional movie watcher. Yeah, let's do go with that one. So. Dude, I watched so many movies when I was done with the Police Academy. I, well, Did you one, watch I, Police Academy? I should have. Um, I watched Making a Murderer, like, straight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I watched it from, like, 7 in at night till 1 in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I gotta go to bed because my kid's gonna wake up at 6. And then my kid woke up at 6 and I just put it on again. Yeah, I um, stayed so, up all yeah. night last night watching it. So that's what I have been doing, uh, watching a lot of movies. Uh, I'll, I can't wait next week, James, to talk about Blood Rage. Um, oh, man. I don't even care about Blood Rage, but I want you to talk about Blood Rage. Um, I will tell you that every time a murder weapon shows up on Blood Rage, it goes to like 80s synth pop. It goes, it's pretty awesome. A sharp fork. And remember how like the tagline is, it's not cranberry sauce. That's right. Because it takes place during Thanksgiving. It's like a slasher movie. I was hoping it was just so cheap that they use cranberry sauce for the blood. No, so... Every time the murderer, like, kills somebody, he licks, he's like, it's not cranberry sauce. <laughs> Every time? <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, my God. I'll, 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 I'll tell you more. Um, and then, actually, this, I brought this up, too, because the booklet in it is written by the program director from the Austin Alamo Drafthouse. Uh, Which one? Uh, I forget his name, but because he shows it for, like, I don't know what the, I forgot, the, I should just show it you, but it's like they have this <laughs> thing at that Alamo where they just show shitty movies. And uh, Blood Rage. We don't do that. Blood Rage is one they show like every month on Tuesday or something on a Tuesday every month or huh. because it's you have to see it. The movie is so ridiculous, but it's in a cool way ridiculous. <laughs> um. Anyways, the reason I'm going to talk about that more next week is today is the day for yeah. Film Explosion 2015. If you are new to the podcast and you don't know what we do for Film Explosion, every year we pick our 10 favorite films of the year and we reveal them in a top 10 countdown, starting with number 10 all the way to number one. And we take turns alternating. Uh, we like to sweep the legs a lot. Um, I'm going to stab you fools. 
Well, we already know what James' number one movie is. Fuck off! What's the McConaughey movie this year? <laughs> <laughs> was he in a movie this year? Um, he technically was, but wasn't released yet. So. James saw oh. Interstellar in January, so yeah. that's gonna yeah. <laughs> You know, actually, I will... Uh, we, have, we have to bring one up, because I don't know what to do with Whiplash. I know, I was actually just going to say that. I have uh, honorable uh, mention as Whiplash, because... Because it... Sh- fuck, like... I, I I was like pouring through you know, like the the release dates to try and figure out like okay what was the actual it was February wide release was it February mm-hmm. oh shit then I should have it on my list God yep. God really it didn't get a wide when did it get a limited release was it still this last, year no October of last year yeah remember so I that's saw the thing it the, the, the end spread of the, year last year. the yeah. spread is so wide that I, that's why I didn't even think about it and then I was looking through. Through the episodes from this year and saw it and was like, wait, how the fuck did we see that in March? No, because remember, I went and saw it with Laura and you guys like, yeah. oh, I should go see that movie. I said, yeah, I should probably see this movie. Yeah. Um, Man. Yeah, it's a great movie. I was just going to bring that up. Um, but don't worry, Jane, uh, Brad, well, I'm sure we'll have a movie. Oh, yeah, he's where got we're fucking like, children. Oh, I pissed all over the list this year. I bet you, you did. son of a bitch. I exploded every technicality. Yeah, I, just looked, I looked at his number 10 right now and I was already. Is it mad. Clue? <laughs> <laughs> Already mad. It's listed on uh, Box Office Mojo as its own thing, so it's fine. Yeah, you know, hey, if if I my wait, wait, is this number ten not even a movie? This number ten is making a murder on Netflix. (laughs) That's uh, technically a TV. It's actually just the homepage of Box Office Mojo. (laughs) (laughs) How I technically uh, look at movies is if it's on Box Box Office Mojo from this year is how I Mm. decide. Um, But you know, the caveat is I actually have a movie on there too. That was released very limited <laughs> in theaters and didn't come out on Blu-ray till I think it was like January fourteenth. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've, one I've of always, those is on my list. I've always taken it as when when was it available for us to see? Yeah. It? Right. So if it if it when it whenever it finally releases in Denver, yeah, that is when I count it as having released. Yeah. Um, oh. Which includes. I'm in trouble. Then. No, 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 no. Everybody, you can shit all over the list however you want to. Okay, Henry. Good. It's just Brad that I'm going to pick up. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, cool. he wants to put like fucking children of men on like yeah. completely no, wrong. No, no, um, no, me and no. uh, me and James. <laughs> it was make these it was rules. Actually stout. Brad's a rebel and doesn't follow him <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, but we will play the trailer for each movie. Sometimes they work out really well. Not like Brad's from a few years ago about the drunk or the, the drug dead kid? Yeah. Uh, drug guy who was. <laughs> Enter the void. Uh, Enter the but, void. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you're listening to the trailer, and there's nothing but weird music. Yeah. Um, it's just unsettling. And then I and then I saw the trailer, and it's like, Brad, how do you like this movie? <laughs> I'm sorry. We, I didn't know we had to pick movies that had dialogue in them. You do. <laughs> you do. Um, and we should also reiter- uh, reiterate that these aren't like the 10 Oscar-winning no. movies of the no. year. They're yeah, our no. favorites, personally. That they should be. <laughs> they should, yeah. Dude, that my, was an my, Oscar thing, my, not that you're listening. My to. top ten list should be like the top ten films for Oscar this year. Wouldn't that be awesome <laughs> yeah. if it was? Yeah. <laughs> they're listening to this like, oh, forget the nominations. Yeah, you know Because you know they're going to put in like some shit in that list for sure. And it's going to win. Everyone's going to be pissed off. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hateful Eight. Joy. <laughs> yeah. I get joy. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fuck. Saw that last night. That, that's it was a, a mistake. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, James's film, favorite filmmaker is David O. Russell. Yeah, so. you couldn't drag me kicking and screaming into that. Thing. It'll be the eight most recent art film releases. Yeah. They'll be the. No, it'll be the pictures. stuff from Christmas that got steamrolled by Star Wars that they'll re release in February right before the Oscars in order to make more money. Well, they have to, so they have to announce the January 14th is. Oscar nomination. Right, but that's my release. point, right? So, like, Hateful Eight won't make enough money because of Star Wars and neither will Joy, so those two movies will get a bunch of nominations and then they'll re-release in, in February right before the Oscars, but they'll be nominated in January. Hmm. Um, and there's a couple other, like, little indie movies that are that is similar for. Yeah, you hope because 
that most of the academy people will start dying, and so younger people <laughs> will go in. But for some reason, there's still that pretentiousness about it. That yeah, sucks. Yeah. Well, they apparently added like a whole bunch of new members after the whole backlash of they're not nominating any black people last year. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll see. I still watch it, and I still have fun. Yeah. If I, if I can see Seth MacFarlane saying, I saw your boobs again, I'll be happy. <laughs> Remember how mad that made everybody? <laughs> you did that. And it was like the most fun I had watching an Oscars telecast ever. <laughs> yeah. Like he's singing about boobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, we'll start the countdown because this is going to take a while. Yep. Um, so We've never back. had this many people. We've had them on some of the other film explosions, but not on a real end of year vicious film explosion. Yeah. Um, since I'm the host, I'll go first and then uh, we'll just go. Henry, Brad, Steve, James, you're last. Son of a bitch. Sorry. Or I can go James. Steve. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. You're just going to get stabbed. All right. Uh, so if you find my body in a... Stab in Wisconsin, <laughs> you'll get off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the barrel in Wisconsin. You don't even have to try. You just dump it in some poor people's backyard. And don't worry. The poor people will go to jail. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then maybe they'll get accused of it. There is that... Like uh, uh, salvage yard and golden that maybe just (laughs) that might work. Yeah, I ain't never seen that guy before. Um, (laughs) I'm growing some lettuce and some tomatoes. (laughs) Um, Oh, that shows watchmaking a murder. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, start our top ten. Cool. So my number ten is a movie that came out wide (laughs) on Christmas. Um, It's one of the most recent movies I saw. Um, it's an ensemble picture. Uh. It's about a crisis, and my number 10 movie is The Big Short. Banks have conditioned us to trust them. What have we got from that? 25% interest rates on credit cards. They have screwed us on student loans that we can never get out from under. When the banks committed the greatest fraud in U.S. history... No one is paying attention. It's unbelievable. Or outsiders risked it all to take them down. We're going to make the big banks hurt. How can the banks let this happen? It's fueled by stupidity. But that's not stupidity, that's fraud. Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my wife's brother arrested. (laughs) Banks got greedy and we can profit off of their stupidity. Do you have any idea what you're up against? We have to act now. So Mike Barry, who doesn't wear shoes, knows more than the federal government. Dr. Mike Barry, yes he does. About you. I'm fine. No, 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 no. My cab, my cab, my cab. My cab, schmuck. I love you, honey. I'll talk to you later. There's some shady stuff going down. God, this is intimate. I feel like I'm financially inside of you or something. Okay. If we're right, people lose homes, people lose jobs. The banks have more incentives than greed. You're wrong. We can do everything straight and still go broke. We need to go all in. The ratings agencies, the banks, the government, they're all asleep at the wheel. You think this is a game? This is a once-in-a-lifetime deal. I'm thinking. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. It's scary. The banks have fraud the American people. Now we can kick them in the teeth. Okay, here we go. The Big Short. You target strippers with bad loans. Mm-hmm. And they're all cash rich. Not going to be able to refinance. On all my loans? What do you mean all your loans? I have five houses and a condo. How much do you make a year? Rated R.
Uh, the Big Short's a really cool movie. It's uh, written and directed by Adam McKay, who's known mostly for Anchorman and things like that. And it stars Christian Bale, Steve Carell. Christian Bale, Steve Carell. Hey, that rhymes. And uh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Gosling. And it's talking about the financial collapse of the housing market in 2008. Uh, Christian Bale plays a doctor, and he figures it out, I think, in 2006. And he's using the investor's money that he has. He's like, hey, man, I'm putting a, a security on these shit loans, and I'm telling you it's going to pay out and make tons of money. And he starts losing all this money, and all his investors are going to sue him. And um, <laughs> when it turns out he's right, he ends up making billions of dollars. And, yeah, like $2.3 uh, billion. Dollars. Yeah, and uh, it's a great movie. Uh, all the performances are really good. Um, I, I laughed at it, and I was in, it made me understand subprime. Thanks to Margot Robbie drinking champagne in a bubble bath. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. I can't wait to see her as Harley Quinn. And uh, yeah, I just really love the movie. That's a that's a cool movie. I got a chance to see it this in the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, and I I fought trying to figure out where to put that movie on my list, and it didn't. But um, but it's really neat. And I think you know it it has this huge hill to climb of all this really complicated stuff and yeah. this. Very nonlinear story that it's telling, or not nonlinear, but like there's there's all these different aspects of the story. Yeah, and different and they people don't really involved. see each other ever. No, it's yeah, like four different like it's groups a, of people. It's a really difficult. It would be a difficult movie to tell if it were a murder mystery or something like that. Like you know, just the way that it's structured would be hard to put together anyway. That then to have to also explain to people like what a CDO is. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, and the way they do it is fantastic. Yeah, I love the Jenga um, thing where uh, Ryan Gosling yeah. was trying to explain it to him. Which that that Jenga makes like really doesn't make sense. Like, what? How? How come you got a Jenga with letters on it yeah. that specifically line up? <laughs> but it is so integral to understanding what's going on. Exactly, and they just do that so you can understand it. Oh yeah, you, you know, and it's uh, just like when they're in the lobby of Chase or yeah, J.P. Morgan Chase. Like, yeah, we really didn't find it here, but for the movie, we found it here because yeah. it means more. It's, yeah. It's pretty interesting. And I think Adam McKay does a really great job of, like, making his point, not being too preachy, just, like, telling you a story that makes a whole – like, makes a lot of sense and makes you sort of understand, like, how shitty all of this was. Um, man, I think my favorite moment, though, is when, when Steve Carell's talking to those those bankers and he walks away to his friends and he's like, I don't get it. Why are these guys, like, admitting to what they did? And the guys go – no, 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 no. They're boasting. They're not. A, they don't yeah. understand. Like they're too stupid to understand that they're admitting to something really horrible. Oh um, yeah, when they're at the man, uh, oh, that's the, the realtors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the realtors. Yeah, but then, you know, then they also hit you where those guys are like looking at jobs for IKEA and stuff because right. yeah, if you're gonna prey on people and be assholes, oh, huh? and is, yep. it, is it really their fault? Or are they are they just using what the banks do to their advantage? Oh yeah, I mean they even say they're like yeah, we do all this shit because tomorrow I'm gonna make a whole lot of money on it. Like. Mm-hmm. I can't say no to it. Like, why would it make sense? And they're not smart enough to understand why it's even bad. Yeah, like, why right. would they? He's like, I got five houses. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, that poor <laughs> I got five houses and a condo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah, it's my number 10 movie. After watching Making a Murder and The Big Short, I'm just like, so disenchanted with the... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, no, America, yeah. America's America, in a bad yeah. place, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Henry? All right, uh, my number 10, it's the only one that I said that, like, it does kind of break rules because it doesn't come out in America until, like, March. Oh, okay. Um, it's one of the smartest satires I've seen in a long time while actually still being funny. Cool. Um, and my number 10 film is The Lobster. Have you ever been on your own before? No, never. The last relationship lasted how many years? Twelve. Sexual preference? Women. Any children? No. 
and the dog? No. This is my brother. He was here a couple of years ago, but he didn't make it. Good morning. 44 days left. Breakfast is served. As you understand from your brother's experience. If you fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here, you'll turn into an animal. Would you like to dance? Mind if I join you? It's no coincidence that the targets are shaped like single people and not couples. Did you catch rabbits? Catching a rabbit is difficult. Thank you very much. We have to be totally synchronized. Five. Four, three, two. Have you thought of what animal you'd like to be if you end up alone? Yes, a lobster. A lobster is an excellent choice. I can't go much faster. These trousers are too tight. I'm sorry. Whoa, tell us about the what? lobster. <laughs> the lobster. Have you seen it, Steve? This is one of the movies that I didn't get a chance to see this year, and I know I regret it because I've heard only amazing things about it. Yeah, I was, I've was. i been looking forward to it for a while, and then I saw it. Like, in the, it is a really good film. It's about... Uh, it's not to on like, relationships in general. It's about like essentially this kind of like resort that you go to. It stars Colin Farrell, uh, John C. Riley, Ben Warshaw. It's about this resort that you go to in order to find love. Okay. You have, I think it's like 45 days or 30 days. And if you don't find love in that time, you are turned into an animal and released into the woods. <laughs> and so it's about that 30 day period where Colin Farrell is trying to find someone to fall in love with before he turns into a lobster and gets released into the woods. That's how I feel every day. <laughs> All right. So. It's from the director of Dog Tooth, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so. If you haven't seen Dog Tooth, that's another amazing film. That's a pretty awesome idea. It's, yeah, it's a very creative, it's a very creative film. And then there's also like, cause I was thinking, oh, it's supposed to be kind of quirky kind of <laughs> comedy, but there are like genuinely lines about relationships in it that are like both really smart and also really funny too. Yeah. So. And it is, it's like, it's like lighthearted and fun. It's not like, yeah, it never gets like, super there's not like hard. a scene where like he sneaks out of his house at night. It's like, who would, these people are, there's a, there's a conspiracy going on to always turn people into lobsters. No. I wanted to be a beaver. <laughs> no, cause you, when you first get there, they say, what animal do you want to be? And there's oh. a great line from Colin Farrell saying why he wants to be a lobster. Cool. And so, cause like they say, cause Does like, he first, say it in his Irish accent? Yeah, well, he's well, Irish. Well, well they want to be a lobster because they don't even have them. <laughs> Where I'm are there, from. Are there, are there people who go into this thing because they're just like, I don't want to fall in love. I just want to, I just well, want to be a beaver, man. I, mean, I like maybe, wood. Like, they really make it out to be like, what you, you like really James? don't want to be an animal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, I, I really liked it. And so I hope everyone gets to see it when it comes out in March. That's so, cool. That's so, cool. Yeah. Nah, fuck. I don't think you're breaking the rule. If you Bridget, got a chance Bridget to see it before it. the rest yeah. of us have Well, I mean, the only thing is I saw that's, it like, totally as part of like the films that leaked online. Oh, okay. So that's the only reason why it's kind oh, of. Oh, so you stole, you stole it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't pirate it. It was on the YouTube. And so I just, like the five hour window was online. Yeah. Cool. Oh, right. so you stole it. I stole it. I'm going to pay to see it when it comes out. Good. I want to well, see he admitted to a crime. Arrest him. Arrest him. <laughs> well, at, well, at least uh, Brad gave out his P.O. box last week, so they'll just go to his place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good. Cool. That's a good one. Brad, what's your number 10? Um, Steve, open up that envelope. All Tell right. everyone. Oh, wait. I want to preface so, by so saying that... It's so lazy you can't open your own 
Envelopes? It's weird, isn't it? If, when I do it myself? Because <laughs> I know what the answer is. Anyway, I want to <laughs> preface it by saying that despite this is like one of my worst experiences at a theater, because I didn't go to the Alamo for this, um, my number 10 is... Again, I said I was already mad. For, for, for the record, <laughs> Steve did not have like a, a gun. You guys to only had one showing of it. <laughs> it's true. It was sold out almost immediately. It's true. Back to the Future 2. <laughs> well, Back to the Future Day. Back to the Future Day. <laughs> Fuck you, Brad. Somewhere in the past, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 2015. Where are we? October 21st, 2015. You built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? Things have certainly changed around here. Whoa, this is heavy. Power laces, all right. Size adjusting, fit. I need to borrow your hoverboard. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. Back to the Future, 30th Anniversary Collection. Own it now on Blu-ray and DVD. Precisely on schedule. Uh, that, that movie did not come out this year. Uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, all three of them came out this year. <laughs> and they were fantastic. One, is your number one the first Back to the Future film? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in 1985 it was, but yeah. yeah. 85 Explosion, but yeah. Uh, you know, 2015 is the year Marty... Goes to the future and back to the future too. Did they, they, did did they do anything to it? Like, did they did they did they remaster it or or no? They just played all. They added in a bunch of new CGI uh, scenes, like they do for every uh, you know re-release. <laughs> did they really? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I saw Jaws at the Alamo this year, and it was clearly like the DVD cut, which is more beautiful than any of the actual film versions. So it, it's entirely possible that I saw Jaws this year. So that might be my my new number one. <laughs> so, oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's Back to the Future. I don't it's have good. to explain why it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of my, you know, sit, sitting in a theater, watching all three back to back. They had some, uh, some of the like Blu-ray extras they played in between special stuff. Um, <coughs> but uh, yeah, that woman eating the entire can of Pringles was like the worst thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Did that happen in the theater? Yeah. Did you know about this? <laughs> no. Yeah, so I'm sitting there during Back to the Future 1, and about 30 minutes in, this woman just cracks open like a thing of Pringles. and She, she popped, and she couldn't stop. She popped, and she couldn't <laughs> stop. Literally couldn't stop, because like, in just like a rhythm, six, rhythmic succession, she would grab one, crunch it, grab another one, crunch it for a good 30 minutes until the movie was over. Did she take two of them and make a duck bill out of them? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> That's obnoxious. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was incredibly annoying, yeah. The only right. time I had someone eat and she's at, <laughs> at the uh, Alamo that drove me crazy, I, I forget what movie it was, but there was like this really fat guy. He was not next hey. to me. Not, James, come on. <laughs> there was a space and then he was at the end. And the Alamo gives you free refills on your popcorn. And he was eating it so fast. Like he's like. <gasps> and he, he refilled his popcorn three times. <laughs> Holy like, shit. Jeez, I can barely finish like one bowl of popcorn. I, I, not, I didn't even try. Bowl. I I feel I feel good if I can get the pile of popcorn to be below the rim of the bowl. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> usually it's mounded up, and if I can just take that top layer off, you know, like top of the cake. I was like, where the fuck is that popcorn going? <laughs> I was like, he's eating it so fast. Like three of those bowls. How how big are those bowls? One hundred eight ounces. 
roughly. It's sad I've been in restaurants so long. So like, they're big bowls. Yeah, they're really big. He died in the parking lot. Surprise me. He's still in that theater. That's the only time. And at the end, I, was, I wasn't mad. I was like impressed. Like, Jesus Christ, man. You guys are going. Believe me, some of the servers get impressed about that stuff, too. Like, some people, will, they'll refill their Coke, you know, like 12 times. I'm sure it's not healthy, but still, like, 12 Cokes? Like, 32-ounce Cokes? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Cool. Some people live dangerously. Great choice, Brad. What the fuck? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey. Hey, hey, that's Brad. a really good movie, Brad. My favorite stuff from 2015. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear the from 2015 part? Steve, what's your number 10? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So now I have to do my own prefacing, too. So what we do, the Alamo around the company, we do our own top 10s. Oh, cool. And the rule is that it has to have a gross in the year, or it has oh. to be released on, like, Netflix or HBO, like if it's an original thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like I have like an HBO movie on mine. No, it's cool. Rick- Ridiculous Six is my number one movie of the year. So oh, of course, <laughs> <laughs> racist Ryan. Um. So so yeah, that's how we that's how we do that. So that's minor because like I I was fortunate enough I got to go to some <coughs> some cool festivals and got some cool screeners of stuff that isn't coming out officially even limited until next year. Yeah. And I I thought I should just save it because okay. Um, cool. There's has anyone seen February yet? No, February. The, the Osgood Perkins movie. What oh, month no. does it come out in? Not February. Oh, yeah, I know. Eight to four already slated up the witch for February. So oh, gotcha. Yeah. I can't wait to see that though. It's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The witch is gonna be great, but also February uh, is is already gonna be probably my at least top three for 2016. Wow. Uh, for 2015, number ten, uh, the overnight. If you're uncomfortable, you don't have to do anything you don't want to. Okay. Hello. You new around here? We just um, moved here from Seattle. Well, welcome. Thank you. Wow. Max is really taking a shine to your boy. Tonight is our regular pizza night. We could turn it into a welcome the neighborhood get together. Huh. It could be fun. Want a Whole Foods <laughs> now? Any dietary restrictions? I don't think Screw so. Screw it. You guys, I'm so excited. Yay! All right. Whoa. Oh, wow. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us Thank in your you. beautiful home. Glad to be a Why don't we put the kids to bed upstairs and continue down here? Oh. Give me 20 minutes and I will give you parental bliss. What's this? It's a photography zone. You know you've got a really great look. Anybody ever tell me that? No. Fabulous actress. Now really? That is <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, I hope you're not gonna be disappointed. Fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> there are things that I do in my bedroom that no one needs to know about. I think we've reached that point in the evening where we should leave before anything crazy happens. what dinner parties are like. Did anyone see the overnight? Yeah, I'm glad someone else liked that film. Yeah, great. It's in like my top 25. Yeah, yeah no, it's awesome. It's great. All it's, I heard about was Jason Schwartzman's fake dick. Tell, tell me yeah, about the overnight. We'll get to that. It's pretty impressive. So the overnight is like... It's, it's, <laughs> 
<laughs> it is very uh it, yeah it's it's a kind of like a small sex comedy about these um kind of uh, new new parents that kind of move to a, a new neighborhood, and um, it's great because it's about kind of like like the difference between like tame parents and like hipster parents. Um, Jason Schwartzman, of course, plays a great hipster parent, which I feel no. like yeah, I know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Jason Schwartzman playing a hipster parent? Um, and so yeah, it's about yeah, it's you know, it's about uh, what I like about it is becoming friends and like testing relationships and um what it is to like be an adult who's like you know not too old but not too young but like what it means to still kind of be cool but also be responsible um but also yeah there's an amazing scene where um jason schwartzman finally convinces adam scott to get naked and adam scott's fake dick is like really small and jason schwartzman's is huge and they're both like jumping around and both their wives are just like "Uh, uh, uh," looking at the differences between the dicks um but yeah, it was it was, it was uh, well directed uh, it was really funny the script was great the performances were awesome um it uh it's it's very it's a very small contained movie um so it was just something that i kendall and i saw on a whim and i really enjoyed it and um i think the duplass brothers were involved and i usually like, yeah, i think they're producers yeah like that, and yeah. i usually like anything that they're involved with so um yeah if you're into that kind of stuff uh, i highly suggest yeah. it so those like take place in like one night. I think they filmed mm-hmm. it like I think where they filmed it like all in like one week too. Oh, I'm sure. So yeah. like yeah, again knowing the Duplass brothers, I'm sure they were just like, here's a camera, yeah. let's get a cast together, let's shoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's only like four people in the entire film. It's like yeah. two couples. That's it. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's it's great. So that's my number ten. Very cool. Very cool. All right, that's me. My number ten. Cool. My number ten um, is genuinely some of the most fun that I had in a theater this year. Um, one of the best like. Uh, adventures that I had. Um, and a movie that early on, like, usually I keep my number 10 as, like, a ringer, you know? So, like, this is where Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters showed up in previous years, because I was just like, we have to fucking talk about this movie, because it's Hansel and Gretel. Um, and so originally I was like, oh, okay, well, that'll be my number 10, because it's a movie that I kept telling people, like, oh, you gotta go see this movie. It is so much fun. You will really enjoy yourself, and it's it's better than movie other movies from this year in that genre. Uh, and then I rewatched it last night, and I was like, you know what? It's not even a ringer. Like, just straight up, the Man from Uncle is my number 10 movie of the year. You told me this was going to be a simple extraction. They were waiting for me. What was waiting for me was barely human. It tore the back off my car. Grow a spine, Solo. This is the most dangerous time in our history. We recently discovered an international criminal organization with an atom bomb. We have no choice but to work together in this. America teaming up with Russia. That doesn't sound very friendly. We'll leave you two to get acquainted. I'll let you tag along, but it's in and out, no mess, and we both forget about in the morning. This is not the Russian way. You ought to investigate Victoria Vinciguerra. They will send an army to stop us. We must give them an appropriate welcome. It's better for the mission that we get to know each other a little bit more intimately. What does that mean? It means I like my woman strong. Who you want to wrestle? I did not say that. Hold on, cowboy! You're a special agent. You're not having a very special day, are you? So sorry, I can't stay to finish you off myself. 
Your tracker is not sending a signal. Do you want to check it? Be my guest. What are you doing down there? Trying not to get lost. I'll turn it on now. Let's finish this. Things could get a little messy. Absolutely hate working with you, Peril. You're a terrible spy, cowboy. And you have a new code name. Code name? Uncle. Um, in a year where we got like a shitty Bond movie and a, and an and a Mission Impossible movie, that's fine. Yeah. But but where two weeks earlier I had gone to see Man from Uncle and was just like grinning and having fun the whole time, and the the score is fantastic. Uh, and I think the chemistry between all three of those main characters is really fun. Um, not necessarily the best plot, like, you know, as far as, oh, eventually there's, like, a nuke or whatever. I don't care, because, like, the, the fun of that movie is, like, the fun little espionage scenes and, like, putting this big Russian dude into a, a, a situation where he's got to, like, not punch some dudes he could easily knock the fuck out. Um, and just, like, the comedy of, the, of those sequences uh, was really fun for me. And I think... Getting a chance to basically see, like, hey, if Guy Ritchie had a chance to make a, a, a James Bond movie, what would it be like? It's It would be exactly like this. Because it's a lot of throwbacks to old James Bond movies, and, like, it's shot in that same way. Like, last night I'm watching it, and there's a there's a scene where they're all in a, they're in a car, and he starts it with that old-timey, like, very James Bond shot of, like, it's kind of zoomed in on the, on the car, and we're clearly, the camera's in a car, so the film is sort of shaken, and then he zooms out, and that's still shaky, and it just, like, it feels like it's shot in the 70s, um, and I just thought that was really cool, um, it, and, again, oh, man, second best score of this year, I have just listened to that soundtrack over and over and over again this year, because uh, it is so much fun, so, yeah, The Man from Uncle. I'm glad you put it on your list, because, uh, it was on mine until I decided to do the Back to the Future thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, that is an okay choice, cowboy. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, man, I, I, it's, and it's one that, like, I keep wishing people would, would have gone to see, because I, I would have liked to have seen another one. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, just a quick question. Is your yeah. number one score later on the list? Uh, yes. Okay, okay, because I wanted to know what that was. So we'll see that later on. It's okay. Yeah, we'll get there. Don't do don't you worry. Oh, okay. I already know what it is. Of course you I, I have a feeling I know what it is, but I just want to make sure. All he does is talk about it. Yeah. Though I will point out that uh, my number three score is also on this list, and we'll talk about that soon, too. Oh, okay. James loves music. Yeah. If it's Bluegrass and Matthew McConaughey in a movie, <laughs> fuck, watch out, mud. Um... <laughs> Hey, there's no bluegrass in that movie. Matthew <laughs> McConaughey <laughs> plays a banjo player <laughs> in space. Actually, his, oh! space. <laughs> his movie that's coming out next year, like, I instantly thought of you. He's, ah, fuck, I can't remember is what it, it is. The Sea of Trees? Is that the one? Yeah, or no. It's, that's, you know, that's the one that was supposed to come out this year, but then it got really horrible reviews. So. <laughs> no, no, it's like he's, uh, it takes place in the South. I want to say it's like a Civil War movie or oh, something. Oh, the like, Gold Rush or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, ooh, it's about... Wait, is it called Gold Rush? Does, 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 he, does he ever, like, use two potatoes to do, like, a little kicking thing? I heard thing? it's, like, the prequel to Sahara, so... Oh! <laughs> so you might be in luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh, my right. number uh, nine movie is a movie from a director I really like. He doesn't make very many films, or he hasn't yet. 
Um, but he's a kind of an indie filmmaker, uh, but he doesn't make what I call as independent films where they're like really pretentious and stupid. Um, so Henry and I's lists. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you guys are here. Uh, but uh, my number nine is a revenge thriller called The Guest. Mrs. Peterson? Yes? My name is David. Mrs. Peterson, I, uh, I knew your son, Caleb. I was with him when he died. That's me. You know Caleb? Yes, ma'am. We're pretty close. Yes, ma'am? He wanted me to tell you that he loved you. Thanks. He asked me to check on y'all. And so, we're gonna be good friends. What happened? I got into a fight with some guys at school. I'll teach him some self-defense when he's feeling up to it. What are you gonna do? Nothing bad. For the damages. Never let anyone pick on you. Here. Keep it. Miss Peterson, are you sure you're comfortable with me staying here? I think it could be a good thing for us. You know, I promised Caleb I would do anything I could to help your family. But I'm afraid I haven't been fully honest with you. I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't been here. Really, Mrs. Peterson, it's no problem. Oh, shit, was that this year? I didn't realize that, that was this year. Oh, man. I think it came out on Blu-ray like January 3rd or something. Oh, oh yeah. okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, I was going to well, say, because we, it came out in theaters in 2014, yeah. buddy. Yeah, uh, I, already, <laughs> I already put that asterisk at the beginning of the show. Yeah. But did it... Did it was it ever in theaters in Denver? No. I don't think it was. No, I think it came out like in three theaters. Yeah. I don't even know. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it tells a story about a guy who came That's back from uh, the Iraq war and he wants to um, say – pay his respects to the family that uh, – of the soldier that died saving his life. And throughout the course of the film, you just find out that that's not <coughs> maybe true. And he uh, <laughs> he integrates himself into this family's life and he goes to the school where – the son's being bullied and he threatens to sue him because he's gay. It's, oh. you'd have to see. It's pretty badass. And there's lots, uh, Adam Weingart is the director and he, uh, he did your next and I forget what he's doing next. <laughs> um, but he, he does genre films. Yeah, he's great. That, that's the movie that had, I rewatched it follows yesterday as well. And I kept, the whole time I'm like, what is the other movie that's, that's got this girl in it? Cause that was this year too. Yeah. And it, it's the, it's the guest. Damn. Yeah. And, uh, there's just so many great moments in it. Uh, one of my favorites is, so, of course, it's Dan Stevens plays him, and he's from Downton Abbey. Yeah. Um, but I was watching the making of, or maybe I was listening to the commentary, and I guess he lost him, like, 40 pounds for the role and yeah. got, like, totally <laughs> ripped for the guest. And uh, one of my favorite moments is is he takes that girl to a, her high school party, 
or college part. No, it's college. And like he walks in and he's carrying a keg of beer over his head. He's like, where do you want this? And, he, like, and all these He's carrying like, a whole keg? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh pretty God. great. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And there's just badass. It's like, it's, it has the feel of like a 70s revenge thriller. Um, cause it kind of slowly builds to that moment. Um, and it's just really cool. And there's cool fight scenes. Yeah. That last, uh, that last sequence in the like weird room of mirrors is pretty cool. What high school has that kind of budget for that haunted house? <laughs> a small town one. <laughs> um, but you know what's really cool is, I guess. Oh, you guys haven't seen it, huh? Have you you, seen you it? can, if you want to spoil it, I don't. Um, but you, you know the part where you, you know you think that he's protecting them, and then you realize he's a bad guy because he just murders their family. Like, oh, this guy is not a good guy. Um, yeah, you keep thinking like the people coming after him are are some kind of horrible like you know Blackwater rejects or something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just turns and starts murdering everybody in the family. They're like, oh, shit. Those are totally <laughs> the FBI, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so it's kind of a cool uh, thing they pull over your head where you think he's the good guy, and he actually he's not at all. He's yeah. pretty bad. That's a cool That's a cool movie. And I'll also say that like I saw it after I got that like spoiled for me, uh-huh. and it still like holds up. Oh, okay. Like, cool. It still works really well. Like, yeah. just like, cause, I mean, like, I knew that he like did all that. Yeah. And then when he kills the first one, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, this is yeah. actually happening. <laughs> 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 yeah, because isn't the first? I'm pretty sure the first one he just it's shoots like the, the mom, mom in the back of the head, right in the was it, car. Was the mom or oh, was it the dad? I, th- I can't remember. I can't remember. I, can't, I yeah. have to watch it again. I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched it in a few months, but uh, yeah, the movie's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the second time he's been on my list because I also put your next on there. So, oh. uh, yeah, that's my number nine. The guest. Cool. Very cool. Henry, what's your number nine? All right, uh, this is like it's one that I'm probably gonna soup a couple legs with, um, but. Uh, also, no, I'm pretty sure this is the only, like, one that will appear on all of your guys' lists as well. Uh, my number nine film is Ex Machina. How long until we get to his estate? We've been flying over his estate for the past two hours. Caleb, I'm just going to throw this out there so it's said, okay? You're freaked out. You're freaked out me meeting me, having this conversation in this room at this moment, right? But can we just get past that? The whole employer-employee thing. It's good to meet you, Nathan. It's good to meet you too, Ken. This building isn't a house. It's a research facility. And I want to talk to you about what I'm researching. You want to see something cool? You are dead center of the greatest scientific event in the history of man. Do you have a name? Ava. Answer me this. How do you feel about her? Her AI is beyond doubt. No, nothing analytical. Just how do you feel? I feel that she's amazing. Dude. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Will it be possible? Why would it not be? Did you know that Nathan brought me here to test you? Caleb, you're wrong. Wrong about what? Nathan, you shouldn't trust anything he says. Does Ava actually like you? Or is she just pretending to like you? Self-awareness, manipulation, sexuality. Are you attracted to me? Now, if that isn't true AI, what is? Caleb, there's something I want to show you. Can we talk about the lies you've been spinning me? What lies? 
Today, I'm going to test you. Why me? Caleb, you have to help me. Who is the real test? You. Is it strange to have made something that hates you? What will happen to me if I fail your test? It is my number nine. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, very well cool. Then. All right. It's higher on my list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, um, I mean, next that's a cool movie. You're not invited back next year. That's a really cool movie. So yeah, talk, I, yeah, talk about it. Like, yeah. Yeah, you, 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 you weren't on that episode, I don't think. Yeah, I think it was, that was before like, I even came on full-time. So what? We're not full-time, but started coming on. Um, you haven't been coming on the show for more than a year? No, I haven't. Surprising. Holy shit. Oh, man. It was like... August, maybe that I started. This is a long year. No, maybe no. It was Ted Two, so it's probably like July. Um, oh wow! Um, Ted yeah. Two, my number three movie of the year. There's, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's my number one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, funny. I think Ex Machina is a really well done film. Uh, it was. Uh, I mean, do I have to try to describe the plot? I mean, does anyone not know what sure. Ex Machina? Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> Some, uh, there's probably like a hundred million people listening to this podcast that <laughs> would appreciate you describing why. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's about a guy, a guy who gets chosen to work on like this, I guess, like Google quotation kind of guy. Who yeah. Runs. So he goes to like live with him, and they're like, "We're gonna build something," and then he finds a robot, and then it's about not like their love. St- it's like a fucked up version of her, essentially. Um, yeah. And then just like mystery plot twists and all that kind of stuff. I saw it back in yeah. March. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this plot twist. <laughs> Loved it so much that he didn't care to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's number nine. Um, yeah. Um, it's one of those films that like, it gave me very much like a voyeuristic kind of feel, which you yeah. don't get in a lot of films. Yeah. And it was just the cinematography, the character development. Everyone I think that's what works so well in it is the voyeuristic aspect yeah. is like, you're watching something maybe you shouldn't be watching. Yeah. And Alicia Vikander is, awesome in it and she's like slowly moving up she's like the margot robbie of last year where she just keeps on getting uh cooler roles and i just just realized she's both my number 10 and in my number nine of the year so that's pretty good she did man from uncle yeah um Um, she's also in uh the danish girl yeah she's nominated for two golden globes this year (laughs) yeah so good for her She's dating Michael Fassbender. Not anymore. Oh, oh man, because I say if you've seen Shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he uh, – it, it's, a, it's a cool movie just because like I, I, I love those sequences where he is he is talking to her and trying to figure out like – because like, he already knows she's a robot obviously. But like trying to figure out how to test her mm-hmm. uh, to, to see like how realistic she is. Um, and I think the movie has a, a couple of uh, – you know flaws or things like that and one of them is actually i think that they don't deliver well enough on you know he he ends up like sort of losing track of whether or not he is even real and has this breakdown moment mm-hmm. um and they never really pull, draw attention to the fact that like that moment where he no longer believes he's real is proof that she is very very real um i, I just think that whole story is is pretty cool that's um, a really good point yeah that's a really good point thank you steve yeah it's a very well thought out kind of film <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think the film's great it's one, yeah. it's one of my favorites from the year. I also yeah. like that um, Oscar Isaac, as a scientist, is just such a bro. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he's not, like, this kind of, like, you know, like, kind of pencil-pushing, like, glasses-adjusting no. kind of... He's just, like... He's just a dude. He, like, he gets drunk, and, like, he's mm-hmm. he's kind of kind of a psychopath, and he's kind of a loser, and but he's also, yeah. like, kind of... Like, kind of wants to be chummy, but... Yeah. You know, like, that it, one dance scene, like, half... Yeah, I think yeah, that was... Yeah. Him, like. yeah. But you can dance with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think his character is one of the more 
or it's probably the most fascinating thing in the movie, really, um, because well, he's like, well, I mean, it's the most he's the most elusive is maybe the way I true. should say it, yeah. because you, when you start digging into like on on subsequent vi- viewings, like you know why he's always wake- making women, and it's not like. That that part actually makes a lot of sense, right? right? Like, you're like, oh, okay, well, if you're going to build something, like, and you're a guy, like, you should build something you want to spend some time with. Um, but there's so much to, like, why did he do certain things, and then, like, why do they keep failing, and why doesn't he, you know, uh, and how chilling that shot is where he's he's sped up the video, and he's, like, watching all the security tape, and you watch the one woman just beat her hands against the, the door that. until her arms literally fall mm-hmm. apart. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like, that is really that the real turn in the movie where you're just like, fuck this guy. Like, I don't care what happens. I hope somebody stabs him. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a great, it's a really good pick. And especially a good pick for your number nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Let's see what your number nine is later. Yeah, um, yeah well, once you get there. Well, yeah, yeah, that's my number nine. Cool. All right, Steve. Steve, what's Brad's number nine? <sighs> Back Man. to Future 3. Yeah, I'm hoping for another... another weird one. Possible. Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> this place is nice. I really like the music that they play. Bob Ellis on the drums. <laughs> I'm part of Schaefer's top jazz orchestra. It's the best music school in the country. The key is to just relax. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about what the other guys are thinking. You're here for a reason. Have fun. Five, six, and... I want to be great. And you're not. You got Buddy Rich here. Little trouble there. You're rushing. Here we go. Five, six, and... Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will gut you like a pig. Oh, my dear God. Are you one of those single-tier people? You are a worthless pansy ass who is now weeping and slobbering all over my drum set like a nine-year-old girl. So how's it going with the studio band? Good. Yeah, I think he likes me more now. I push people beyond what's expected of them. I believe that is an absolute necessity. I want to be one of the greats. And because I'm doing that, it's going to take up more of my time. And this is why I don't think that we should be together. I would never let him put my son through hell. Why would you let him get away with what he did to you? There are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. That's a really great movie. Yeah, that's no, a great that's, movie. That's yeah. a really we saw it January thirtieth. So no, I agree. I agree. That's a oh, man. That's a fucking um, great movie. And just that end sequence alone was like enough to it, it, put me like the editing on that is so yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those movies like you didn't think making a <laughs> movie about drums would be like super intense. Yeah, but I, at the end I was like, oh my god, is he gonna <laughs> stop? What's gonna stop him? Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, you know, yeah, most movie climaxes are like stop the new from exploding. Mm-hmm. But no, this the climax is being like a really awesome drummer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like pushing yourself to your limits and 
uh, excelling. Yeah. yeah. So. Have you seen the short that it was based on? No. Yes. You've seen it. Yeah. It's yeah. basically this the the um. We just say it's dra- dragging and what was the other term he uses that, where you're going fast? Uh, um, rushing. Yeah, dragging, it's, it's rushing, the rushing yeah. and dragging scene. It's it's, it's, it's it's like shot for shot. Yeah, it's the yeah. like um, it's that first scene where he goes to the class. Yeah, um, and is and ends up taking over for the other guy, and then he gets yelled at, and like, mm. where are you? Yeah, where are you rushing or where are you dragging? It's interesting if you watch the short too. Like everyone in the cast is the same except the Miles Teller character. Yeah, right. Yeah, like oh, even yeah. the background instrument yeah. players are the same. So like yeah. that one guy just lost that yeah. opportunity. John, I think it was Johnny. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Johnny something. He's yeah. not as good. It's one of those guys that I've seen in other stuff too, but I don't know right, who he is. Right. Like, mm, yeah, um, yeah, that's a great movie. I, honestly, like it super stressed me out last night when I was like too. putting stuff together, and I found that movie. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck! But I had faith in somebody I, would put it on their list. I just couldn't. It would have wrecked my list. Like I, I didn't have enough emotional time to think through like where that movie should go because I adore that movie, and it was after seeing it, and it, we like we saw it before the Oscars, and I was like. Why this doesn't win every Oscar? Y'all are fucking up. And of course it didn't. Um, but it won a couple that, Oscars, didn't it? It did. Sure, but yeah. it was like, I, I don't care. It should have won, oh, I don't okay. know, like best best female lead. Like, I don't know. Give it all the Oscars. Like, that <laughs> movie was great. Um, well, it won a number nine spot on the Ruin Lake podcast. So, <laughs> so it's comparable. From, from yeah. one of five. Yeah. If I considered it a 2015 release, it'd probably be like in my top three. So yeah. We just, we just essentially put it at, what, like number 92 on our top, like between us? You know, so anyway, yeah. oh. it's a good movie. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. See, because there's five of us and five times. Oh, yeah. I I hope in the new Spider-Man he comes back as J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, what's your number nine? Uh, not Whiplash. <laughs> um, my number nine was seventy-one. Back soon, okay? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Attention! Because of the deteriorating security situation in Belfast, you won't be deployed there on an emergency basis. We need to go out there and reassure people. We're here to protect them, we need to look them in the eye and tell them that. <laughs> This is the front line, boys. Catholics and Protestants living side by side at each other's throats. Divided by the Divis flats. But do not enter the flats. They become very dangerous. Soldier went missing. It was a confused situation. Everybody's looking for that boy. The Brits here. And we're gonna kill him. Being a soldier? A real soldier? What are you doing now? Get home. I'm home. Is he dead? We do not know. I've got to get back to the barracks. You lost? They don't care about you. You're just a piece of meat to them. Where's the soldier? Don't worry. You're so in here. 
I'm not gonna lie to you. This is gonna hurt you. It's gonna be Brits crawling all over here, kicking doors in. What are we gonna do? I don't want you worried about me, okay? I'll be fine. Steve, I don't know what this I'll ask you one more time, did anyone see? <laughs> I saw it. So, yeah. new one, Henry, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Henry. Uh, okay, so 71, uh, for those of you that I know, is uh, about a British, shol- British, British soldier left behind uh, during a peacekeeping infiltration in Belfast. Okay. Um, apparently, when the screened at Telluride last year, um, there were very minimal screenings and no one really went. Um, and I didn't go. I just heard that secondhand, which is a shame because this movie is freaking amazing. Um, it has a uh, Jack O'Connell, uh, who's like another guy who's the dude who found the mummy. <laughs> Not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, he's 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 been in a lot of good stuff this year, and um, or he's becoming one of the um, kind of rising stars of young actors. He was like the main character in Unbroken last year. That's right. So, yep, yeah. that was a big one for him too. Um, but yeah, it's crazy because like it, the violence is so up front and it's just like the movie just cuts out the bullshit where it's it's very lean there's there's not there isn't a lot of hand holding it's very like it's up front it's just there the violence is on the streets like kids in the in the scenes will just like pick up guns and start like shooting them and like it's very real and it's uh and because um this character is like escaping the whole movie there's never ever a feeling of rest or peace or like you you ever get to like take a breath like every single scene every single shot every single scenario that this guy walks into you're just like what kind of terrible thing is going to happen to this guy yeah. in the scene and something always does like it just like it just gets worse and worse throughout the rest of the movie and there's never a time at least i mean henry maybe you can correct me but like i yeah, at least i didn't no, feel there was a time yeah. where like up until the end of the movie where I was just like, oh yeah, I get a, I get a moment to like take a break. Like everything yeah. is just, it's, you're always on the edge. Um, it definitely does not hold back at all. Like it, no, like, it's not going to hold your hand at all. So yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. I mean, there's like some, there's some gnarly stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, but again, it's great cause it's, it's historical and, um, it's, it's well acted and it's beautifully, beautifully shot. Like it's a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Um, so, uh, if you haven't seen 71, definitely see it. Very it's cool. one of those films that like, I've like found like Best Buy and stuff for like, five bucks right so you cool. can probably find yeah. it there it's so. definitely yeah it's, it's going to be one of those criminally underseen yeah movies oh for sure i'll also check that out yeah. like i'm sure many was of the it, films on our list are yeah so right, like, yeah, yeah. Was it, wasn't jack o'connell didn't he play the uh the director in piranha 3d yeah. uh maybe i don't remember it was jerry o'connell, jerry o'connell. Jerry o'connell. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right well jack uh, jack o'connell was uh the guy who hunted the mummy, in the mummy reboot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was his name wasn't yeah. it yeah i think it is I have to go back to my 1999 it's, it's database. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Oh, uh, oh, my number nine is Ex Machina. Great. Neato. Right? <laughs> right? What's your number eight? Finally, we can go into mainstream movies. <laughs> uh, my number eight movie is Avengers Age of Ultron. I'm going to show you something beautiful. Everyone screaming. For mercy. You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. You're all puppets. Tangled in strings. Strings.
The end of the path I started us on. Nothing lasts forever. I just love comic book oh, movies man. and I love uh, action scenes in it. Uh, every time Captain America gives a speech, I like cry a tear because I'm like, he's right. Captain America is right. He's right. We do have to beat up Ultron. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, the movie looks great uh, on Blu-ray. It, it's stunning. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> they cool fight. Um, uh, it's uh, The script is really good. Moves fast, quick, even though it's like two and a half hours long. It doesn't seem like that long. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff pounded into there that, you know, still relatively works, you know? Yeah. Um, that's a cool movie. I like that movie. So an age in the Marvel universe is like two hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, how long is Ultron alive? I don't know. No, it's, it's really about what is Ultron's age. We yeah. have no idea. Like, I, it was tossed like between 15? that or the age of Adeline. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, there's, if you're a comic book fan, there's so many cool moments in it. You know, the, uh, Captain America able to lift Thor's hammer a little bit. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then when they're talking later about if you're in an elevator, does the elevator go up? You know, stuff oh, yeah. that fanboys always That's like, a really funny scene. argue about. Yeah. Um, and I, I was debating if I'd like that or Ant-Man more. And so it's like I combined right. them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just had fun. I don't care. Fuck yeah. everybody. No, it, I, it's, it's funny. This is the first year in a while where I actually don't have a Marvel movie on my list. Um, and it's not because either of them were bad. Well, I mean, Age of Ult- Age of Ultron is a little bit messy to me, whereas Ant-Man, I yeah. think, is a more solid I pick, wouldn't call Age of Ultron bad, though. No, 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 no. It's just trying to do so much stuff. Yeah. Um, it it's it's messy the way the first movie should have been messy but is somehow a miracle. Um, like yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. There's also cute scenes where Black Widow has to talk Hulk down. Oh yeah, and- the whole scene on the farm is fucking awesome. Like just having those characters. I you know what I want to watch more of? Want to watch more Iron Man and Captain America chop wood and fight? Like <laughs> well, good news. I, well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, no, it's a it's a good movie. Yeah, I had fun. Yeah, cool. Very cool. See, you know, a lot of times people always pick movies because they want to be depressed. I like movies that are fun. No, no, nobody <laughs> picks movies because yeah, they want yeah, to be depressed. Yeah, they do. No. Steve. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at one point, this kid picks up a gun and shoots at Ultron. And... <laughs> All right. Henry, what's your number eight? Did you have anything else? Oh, uh, no. Oh, okay. All right. There's um, a part where uh, they fight a bunch of Ultrons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number eight. Um... <laughs> Uh, I've seen a lot of like two and a half hour plus like films this year. Wow. boy. And, uh, this is the only one that didn't ever feel like it was like too slow for me. And I, like, at the end of it, I was like, I want to see more of it. 
And people might disagree with me on this one, but my number eight film is straight out of Compton. Let me tell you what I see here. A lot of raw talent. Swagger. Bravado. People are scared of you guys. They think you're dangerous. But you have a unique voice. The world needs to hear it. Alright, let's hit this shit. Alright, alright? Alright. Spinning records ain't paying none of the bills around here. What you talking about? I get paid. $50, Andre. You think that makes you rich? It's a start. Hey, Q, what you a poet now? <laughs> the flyest one you know, nigga. <laughs> you got them rocks? That hard shit. You know that's all I do. I got a cold ass beat. That hardcore reality rap. So what you talking about doing? Cruising down the street in my 6 foot. Hey, that was dope, eh? That shit was dope, man. You a genius. <laughs> What's NWA stand for anyway? No whites allowed? Something like that. <laughs> no. Niggas with attitudes. You have any idea how many records you're selling? NWA's arrived. You're fucking huge. Dangerous motherfucker racist hell. They glamorize gangs and drugs. Our art is a reflection of our reality. The Rodney King beating was a shocker. Guys like you change shit like this. This is a threat, guys, from the federal government. Speak a little truth and people lose their minds. Performance of the song, F the Police, will not be permitted. They try to tell us what the fuck we can't play. This NWA. Yo, Drake, what up? I got something to say. Cool. That's yeah. oh, man. I a bitch is I, a bitch. Soft, go rich. Word up. I talk in the exact same pitch. Now the title, bitch, don't apply to all women, but all women have a little bitch in them. See, I know NWA. Yeah, you know them. Um, <laughs> that's the only NWA song. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to apparently like the version they're going to release in January, which is like the uncut version of like three and a half hours long. Holy shit. Which is, I'm looking forward to seeing like what else is going to be in it. But yeah, it's the story of NWA, them like starting into them, not where they are now, but getting pretty close to where they are. Or like right when Dr. Dre became like an huge deal yeah and it's just oh no it's one of those things that like i was laughing i was crying it was it was an amazing film so cool do you find it a little odd that ice cube was in nwa and now he's going to be in a movie called barbershop where he's trying to stop gangs from overtaking the city (laughs) i'm just saying i was gonna say does the extended uh edition goes to uh his career as like and are we there yet and (laughs) i hope so (laughs) are we there yet too daddy's daycare yeah yeah. how did you feel daddy daycare too he's not in daddy daycare one triple x two (laughs) oh triple x two state of the union (laughs) but anyways the good movie he's not in at all (laughs) his son is his son plays him how did you feel about like them leaving out like and them being ice cube 
and uh, Dr. Dre leaving out all the parts where they were like beating their girlfriends and. and well, I mean, I, I mean, like it's one of the things that like I would have liked to have it include. Maybe it's part of the three three and a half hour cut. We don't know yet. True that. But I feel, but it's also one of those things. Like I understand since they're both producers on it, I can understand why they didn't why have it. They chose not to put it in there. Like, the Saints. Yeah. If someone was making a film on me, I wouldn't want all the bad stuff about me. So, so. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a year where feminism, I think was was the most prevalent. I think it's been in years. I'd, I'd really like to see more just domestic abuse. Um, <laughs> Wait, that, just, just cut that for part a second. Out and I was like, just like recycle it. Do we, that's the thing. I I wouldn't want to see it in the movie. I didn't see it, but I I, I wouldn't want to see it. But at yeah. the same point, it's like it does seem a little underhanded yeah. to be. I think, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, Henry makes a good point. You know, but yeah, for a, a, to be a completely honest film. It, have to have some of that yeah well, it's, it's not a documentary but none of them really so, ever are yeah and yeah. also i mean like for i mean dr dre definitely they didn't really have like dr dre was like a saint in this movie yeah uh oh. ice cube does have moments in it where like i thought yeah you're not that great of a person like the scene where he completely destroys, destroys that one guy's yeah, office yeah, yeah. yeah. i think it's one of those it's really fun for me i don't mm-hmm. know I just voice crack but you know yeah no it's uh it's one of those movies that they're saying the dark horse for you know best picture and stuff because... which i would be totally down with so the wow. guy plays Easy E is amazing. The guy plays Andre is amazing. <laughs> uh, I, Young Ice Cube was pretty cool too. I mean, he was probably like one of the weakest links, but he was still really good. So, yeah. I'm just hoping that the three hour cut or is including two of like because NWA is five members, not three members, and you really don't, <laughs> like you don't even introduce the other two members yeah. that are doing it. So, wow. but yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see how the three hour cut. Is. But yeah, it's my number eight. So cool. Very cool. It's the one I definitely wanted to see. But yeah, it's one. It's on my list of shame for this year. Yeah, definitely. But I just didn't do it. Yeah, I, I watched Cake instead, <laughs> <laughs> and then ate a cake. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, What's Steve, your number eight? Do the honors. What's my number eight? Titanic. <laughs> huh. Brad, you're so funny. <laughs> His number eight is the Hateful Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh, I saw what he did there. Got room for one more. They call him the hangman. When the handbell says dead or alive, the rest of us just shoot you in the back and up on top of perch somewhere and bring you in dead over a saddle. But when John Roof the hangman catches you, you hang. Here's Daisy Domergue. She's wanted dead or alive for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hang. Is there anybody here committed to stopping me from doing that? Well, well, well. Looks like Minnie's haberdashery is about to get cozy for the next few days. Yes, it does. One of them fellas is not what he says he is. Move a little strange, you're gonna get a bullet. Not a warning, not a question. 
a bullet. Now we're talking. Uh, yeah, I, you know, like you're saying, is almost three hours long. I wasn't really bored at any point. Shut up, James. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Look at James. I didn't like see. Hang on. Hang on. He's all anxious, his foot shaking. I didn't say anything. <laughs> he's got his hand on his hip. Like I can't wait to. Um. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I mean, I do have you my do. hand on my hip. You do. <laughs> what are you doing? I wouldn't say it's his best work. Why but... are you talking to me? You can't win me over. Stop talking at me. Uh, but yeah, I had fun. It was a fun whodunit, and, uh, you know, it's different. I, I like the whole experience of the 70 millimeter. Like, not so much like, because the 70 millimeter didn't really do anything for this movie, no. like, for me. Um, it's, you know, basically all takes place in one room. Uh, but, um, like, the experience of showing a movie in a different way is kind of important. Like, instead of just going and, uh, sitting down for two hours, you know, like, they try to, uh, I've been to movies where the experience is different or better, but like, you know, there's the overture, the intermission stuff, uh, the program like that you get with it. Like those are cool things to enhance the experience. Um, yeah, I like so. the intermission. Yeah. <laughs> and also the part where you left at the end. James, did you not like hateful eight? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, the, 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 yeah. I mean, what's funny is like, because I couldn't see it at the Alamo, honestly, the experience of the movie is maybe the worst thing about it. Um, because I had to go like stand in a line like some plebeian and hope that I get a good seat. <laughs> this is just just archaic See, bullshit. I didn't like it either, so we're on the same page. Yeah, oh, it's a well. it's a bad, boring mess of a movie. Sorry, it's a it's a really great number eight though. Or <laughs> <laughs> a hateful eight. It's uh, interesting because like Quentin Tarantino's I mean, worst day is better than most people's bad days. Oh, this oh. <laughs> <laughs> so like I mean like. Uh, I mean, I don't know, like, after listening to your rant about it last week, and I don't know, like, your exact opinions on it, I think, like, I mean, the last time I was on the podcast was also with Steve, and I said, like, I have a very bad feeling about the film, and you guys were like, that's crazy. And, like, (laughs) (laughs) I will say... You were right, Henry. I will say I liked, I was surprised by it, and I liked it more than I thought I was going to. I'm, like, very much in the same boat as James, like, I didn't really like the first half, but once it becomes a Tarantino film... Like, have you seen it yet, Ryan? I haven't. Because oh. I have to it's, take my wife. You know how fucking yeah, hard it yeah. is to get her to do something? So I don't spoil, like, the, I also probably shouldn't spoil it because of the movie. But, like, um, I will say, like, the moment the first person dies. Yeah. Like, that's when I think it gets a lot better. And, but I think, and I think like, that everything after that is, like, pretty middle ground Tarantino for me. Yeah. But it's the fact that you have, like, an hour and a half to get to that. Yeah. Is like what puts it down for me. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, I'm, I love being wrong in the fact that I liked that last, like the last kind of, I guess, last qu- like two quarters of the film. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can't get past that. I'm not going to watch that first half again anytime soon. So actually, see, it's the opposite for me where the last, the last part of the film I thought was the most condescending and, um, <laughs> Yeah, the most condescending part of yeah, and movie. I could see that too. Yeah. Just that I enjoyed, I enjoyed that a lot more than the first half sure. because of my personal taste. Sure, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah, both halves are both halves are very different. Yeah, it, it is like two different styles of, of film for sure. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, it, it feels like the the second half. We're not letting Brad talk about how good he like how much. He likes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Pretty sure I already did, but yeah. Okay. Um, the second, what's your what's your favorite part of the movie, Brad? Yeah. Uh, the second half for sure. Yeah, when stuff really starts happening. Which um, which chapter is the one where you're like, ah? Oh. Uh, 
I, I really want to watch. Oh, okay. Actually, I hate when he does those titles because yeah, the fonts a, are like yeah. and the arrangement of the letters are so bad. Yeah, they don't fit with the movie. <laughs> yeah. All those movies. Brad the font guy. Yeah. yeah. I will like say, like, designer. did anyone see it as not the seventy millimeter version? I saw the DCP of the seventy millimeter. Okay, because I saw oh, okay. I saw like it. I was like not the seventy millimeter, but I saw it, like AMC, okay. and uh, <laughs> it was without the intermission and everything. And I don't know. Maybe you might disagree, but like I thought it was very obvious where the intermission was. Because it has the same transition to how, like, they transition to each of the chapters. Mm. But they're, it, like, because it would be, like, that kind of, like, fade out. Or, like, that musical hit, and then it would fade out, and then yeah. it would hit the chapter. But, like, half of the film, it would do, like, the musical hit fade out, and then it would just come back without saying there's a new chapter. And I just felt like that was kind of, I don't know, not sloppily done, but it was just themed, like, weirdly. They they, weird. like they just took it out without doing anything else. They should have so. had, a like, a little yellow box at the top that says, <laughs> meanwhile, dot, dot. Like yeah. Book. yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of how bad the score is, like he he wields that Morricone track that he found in a basement or whatever, like a kid yeah. who's found his dad's gun. Like it's it well, doesn't it's play bad, but... it doesn't play properly in the movie. It's kind of obnoxious. Like uh, uh, James really like liked it. it. No, I, I will say that I think uh, I didn't know it was even Tarantino's voice coming in and explaining the movie to you. Oh, is uh, it really? I thought that was lazy. But yeah, oh, it's super. I, I mean, like, I, I'd heard about that too, and like, I knew it was him, <laughs> and like, I don't know. It just seemed like, first of all, that was not necessary for me. I mean, like, it felt very much like everything that was like he like was narrating. He showed the same thing, and if you just had that, I would have understood. Yeah, that's so. part of the reason why I thought it was kind of condescending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he wanted to have a cameo, but he didn't know where to put himself, so he just did that. So, uh, yeah, I I think he is bordering on the line of some of those those writer directors out there right now who are like they're, they're getting into that Stephen King era where yeah. like no one tells them no and they just keep writing more and you're like whoa huh. remember when you were great and like subtlety was good cool. dude true romance is an amazing script yeah like go read that script and then remember why you were awesome speaking of that's playing at the Esquire tonight <laughs> oh, dude they played it at the Alamo not too long ago what yeah where we're playing it again. Oh, good. Yeah, with like an Oscar Blues, some beers. Ooh, so, man. Take us on sale soon. I've never seen that in theaters before. I love that movie. So, anyway. log on to drafthouse.com slash Littleton and get your tickets. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Yep. Probably, <laughs> probably already sold out as a craft dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, cool. All right. Brad, do you have anything else after we shat all over your number eight? I'm sorry. <laughs> and the performance is really awesome. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. People are like, uh, as actors, I imagine that's a lot of fun to yeah. be those characters. I want to see Walton Goggins in more Tarantino films. Yeah, I thought he like completely stole the show, especially oh, yeah. towards the end of the film. So. Oh man! But I, I what feel else like is that guy Walton Goggins steals the show in everything he does. Like I, I go, you go watch like GI Joe Two, whatever the shit that movie's called. He was in that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, he is. yeah, he's great. Uh, retaliation, retaliation. If you want to have the extended cut, James. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I own that movie too. Don't worry. I know. I, I thought it's fun. I don't it's think a it's fun, a good. Movie. It's a fun movie. It's got yeah. one Goggins in it. Steve, what's your number eight? Real quick before I continue, I, even though this is my <laughs> my second year end film explosion, we're not supposed to be shitting on people's choices. Tried right not to. <laughs> you guys. Are you? Are you? Try, well, we could shit on Brad's, but no, no, like, no, 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 no. I, I just, I just, I just, we're not going to shit all over whatever you say. I feel bad. Really I felt compelled to join in on the. Uh, oh no! The, if well, you, this is one where shit. We have we have not really reviewed. Like, I don't know. Brad and I talked about it, but like Ryan hadn't seen it yet, and then you guys had, you know, like we yeah. have not had a chance. Sure. The same thing's probably going to happen once when when somebody around here talks about Star Wars, and you start talking about how you hate Star Wars. Or I like Star Wars. Okay, so that's not going to happen. What's but, your number eight? But 
I also I expect that if there's anything on my list, feel free to shit on it. No, it's okay. Oh, we will. Yeah, None of us know anything about your movie. Let's <laughs> shit on it, so. uh, my number eight was Spring. Oh, come on, really? <laughs> Just kidding. I love you. I love you too, Mark. Sorry about your mom. That makes Mike. Watch where the fuck you going, bitch! Get out of town, Evan. Can I get a flight somewhere? Anywhere. Actually, hold on a second. Should I go to Italy? What? Seeing this girl, she's really pretty, but she gives me some doubts. You're the most attractive person I've ever seen. But that doesn't outweigh that you might be a mental patient, and I gotta make sure you're the kind of crazy I can deal with. No, no. I'm a bunch of confusing biochemistry and some crazy hormones. <laughs> Let's see if the Yankum K-pop like. I don't think you're ready for where this is going. Explain it to me. I don't know how much longer I'm going to stay here. I love that movie. That's a great movie. It's great, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, that's a cool. If you haven't seen it, I won't. I won't uh, go. It's, it's best to go into a blind. Yep. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's this guy who goes to Italy and he thinks he meets the love of his life, <laughs> and she happens to be um, ancient and cursed. Um, what's great about it is that it's not. <laughs> I love that description. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, but she it's, happens to be ancient and cursed. And cursed, and he loves her. Um, yeah. But it's like it's not. A it's, vampire movie. It's it's, it's kind of not a horror movie. It's not a it's Cthulhu kind of, movie. Yeah. It's not a horror movie. It really, it's really it, like a romance movie, but yeah. where she's ancient and cursed. Yeah. No. When we had we had Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who are like this is like the tip of the iceberg for their career. Like these guys are going to be huge. Yeah. Seriously. Um. They are like, they're like adamant about like like I mean you can call it whatever you want. Like, they're cool. They like call it whatever you want. But like we didn't go out to like make like a cool horror movie. We just want to make a love story. Yeah. With some like crazy kind of like historical you know stuff to it that yeah. like you know add in some kind of mythology like you know it's not it's not a cthulhu thing but like it like and they never reveal what she actually is which is great you know like cuz even even when they talk about or show you things about what she is you're still kind of like I don't know what she is. Right. Because again, because again, the point is their, <laughs> their point is their relationship. And the point is like how they kind of, you know, how their romance kind of grows and like how they tr begin to like trust and distrust each other. And, um, I thought it was great and I loved it. And, um, it was beautiful. And, um, yeah, I think, I think these guys are, are on their way to like really, and you know, this was on a lot of people's, you know, like, again, like, again, a lot of like top horror movies of 2015. Again, it's, it's not really a horror movie, yeah. but um, yeah, I think this is the start of like a really, really good um, wave for these guys. Yeah. I, I would say it's less a horror movie than like Shaun of the Dead or Battery or some of those other movies that we've talked about being like middle of the road. Like it's that's not even that much of a horror movie. Yeah, I uh, I missed it when it was playing at the Alamo, but I went back a couple weeks later and they already had the Blu-ray, so I got the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is yeah. really good. If, if uh, and it, 
you know what's cool about Draft House films on Blu-ray is they're <laughs> not very expensive, but there's tons of special features. I think there's like three hours on Spring, yeah. so um, I would definitely get the Blu-ray, and it looks great. I was going to say full full disclosure, it was a Draft House films. Yeah. So you know, Steve putting that on his list. I have this is I have two Draft House films on my on my list, but um, yeah. but yeah, they do actually. They I know the guys that. Uh, that work on like the Blu-rays, and they put in a ton of work oh, yeah. on those oh, Blu-rays. Yeah. Like it's exhausting. And They're really cool. Uh, even if you listen, the Blu-ray has a commentary, and they don't. It's really cool because their com- their commentary isn't, you know, the. And this scene, the guy's walking down the street. They actually ex- tell you production, and um, so uh, yeah, I think they're gonna be pretty popular pretty soon. They're gonna get a big movie. Just to clarify, this isn't their first film, but I think this is the first one where yeah. like, people are really starting to pay attention to who these oh, guys yeah. are and like yeah. Yeah. I think they're gonna get a big movie because yeah. I mean what they did, I, I don't know what the budget of Spring is, but I'm guessing maybe two million, maybe. Um probably less. Yeah. So uh, what they're able to do with that film yeah. is because it's almost like uh it's almost like before sunrise only there's like a weird ancient curse thing happening, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's a lot of just right. walking around yeah. Italy like talking about how we're falling in love. Yeah. Or also about how you're an ancient curse thing. Or the funny old Italian guy he lives with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One yeah, of the other good. great things, just real quick, about these directors is that uh, it's this is such a thing that happens to a lot of filmmakers, and I love that they actually like, commented on it quite a bit. Is like again, when people are putting out these these top ten lists and like saying like it's the best of this and it's reminiscent of this, um, like they say like oh it's influenced by this you know this film and this filmmaker, and they're like well I've never seen that film or seen any movies by that filmmaker, so I don't know how that would influence me. <laughs> Um, so I, I like that they actually take control of that or like, just cause you say, so just cause some person on the internet says, <laughs> Oh, it's influenced by, you know, Fulci or something. It's like, well, I've never seen that movie. Yeah. So, cool. I appreciate that. Cool. Cool. All right, Steve, get ready to shit all over my number eight because my number eight is Bridge of Spies. You've been selected for a mission, which you are not to discuss with anyone outside of this room. We are engaged in a war with the Soviet Union. This war does not for the moment involve men at arms. It involves information. Something important has come up. We've got a Soviet spy. But there's a wrinkle. They got our spy pilot. Or the head full of classified information. The Russians want their man back before he cracks. We want you to negotiate the swap. I'm an insurance lawyer. I'm not sure I want to pick that up. Are you good at what you do? This will be a first for the both of us. You should be careful. I'm talking to you about the security of your country. Why aren't we hanging him? He's a spy! You're asking me to violate the Constitution. Do you know how people will look at us? The family of a man trying to free a traitor? Everyone deserves a defense. Every person matters. Where do they want this negotiation? East Berlin. Just tell me that you're not going to be in any danger. I don't even care if it's the truth. Give me something to hold on to. conversation our governments can't people in my country consider this an act of war you can call it what you want let's be clear nobody is safe we're in a battle for civilization 
Constitution. That's what makes us Americans. Shouldn't we show our enemy who we are? Things have started to fall apart. Is this your position or your government's? Is there any outcome here where I'm not either detained or shot? Do we need to worry about you? No. What's the move when you don't know what the game is? The next mistake our countries make could be the last one. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to not end up with a Steven Spielberg movie on my list. Um, but I, I genuinely really like this movie. It's probably one of the weaker ones lately of his. Um, but the, the that whole like final, really the whole third act, really. As soon as Tom Hanks gets into um, the East Berlin um, and like the scene with the coat and like the, all of that se- sequence, I think is just really fantastic and fun, and I like that character. I'd say um, for a movie that's like most like the premise is people talking. Yeah. Like what Steven Spielberg has to do to make it interesting. Yeah. He masterfully like keeps that camera moving, uh, draws your attention to like other things like the coat and stuff, like yeah. things you wouldn't think about. That's part of like a negotiation. Yeah. Uh, for prisoners, so uh, int- introduces other interesting ideas. So yeah. I, I think that coat sequence is one of the sequences I've actually thought about the most this year for a really weird reason, which is that like, um, like if if the people do, I got to see it at a sneak preview where they had a Q and A afterwards, and the Q and A was mostly questions that were complete dog shit, and not very good. Um, but That's I had I had tweeted in one that I was like, hey, you should ask this question, and the question I had was whether or not he directed that sequence differently, considering the fact that he knew there was not going to be any subtitles on it. Right, so you have these actors who are speaking in a different language and negotiating with this guy who doesn't understand what they're saying, and we're never going to understand what they're saying either. Right, so we end up in this very similar situation as he is, where we're just like, he's trying to figure out how to navigate this, but we have no idea if he's being successful, what these guys really want, whether or not they're saying it in a way that is insinuating X, Y, or Z. Like, it's a really cool, like, very simple sequence. Um, that on paper almost seems like cliche and stupid of like, oh, he goes back here and like these guys steal his coat. But A, probably happened a lot, probably still happens a lot. Um, but, uh, just a really neat sequence. And I think that last section where the guy gets out of the car and those guys meet and they haven't been to get like the, the fact that these characters who haven't had that much screen time, um, but they have this moment where they see each other and, they are like instantly friends again and he's you have this you realize like he's done all this shit for this guy that he really barely even knows um that is such a moving moment um that made me cry quite a bit um that yeah, I, I i couldn't not keep this on the list somewhere um it's a really great really great coen brothers script so uh steven do you not like it i didn't actually uh see it because i oh. wanted, <laughs> wanted to spend that amount of time watching uh Movies that I probably would have liked more that were that long. So. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I just remember, I literally remember going in and like, shit, what was the movie that I was going to see that day? And you were you were behind the counter and you're like, oh, are you here to see Bridge of Spies again? Like, no. <laughs> um, was I incorrect in assuming that you might have gone to see it again? I would, I would have gone to see it again, but... Um, oh, it was because since I saw it at the sneak preview, I was there. That's right. I was there to see the something program, else. Yeah. I think it was Cooties. I think we were there to see Cooties because Cooties. we had done Bridge of Spies early. So, yeah. <coughs> yeah, Bridge of Spies is great. That's my number yeah. eight. I look forward to your guys' episode on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just me. Oh. It's a solo episode. It's on there. 
Did you put mine up there? I haven't even. Oh, oh I didn't do the Facebook post, but it's it's on the feed. Oh, is it on the feed? Oh, okay, cool. cool it's cool. two twenty-four, I think. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. I have to listen to that now. All right. Right, uh, number seven. My number seven has maybe one of my favorite. Well, yeah, one of my favorite scenes of the year, and it's just two people talking, and it's really intense, and the dialogue is like super great, and I'm pretty sure there's lots of shots of people walking down hallways in this film. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, my number seven film is Steve Jobs. What do you do? You're not an engineer. You're not a designer. You can't put a hammer to a nail. I built the circuit board. The graphical interface was stolen. So how come 10 times in a day, I read Steve Jobs as a genius? What do you do? Musicians play their instruments. I play the orchestra. I hear you've been worse than usual this morning. I didn't think that was possible. It's a system error. Fix it. Fix it? Yeah. We're not a pit crew at Daytona. This can't be fixed in seconds. You didn't have seconds. You had three weeks. The universe was created in a third of that time. Well, someday you'll have to tell us how you did it. <laughs> I'm begging you to manage expectations out there. You see how this reminds you of a friendly face? It's warm and it's playful and inviting and it needs to say hello. If you keep alienating people for no reason, there's be no one left for it to say hello to. Your Apple stock was worth $441 million, while your daughter and her mother are on welfare. She's not my daughter! You must be able to see that she looks like you. You're issuing contradictory instructions, you're insubordinate, you make people miserable. Even if that were true. Doesn't sound that diabolical to me. We've spoken to the fire marshal and the building manager. They're going to come in and tell everyone to leave. If a fire causes a stampede to the unmarked exits, it'll have been well worth it for those who survive. The board believes you're no longer necessary to this company. I sat in a garage and invented the future because artists lead and hacks ask for a show of hands. You're gonna end me, aren't you? You're being ridiculous. I'm gonna sit center court and watch you do it yourself. Make everything all right with Lisa. Fix it! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Uh, yeah, I love this movie because uh, the script is really good, obviously. And what's really cool is instead of, I know a lot of people were up in arms that it's, you know, not 100% accurate, but I thought it was more fun to have it happen before launches where everything was tied together. And, yeah. um, and, and the, the growth of Steve Jobs, Michael Fassbender's uh, character through it is really cool, um, where he's just a piece of shit and he's still a piece of shit, but he starts not being as big of a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just really well done. And, uh, you know, my favorite scene isn't uh, James's favorite scene is with Kate Winslet. Mine's with Jeff Bridges. We're in the hallway. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, and Jeff, Daniels. Jeff Daniels. I mean, thank you, um, Jeff Daniels. And they're talking. <laughs> Jeff what Bridges cut did you say? Though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're just talking about how he was fired from Apple, and it's just awesome. That's my favorite scene of the entire year. And I mean, uh, yeah. it's just like biotechnical jazz, man. Yeah, and you know, there's thunder and lightning and Tron, 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 Tron. Um, yeah, the movie's great. And I, I just love the, perf I think Michael Fassbender's great in it. And 
Yeah, it's a good movie. I like how they explain things with the little montages, like in the background. Yeah. They display <laughs> on a wall. Like, it's kind of a. And for a Danny Boyle movie, there was no, like, drug induced trippy scenes that I really appreciated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting anyone to sweep me necessarily. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> that comes up a lot later on my list. So, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. It's I, a great movie. Yeah, I didn't know how many people enjoyed it like I did, but I just. I mean, I appreciate when <laughs> actors are allowed to act, and it's it's really fun. Yeah, um, it's a it's a little later on my list. And you know, the only reason I bring up Danny Boyle is he didn't get in his own way in the movie, and I think he realized because his script was so smart that he didn't have to show scenes of a pool with a couch in it or something. And <laughs> um, uh, that's a hundred twenty-seven hours uh, dig, guys. Uh, remember the movie from five years ago? And uh, no, he's using the exact same like technique there that he does when he does the like your favorite scene, the like cutting back and forth and all of that. Yeah, like, it's the same. It's the same idea, but it's yeah. not as obnoxious. And no, I understand. So he took he scaled himself back, and I'm and I mean that shows that he, he is a good filmmaker, and so that shows thank that you, he thank you. that he's learned that he doesn't if the script is tight, he doesn't need to do stupid things like that. And um. <laughs> Yeah, I like that he. Every time they go to a keynote, they cut off and then go to the, to the next era of his life. Exactly, because like, like, I feel like a lot of people were wanting like a really dramatic like keynote speech. Yeah, but they don't have any of that in no. the film, other than him practicing one. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I think I really like that part of it. I think that's like really well done of them. That because like you like you don't need to see it in order to know. Sure, that's yeah, great. absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think Aaron Sorkin's decision to basically rewrite Steve Jobs' life in that way to to take all those sequences and slam them together into this. Very quick, you know, three act structure sort of thing. It's just brilliant. It's a really, it's a really smart, very different way. Um, and yeah, sure, it's it's basically snubbing its nose in the face of anybody who like wanted a realistic and accurate depiction of Steve. Great. I don't. If you want that movie, like, there's four other movies this year <laughs> yeah. that had Steve Jobs in it. Go read the like, book. <laughs> yeah, this is genuinely the one that's interesting and creates a character that's worth following. And that's um, you know th- they do it right because you know in Lincoln. That's based on Team of Rivals, which is, I don't know, a thousand pages, yeah. and it's maybe two chapters in that book. Yeah. And you still get the idea of who the person is, and that's all you need to know. And, you know, the even little things in the movie where, you know, Steve Jobs refuses to admit that he has a daughter, but he starts connecting to her when she's able to use the computer. Like, oh, this guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. it's great. Um yeah, I love that movie. It's my third favorite performance of the year. Yeah. Michael Fassbender, also my fourth favorite performance of the year. <laughs> so Michael Fassbender's just on a roll. Because uh, I, I would say, I'm not, I don't think it's on anyone else's list, but like, uh, is it on your list? No. I know what you're going to say, but it's not. Yeah, It's yeah. great, though. Yeah, my, I think like, uh, and him and Macbeth is also yeah. an amazing it's performance. Amazing. Incredible. He's playing at the C Film Center right now. I haven't seen that yet. What's that? Yeah, it's playing at the Sea Film Center right now. God damn it. Let's is it? Go, let's go yeah, now. Oh, fuck. I'm seeing that today. Uh, well, here's the only thing about Macbeth, because um, I saw it. The, you need to know Shakespeare to see it. It's really, and they don't rewrite, it's literally just the Scripture script. So if oh, you don't, yeah. if you can't understand Shakespeare, because like I, Sweet. like, okay. some of my friends went with me to see it who don't, who don't, don't, don't know Shakespeare. They don't, they, they don't know no Shakespeare. They, they're just expecting kind of like a, like a, like just a retelling of the story. Yeah. It's like 100% like that kind of dialogue. Yeah, so. sweet. Part of the reason why it's great. Yeah, I think it's really great yeah. for that reason, but like you need to, you should know that going yeah. in. I've so. watched the four hour Hamlet many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're uh. talking to uh, smart dudes here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's my number 12 film. I would have saved, but it's my number 12 film. I heard it's like super violent and stuff. Is it? Uh, I don't know, super violent, oh, but like it, there are. A, it's a super violent for a Shakespeare film. Sweet. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I was thinking about taking my grandma to it, and then I saw it, and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, oh, not taking a grandma to it? Sweet. <laughs> 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 that 
That should that should be part of the R rating, not suitable for grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> not suitable for, for Graham Graham. <laughs> for Graham Graham. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Good cool. times. Right. Yeah. Henry, what's your oh, turn? Oh, it's my turn. Um mm-hmm. all right, my are we on six now? Seven. 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 Right. Right, seven. Yes, seven. Wait, seven. Yeah, seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my number seven film, uh, uh, I don't think it'll appear on any of your guys' list, but, um, it's, uh, my favorite kind of music kind of film of the year, uh, even though I just went to another music film. Uh, it's a, uh, just lovable performances, I think, made in Cry, but it was Uh, my number seven film is, uh, Love and Mercy. Oh, yeah. Oh. Excuse me. Can I help you today? I'd like to buy a car. Hi, I'm Dr. Eugene Landy. Do you know who this man is? Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Ah. Round, round, get around. I get around. Yeah, get around, round, round. We've all grew up in California. The brothers here, Dennis, Brian, and Carl. So I'd listen to those harmonies. I would teach them to my brothers, and we'd all sing. Listen to me, I'm going on and on. What about you, Melinda? Why don't you have a boyfriend? I broke my heart. You shouldn't have done that. You hear the new Beatles? We can't let them get ahead of us. Got all kinds of new ideas, new sounds, new instruments. You think we could get a horse in here? We've played with everyone. Sinatra, Elvis, you. Blowing our minds. If you want to continue to see him, you should know. Brian is a very, very sick man. Your voices. I didn't tell you because I didn't want to scare you away. The talking in your head, that's part of the song? Jesus Christ, part of the music. You are not hungry, you think you're hungry. Brian, time for your pills. Come on. I may not. I need you to report to me your thoughts, your feelings. His thoughts, his feelings. I'm giving you unprecedented access. He's my legal guardian. He's protecting me. No, he's over medicating you. Can you swim? I will not be able to see you anymore. You can't do that, Gene. Yes, I can. I have to say to myself five times a day, I love you. Does it work? I don't know. Sometimes I wish I had somebody else to say it to. God only knows what I'd be without you. I do not want to be one more person who wants something from you. So I'm going to walk away. Why can't I be with her, Gene? For the same reason, man, that you cannot be with anybody. God only knows what I'd be. I'm going to beat this, and I'm going to beat you! You need to get back to your life. You and me, we're going to walk out of here right now, and everything will change. It's not on my list, but it's a really good movie. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't on my list for a while, because it was con- technically considered a 2014 release on the list. Is it really? Use that. Like kind of do. I, I think saw it. Was released, like, I only saw it like three months ago. Though. But it's pretty sure films that like had like two festivals in 2014, <laughs> and so it's technically considered 2014. But like, <laughs> I think I saw it in the Alamo this year. I mean, I didn't see it, but I think I didn't yeah. it show. Or no, did it not show there? I don't think we were able to. We, I tried, but I don't think maybe I, was I saw a poster successful. for it. Or I don't know. Yeah, maybe. but yeah, it's a. I mean, Paul Dano was nominated for best supporting actor, and I'm hoping he gets nominated for the Oscar too, because he's just he's amazing in it. Yeah, uh, John Cusack is also really good in it. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is also it just everyone in the film does an amazing job, and it's really it's the only film that I've seen that does a really good job of showing two different timelines at like the same time. Huh. Like it's like because that's one thing that I've like wanted to do as a director, but like 
it's a very difficult thing to do. Like, while it's still making sense and still worth, like, seeing. And it's just a beautifully done film, and it's just, I don't know. Paul Dano's great in it. Yeah. Paul Dano's amazing in it. Like, uh, he's, he shows up in another film later on in my uh, list, and it's just amazing the contrast that he has between uh, his characters. Yeah, I think he actually does a better job than Cusack in it. I think, oh, yeah, I, I, think I think so, too. I think Cusack's a little too... Um, I don't know what the word is. But. Of like the four main actors, I think he does the worst oh, yeah. job, but he's still, it's one of the best acting he's done in years. So. Oh yeah, Elizabeth Banks is great in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the, it made me, the, you're listening to it, you're like, oh, I love the Beach Boys while you're listening to Yeah, because like, I'm phone. not like a huge fan of the Beach Boys, but when I'm listening to it, I'm like, yeah, I could listen to this. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm good with this. Yeah, you know, I bet if they uh, do a dramatized version of Making a Murderer, Paul Dano gets to be Brendan. <laughs> oh, he definitely <laughs> will be. Oh, He's already man. played him in Prisoners. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> but no, uh, Love and Mercy is, is a good movie. Um, it, I, it's, it's in my top 25, I think. Mm. And I just, uh, the only reason is uh, sometimes I th- it dragged a little bit. I can see that, yeah. Um, but anytime it went back to the 60s where the Beach Boys were fighting and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Brian Wilson was trying to get his sound across, I was just fascinated with and how yeah. piece of a shit their dad was. I'm like, oh, man, what an asshole. Interesting. And uh, Paul Giamatti's really good in playing mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti. So. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's my number uh, He's good at playing Paul Giamatti. That's funny. Steve, break out my number seven. Bradley's number seven is <laughs> There Will Be Blood. <laughs> Children of Men. Uh, Turbo Kid. Oh. Ah, oh, yeah! I will destroy you with my Turbo Glove, the ultimate weapon against the robot threat. But to be a true hero, you'll have to save your girlfriend. Hey! What's that in your hand? So, it's a comic book? What's it about? It's about a turbo rider. <gasps> That's rad! I always wonder what the other side looked like. It's kind of gray and dusty. Well, I could show you. Around here, we like to do things with a little more joie de vie. Where is she? Release the girl! This is gonna get ugly. As you may know, the situation is critical. We have reached maximum casualty level. Who exactly are you supposed to be? Turbo Rider. This is it, soldier. We have to hit these sound machines with everything we've got. Find them. Kill them. And need back their heads on bikes. I'm meeting up with an old mate. We're gonna strike the Zeus. Ah, what do you say? Turbo Rider. But you could totally be Turbo Kid. <laughs> Speaking of 80 Synth. Man, that's a cool movie. <laughs> yeah, I when I uh, finished watching it, it wasn't as great as I'd hoped it was going to be. <laughs> uh, it felt the same. You mean rewatching yeah. it or seeing it the first time? The first time. Okay. Uh, so I was a little disappointed, but um, luckily I acquired the Blu ray before we did the film explosion. We watched it again and. Uh, you know, still had fun with it second time around. Um, still wished it would kind of 
you know, it, for something that swings through the fences, it actually could have gone farther. Yeah. Um, but it, if it's an obscure one, if you're listening, you know, Turbo Kids is a Canadian film uh, about, it, it kind of harkens back to, yeah, 80s, <laughs> I don't know, not superhero films, but. Like kid adventure, like kid adventure like, movies. Yeah. BMX like the explorers bikes are or, cool. And, yeah. And yeah. They just like take every, like every cool 80s movie or like um, fad or, uh, you know, toys, games. Like it's just a, yeah. a pop culture wasteland in this wasteland. Uh, and it's just this kid who finds uh, basically uh, a BMX suit and a power glove and he's able to shoot lasers and uh, he rescues uh, a, a robot girl. Oops. Uh, <laughs> it's not that big of a spoiler. I guess, yeah. yeah. Obvious. Is anybody yeah. else like strangely super attracted to her? Cause I was. Like, <laughs> no, was... no, you freak. No, <laughs> she's actually the, I've been, the, I've the best part of the movie. This year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figure for female, uh, yeah. Androids. Yeah. Don't fall um, down the robot. No, actually, uh, she's, her character is more, the most interesting part of the movie because, yeah. uh, like she actually gives most of the movie life. Uh, <laughs> Steve just shaking his head. <laughs> Michael Ironside is like super hamming it up. Um, chewing scenery like nobody's business. Scene, yeah. Um, and the gore effects are, I think, intentionally not convincing, but, uh, also the Blu-ray has the short on it that they like expanded from because it was supposed oh. to be one of those ABCs of deaths. Oh, uh, oh okay. T for Turbo. Um, <coughs> and so, uh, it, it, that one's almost the same movie, just short. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a fun, creative experiment, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, being an homage to like a lot of eighties filmmaking and stuff. So I'm really glad you got that on. The, that was a movie that where I was like that, that will never make it onto my list, but I want to talk about that movie at the end of the year. Um, cause that was all, I had a lot of fun going to see that. Yeah. Um, and that was the last second addition to our lineup cause we didn't know what we were going to see and yeah. it happened to be playing at the Alamo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. And I struggle for like it's not great, so it should be on my ten. But again, it's like represented with this 2015, and yeah. that was like one of the you know unique, interesting experiences. And uh, yeah, the movie's still kind of fun watching the second time. Yeah, for sure. Cool. cool. Steve, my number seven was Creed. He's right over here. We had to separate him from his fight with the other inmates. Hey, Donnie, your father was a great man to me. I don't know him. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Well, I think you could be great, too. So what made you want to fight? My pop was a fighter. Died before I was born. Bounced around foster care, in and out of juvie. I've been fighting my whole life. It's not a choice for me. You see this guy here staring back at you? That's your toughest opponent. Who's next? I believe that's true in the ring, and I think that's true in life. So you're going to leave me, too? You know how many times I had to carry the heavyweight champion of the world up these stairs because he couldn't walk. Ribs broken, nose broken, eyes swollen shut. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid of taking on the name and losing. Call me a fraud. You're still caught in the shadow. Every move that I make, every punch that I throw, everything's gonna be compared to him. You are Apollo Creed's son, so use the name. It's yours. 
This kid's being no way, he's never faced nobody. You don't know nothing about me. You a false creed. You do this, you're going into a storm. What's wrong with you? Hey, hey somebody help! Rocky's sick. I found fight in the darkest of times. If I break, I ain't gonna fix it. I found Everything I got is moved on, and I'm here. You're sitting there crying about nobody's around for you. I'm here for you every day. I'm standing right in front of you. Just like any other fight. So if I fight, you fight. I found life on this planet. Damn it, I've been damaged, but I, I can manage. I won't take this for granted. Bring back everything that's ever hurt you. All the pain you had inside. They don't know what we've been through. You belong here. I found life. I found life. You should be able to grab one of these birds. Are you serious? I am serious. Chickens are slowing down. <laughs> I think we were all on the Creed episode, so uh, I won't yeah. say anything more than I saw it again after we did the episode. And there is a line in the movie where uh, uh, he asks Rocky what the deal is with all the kids riding dirt bikes in the street. And it is a Philly thing. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's one thing that we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, so Sweet. Really, yeah, so wow. it, is, it is a Philly thing. Oh. And again, I will say one more time that I wish Tessa Thompson's character was a little more developed, even though I liked that she had a talent in her own right and wasn't just like mm-hmm. the girl. Um, but yeah, I loved Creed. Um, again, Me not too. a flawless movie, not a perfect movie in, in any way. Um, but the second time I watched it, I still really enjoyed it. So Yeah, but there's those yeah. scenes, you know, when uh, I literally cried in this movie when uh, he was telling Creed why he wasn't getting treatment for his cancer. Yeah. You know, because he's like, sometimes I'm just tired. You know, and he's like, oh, dude. Yeah, and he's like, I can I feel it, it like painful. coming down. Yeah. And like, after, oh my God. after six films with Rocky, like you get it. You're like, yeah. dude, you haven't had Adrian for two movies now. Like, Paulie's gone. Yeah, there's Nick, a minute. Nick's gone. There's Apollo's a minute where you gone. really think that Rocky might die. Yeah, like, he might like, die in this movie. Yeah, and you'd kind of be like, well, I guess that'd be okay because <laughs> at some point Rocky's got to die, and he'd probably be better off, I guess. I saw him when he was at the restaurant. Wasn't nobody at the restaurant either. I, I don't know, man. This life's getting sad. He'll uh, bite in, in Creed 3 because that's when Mick died. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's just, too, you know, because, you know, you do grow up with this character. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Rocky came up before any of us were born, but you you still watched him. And um, he he's my favorite, like, supporting character of all movies this year. Oh, I, yeah. I loved Rocky in that film. Yeah, that that performance is great. Did Kendall finally get to see it? Yeah, she loved it. Yeah, of course she did. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's like number like thirteen on my list. I would have loved having my top ten, but just like there's so much, there's a lot of good films this year. So it's a it's a little higher on mine. So yeah. I'm very okay with him getting the Black Panther movie. So okay. Definitely, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Out of all the directors oh, yeah. they like worth like thinking about, oh, he's yeah. the best one. Oh, for so. sure. Absolutely. That yeah. one first fight against uh, the. Number one contender, oh, or whatever. Dude. Oh my gosh! Yeah, beautiful. where it doesn't Gorgeous cut. Sequence. Well, I'm sure it cuts, but like it's shot no, like it isn't. It, it doesn't I, cut. Yeah, I like researched it. They, it's all one take. It is all one take. That's yeah. awesome. That yeah. just made my day. If he's gonna do Black um, Panther, who's gonna, they did gonna it, do Creeder? They did. <laughs> they, they did the. They did it nine times or something like that, and it was the eighth take they used. No, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Go Michael great. B. Jordan. See, Seriously, even if he's in a bad movie, he can make a great movie. <laughs> Man. And he wasn't even bad in his bad movie. No. But everything else about Fantastic Four was pretty bad. (laughs) Um, Cool. My number seven? Yeah. My number seven is Fantastic. No. Um, (laughs) 
My number seven, you know, this is a weird trend that's been happening um, where it seems like every year there's one of these. There's just one horror movie that is so damn good that I can't stop thinking about it and ends up on my top ten list. And this year, uh, my number seven is It Follows. I used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy driving along some pretty road. It's never about going anywhere, really. It's having some sort of freedom, I guess. Okay. You awake? What are you doing? You're not going to believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. I'm scared. I need to find him. What did he really do to you? Apparently, he used a fake name to rent a house in the city. This isn't real. I swear to you, this is just some game. If it kills her, it gets me and goes straight down the line to whoever started it. What exactly is supposed to be following you? I don't know. Something happened. It's not what she thinks, okay? You don't believe me. No, it's me. Everything's okay. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. Also, my number four best score of the year. Okay. Um, yeah. It shows uh, up later on my list. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic movie. So I watched it last night with a couple of friends, um, and you know we've we've talked about this movie a lot this year. And what I realized this time is that look, I I still don't care that much about the horror aspects. Like, there's some stuff that I think is really creepy and cool. Um, you know, minor spoilers for it follows, but like like the scene where it is Greg. And it goes to Greg's house. That shot is just super creepy to me. Um, but partially just because it it, uh, it is always scarier when it is a normal person to me. Um, and it is also, like, that shot is You're preying love, on, blood like... blood rage, then. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's also preying on just this sort of general home invasion. Like, just watching somebody, like, walk up, take a rocket, throw it at your window, and then climb in the window. It's just creepy. Um... But uh, it's not even about the horror movie. It's about the conversation that that last ten minutes or so, even less than that, five minutes, causes of what really happens, what does it mean, what is really being said by the movie. Because um, I read it as a very uplifting horror movie that is encouraging and like has this very positive outlook on life, sort of. Um, because... It's a horror in my in my reading of that film. It's a horror movie that ends with, "Hey, death is always coming for you. Maybe you should just employ, avoid, uh, like, enjoy things for every once in a while." And even like on subsequent viewings, uh, as I've watched like 
And I don't even know if this is intentional. I just know that sometimes when she goes out and she's just waiting, like, she gets distracted and she starts just looking at, like, the trees and the way the trees move. And, like, when as she is basically waiting for death, she just watches, like, pretty things in the environment around her. Um, and I really, I appreciate that. Um, I hope that's what they intended. Um, but uh, I, I just love that ending and the way it, that, that conversation that it stirred up among us uh, was some of the most fun that I had talking about movies this year. So anytime um, I, I, I always say this, I love horror films, but horror films usually go one or one way or the other, They're either good or they're not at all. There's hardly any middle of the road horror films. And um, anytime someone takes a chance on a film and makes it more than about the horror, which I think it follows does, I think what makes it a great movie, yeah. even something, um, you know, where night living dead is my favorite horror film, but it's, not necessarily about the zombies. It's about the relationships people have inside the, the farmhouse. Yeah. Um, and I feel the same way about It Follows. Yeah, right. they're being pursued by something that wants to kill them. But it's also about, you know, the guy who loves a girl that he can't have. Right. And um, and when you eventually start living your life and you make a choice not to pass the, the sexually transmitted disease on, I think speaks volumes to right. the, the film. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a wonderful film. It's also, <laughs> watching it last time, I realized how, um, it's kind of funny to me, like, after even the other kids start getting into this, and, like, now some of them have seen it or whatever, like, they're still all super horny and going to get themselves in trouble. Like, like Greg, the one dude, like, I didn't even, I don't think I realized this watching it in theaters, but, like, he's constantly either, like, staring at or, or slightly hitting on the, the, the girl's younger sister, um, which I never, I never noticed. I was just like, holy shit. Like, like the, I do remember talking about after we saw it, that like the sexual tension in the movie is also part of the horror tension in the movie. Um, you know, like when they're, when, when the, the kid who really likes her is going to like stay up and watch and she comes down and they have this conversation and they're sitting on the couch. Like the way that scene is built is this long, just dialogue sequence and they're sitting on the couch and she's barefoot and they're like talking and they're talking about their history together. And you're just like, oh, oh God, just, just don't, just don't, just don't touch her. Or don't, don't have sex. Like, God, oh, horrible things are going to happen. They're going to break your limbs backwards and all the wrong ways. Um, it's just a, it's a cool movie. I really liked it. And I think so too. Uh, when horror films at the beginning try to get you into them, sometimes it works and sometimes it really doesn't. I, I think the remake of Dawn of the Dead is a really good example of getting you into the world. Mm. And this film is too, where it's literally a girl running out of her house and you don't know why. Oh yeah. That's a great And then she's just running around and she gets in her car and her dad's like, where are you going? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then she's, she's ends up dead on a beach and like, what the fuck just happened? And I think that's a good hook into movies and it can also backfire on you because if you don't execute it well, then it's not going to work. And they did, uh, the director did a really good job of, Mm -hmm. um, setting up that world. Yep. Did we ever find out why that girl has like a holographic clamshell? Thumb. No, I mean I watched it last night. It, that that movie is so deliberately set so that you can't figure out what time it is. That's just the most like what year it's set in. It's just the most distracting one of those, right? So like you watch these shot. There's a there's a cool shot where the the girls are walking down the street. It's where the younger sister is smoking. Um, so if you watch the movie again, you'll know which one I'm talking about. But if you watch in the background, like the cars on parked on the street get progressively older, and then it it pans as they walk and uh, and the car that Greg is washing is like this old, you know, wagon. It, like, 
no, no, nothing can be set. Like they're they're watching old fifties movies because you can't have a movie on the TV that tells you what year it is. Um, the TV they're watching it on is an old cathode tube TV that's sitting on top of an old like one of those TVs built into a, a wood you know chest. Um, like the movie is deliberately trying to make it so you can't say like, oh, it's the eighties or oh, it's the nineties or it's today. Um, and I think the I think he just. The only way he could try to add something to make it feel like, oh, this could also be in the future, is unfortunately to put in this thing that's kind of distracting in the movie. Because you see it and you're just like, what the fuck is that thing? Like, the first time you watch it, you're just like, whoa, why has she got this weird, like, Polly Pocket Kindle? See, that never bothered I just thought it was like a PDA. It's like, whatever. I didn't. It, it, was, just, it was just a distract. <laughs> like, it, it pulled me out of the movie a little mm-hmm. bit the first time. I'm not saying it's like, oh, my God, why would you make this decision? <laughs> you're ruining my number seven movie of the year. Um... I'm just saying, like, it, no, they, they, you never do. Um, and it, it also is a really sort of important piece to the plot, or not the plot, but the way they solve the story, because those sections of what she's reading are really important to deciphering what the movie's trying to say. Um, especially the first one she's reading about, like, the differences between death and stuff like that. Like, and, yeah. Um, that's a cool movie, man. Yeah. I like thinking about that movie. Me too. Yeah. Don't have sex. No, have sex. Who cares? <laughs> oh yeah, have sex and you'll die. That's but it's okay. You're gonna die. Yeah, everybody dies. Yeah, cool. It's how you live your life, James. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what's your number six? Uh, my number six is uh, a movie that made me cry twice. I think watching it. Um, <laughs> some would say Man. it's full of emotions. Ah! <laughs> my number six is Inside Out. So, Riley, how was the first day of school? Fine, I guess. Did you guys pick up on that? Sure Mm -hmm. did. Something's wrong. Signal the husband. What did she say? Oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What is it, woman? What? I'm Joy. This is sadness. That's anger. What? This is disgust. Uh, And that's fear. ah! We're Riley's emotions. These are Riley's memories. They're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. I wanted to maybe hold one. What happened? Sadness. She did something to the memory. Is everything okay? I don't know. Take it back, Joy. Great. Joy, no, wait. The core memories. Ah! No, 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 no. Can I say that curse word now? We have a major problem. Oh, I wish Joy was here. We can fix this. We just have to get back to headquarters. That's long-term memory. You could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay. I'm positive you will get lost in there. What was that? Was it a bear? There are no bears in San Francisco. I saw a really hairy guy. He looked like a bear. Place is huge. Imagination land? No way. Dream Productions? Rainbow Unicorn. She's right there. I loved you in Fairy Dream Adventure Part 7. Okay, bye. I love you. You can't focus on what's going wrong. There's always a way to turn things around. It's Broccoli! Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. Ah, 
it's a great movie. Uh, Pixar is awesome. And what makes them awesome is they can make you have all sorts of feelings, whether it's inanimate objects like toys, um, and actual real feelings. It, uh, the movie is just, it's, it's a great movie. And again, any, every time I see a trailer for Pixar movies, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing here? Their trailers are horrible. Uh, but their movies are some of the best that are ever made. And this movie's gorgeous. Uh, the, uh, the performances in it are great. And it's, it's a good lesson for all, um, kids is you don't always get what you want and you'll be okay without it. And, um, your, you know, your secret imaginary friend Bing Bong dies eventually. And it's really sad because he falls off the cliff in a wagon and, um, <laughs> falls off the cliff in a he wagon. Sacrifices himself. He does. Um, <laughs> uh, he sacrifices himself because he knows she has to mature. And I think the movie's just brilliant. I, I, I think it's one of Pixar's best movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really great, that's a great movie. When I watched it the second time, I was watching it with my folks. And as soon as it starts up and like the score starts and they start introducing me to Riley, like I just I got all emotional again, and I was like, "Oh, I love this little girl! Like she's so fantastic, and she's gonna have such a hard time, and like I don't want to watch her go through all these horrible things. Like this is gonna be really tough for her." And I got like sad at the beginning of the movie because I remembered how much they had made me appreciate that character. Um, yeah, I like Ray. And, and the the Blu-ray is great. Um, they they have a whole <laughs> second disc where they talk about the the making of the film and. The people at Pixar are really good at knowing when a film doesn't work. And after this film is one of the first ones I watched where they really just let it go. And from beginning to end where they knew, because a lot of their films, Toy Story, The Good Dinosaur, Monsters Inc., they're like, this isn't working at all. We need to change what's going on in this film. Mm-hmm. And this film, they just let it go. And it shows in their product. And I, I think, uh, when you know you have something that works well and it hits all the right notes. And, uh, uh the Blu-ray has a uh, Riley's first date, which is really funny. Um, Very cool. It, it's uh, it's not like the heartfelt one. It's what the dad goes through when a boy shows up at his house to pick up his daughter for a date. Yeah. And so all the emotions and it, it's pretty funny. Cool. Um, so yeah, cool. um, it's one of my favorite Blu-rays, one of my favorite films of the year. Awesome. Um, you should pick it up. You should watch it. Yeah. Have joy watching it. Did uh, any of you guys see the uh, like re-edit of the film that has only the Riley scenes in it? Like if oh, the film no. had none of the inside emotion scenes. No. It's like 15 minutes long. It's just that. And it's weird because, like, you can watch it and, like, because the guy just took out all the scenes and everything. Yeah. And you can tell that, like, if it, like, was blended a bit better, <laughs> you could tell, like, that could have been, like, a really good short film, too. Wow. So. That's cool. It's really interesting. You, you, I think you can just, like, look up Inside Out scenes with Inside Out without emotions. Oh, so, okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll check that out. Henry, your number six film is? My number six film. Um, everything after this, uh, the six through one are all. These movies I... get good. These are all films I gave five stars out of five stars. Oh, okay, cool. So, uh, and this might change if I rewatch them, because two of them I watched in the past week. Cool. Um, my number six film, and I also classify that my top ten films are not films I recommend necessarily, <laughs> because <laughs> this film, specifically this film, this film's like, really fucked up, and I really liked it, but that's because I like those kind of films. Uh, my number six film is Bone Tomahawk. Bracing. This is gonna penetrate. Good evening. Civilized towns. You look a man direct in the face when you talk to him. This isn't comfortable. Oh, it's not supposed to be. 
Here's the uh, situation. Serious. Mrs. O'Dwyer was abducted. She is my everything, and those savages have got her. God knows what they're doing to her. Every second, they'll be delayed. You know who did this? I don't have a name. How many of them do you think there are? It won't matter. You have no chance against any number of them. I'm, I'm coming with you. No, no, I need you here. And this is what a backup's for, to help an emergency, not stay back. I'm coming. We're making a five-day journey in three days, riding along and sleeping the bare minimum. I don't know what's west of here. No cattle trail or anything else goes in that direction. If our horses die before we get there, or we go into hostile territory, weak and foggy with exhaustion, we won't rescue anybody. Don't be scared. I am a friend. You aren't. You had no cause. If you want to question my morals, do it later. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which we are about to receive. wanted to get that fucking movie i, I went to, I, i'm not joking i went to uh, trademark yesterday to get that movie they didn't have any yeah they had it on dvd i'm like fuck that yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird because it's like a western like if you don't know what it is it has like kurt russell uh oh, patrick wilson guy from lost jack from lost I can't remember <laughs> matthew, matthew, fox. Fox. Oh, matthew fox is in the movie yeah. does he beat up a bus driver oh man does he wake <laughs> up in the woods that's a does deep cut that's a deep um, deep uh, abuse <laughs> assault <laughs> um, but it's about like this like kind of small town in the west and it's a western but this like small town in the west who like this guy kind of comes into town and like starts causing trouble so like Kurt Russell who's the sheriff like shoots him and then brings him to like a, like, a jail cell and he gets like the local doctor to come kind of like treat his wound and then in the morning they find that like both of them are gone and they suspect that like this local Canada kind of cannibalistic uh, Native American tribe has taken them and it's about how like four of them then go to rescue them. And uh, it really turns into, like, after, like, because that's, like, the first, like, 30 minutes, I guess, uh, of, like, a two-hour, maybe two-hour and ten-minute film. And uh, after that 30 minutes, the film really is not a Western anymore, in my opinion. It's really more of a horror film. Like, wow. like set in the West. It's like the, have, you, have you seen it, Steve? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it gets really messed up what happens. Like, it's extremely brutal. It's one of those ones, like, like I said, like, does not hold your hand. It does not hold back. It, like, like, I'm, like, really, I mean, I'm really into, like, kind of, like, exploitation, kind of revenge, that kind of, like, really horrible, fucked up kind of films. This is the only film I've seen this year where I genuinely thought, oh, fuck. Like, I had to, like, look away at one point. Like, oh. like I don't know. The, and, like, because, like, like, 
It's also interesting because, like, it is kind of like they antagonize the Native American tribe, but they have, like, another Native American guy come in at the beginning of the film being like, no, we don't like these people either. These are, like, these are the people we do not want to have associated with us anymore. These are, like, lunatics. Huh. And it's just, like, it's really, it's shot beautifully. All the points are really well done. The, the gore effects are amazing. It's just, but it's, like I said, it's a very brutal film. So you need to be, like, up for that when you see it. Like, there's, like, I don't know. I like the the worst scene in the film that's in terms of brutality are like they're in like kind of like the last kind of like the den of the cannibals and they see someone that they knew from before and just what they do to him it involves a tomahawk and his genitalia they and they don't hold back on showing you anything either uh. it's that's the scene I was like oh god <laughs> it's uh. if you like that kind of stuff I would check it out. Who but, likes that kind of... No, I'm just well, I like I wanna, that kind of stuff. I see it. <laughs> yeah, it's a really fucked up And I think name. the name of the movie's awesome. Oh, yeah, and because, like, the, the bone taunt, it's things they actually use. It's, like, a uh, cow skull just, sh- like, sharpened into a tomahawk. Man, it's sweet. really cool. So Kurt Russell's name isn't Bone Tomahawk. It's, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I wish. It is now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, all the characters are really likable, and, and then, like, there's, like, one point, like, kind of... I remember like, I saw that there was, like, 30 minutes left, and they said, like, well, now they're going to do this. And I thought... Oh, so they're all dying then. Like, this is what's gonna happen then. And I'm not gonna spoil what happens, but like, it's really cool seeing how that situation specifically plays out, so. Hey, we have a guest. Yes. Hold on a second. Is it Harrison Ford? <laughs> I drink Dr. Pepper, don't you see? Cause it's the perfect taste for me. That original taste, you know. Peppers, toting peppers, um, we just had a new guest stop in. Bree, all the way from being deployed in Africa. Yes. Welcome back. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, Pretty cool. It's good how, to see you again, man. Uh, well, while I was away, it was hot. Um, <laughs> first, when I got there, I really, you know, didn't know what I was going to do. And then towards the end, I just got really busy, uh, fixed a whole bunch of stuff. And then before you knew it, I was back home. Nice. And uh, I also want to uh, take this time out to thank you. You sent my little boy a book. And I really appreciate that. All the way from Africa, the servicemen. Because I, I got this package in and it had, uh, you know, my name. I'm like, what the? What is this? How do you know this is from? I open like, oh, that's really, so that's really sweet of you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, welcome back. Yeah, um, you, you guys keep me going while I'm away, so I'm able to listen to podcasts and stuff. So that stuff, you know, makes the time go by quick, and you know, keeps oh. me makes me feel what like I'm not far away from home. And, and thank oh, you for serving man. our country. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, guys. That's really sweet. All right, well, that's the end of the episode, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just want to point out how great of a guy yeah, he is. Yeah. And, uh, we're oh, excited to great. have you back. Cool. Yeah, so um, good to have you on the show. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> cool. So that was uh, Henry's number six. So, uh, Steve, what is Brad's number six? This is way more awkward. Steve, Steve remind me what my number six is. <laughs> Here, Brad, I'll remind you. <laughs> it's uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Ooh. The IMF is uniquely trained and highly motivated. Specialist without equal immune to any countermeasures. But it is an agency of chaos. 
The time has come to dissolve the IMF. Now, I want you to choose your next words very carefully. Where is Hunt? Last I heard, he was tracking the syndicate. How come the CIA has never discovered any intel regarding the syndicate? You want the polite answer or the truth? We've never met before, right? Follow me. Benji. Ethan, where are you? The syndicate is real. A rogue nation trained to do what we do. An anti-IMF. They're coming after us with everything they've got. You ready? This may very well be our last mission. Let's make it count. So what's the play? You want to bring down the syndicate? It's impossible. How do you know we can trust her? Desperate times. Desperate measures. You got your seatbelt on? You asking me that now? Oh, hey, boys, what did I miss? This is a movie I only saw at the drive-in. Like, I don't have a ticket for <laughs> Mission Impossible Rogue Nation because it was just bundled with other movies. Huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, it's, you know, the fifth Mission Impossible. It's fifth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's supposed to be a depreciation in, in these things. And actually, it was a more... Uh, someone, someone else pointed out it's basically the same story as Spectre, but this one's more entertaining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, yeah. It is. It is. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Spectre it, is the syndicate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, the female totally character, weird. like this, uh, like you said, like this is the year for women this in film. This is a really because, strong year for... Like, this is the girl that, film. like, they don't make her romantic lead. She yep. kicks a ton of ass in the movie. Yep. Um, the way they play the back and forth, like I was sitting there the first time around, just going like, <laughs> "Is she playing them? Is she a bad guy? Is she like whose side is she on?" Uh, all the way through, it was great. Um, yeah. And so, her knife fight at the end is badass. Yeah. Oh, that's a great sequence. Shit. Um, well, even the opening sequence. Uh, well, not for her, but like Tom Cruise, like he shimmies up the pole to get at like the handcuffs. Yeah. Now, like, there's just some great stunt choreography and things like fight. Uh, things going on like the whole they sold the whole movie on him riding on the side of the uh bomber when it takes off but that's not even like the coolest stunt in the movie <laughs> i think uh it's because they kind of ruin it when he cgi gets flung into the cabin mm-hmm. uh once he gets inside but um yeah the rest of it uh like the whole motorcycle chase is uh yeah. way more interesting than like mm-hmm. mission impossible 2 um yes yeah the only glaring part is when the car flips over end to end over and over again and then yeah. they just kind of like walk out like oh my my neck yeah 
I sprained it. Yeah, yeah but, but it's it, it's fun because it's played. That part's played so fun. You know where uh, Benji says, "Are you okay? You were just dead." He's yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, and he's totally fucked up. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it actually didn't make my top ten, but it was really close. I was debating between because I obviously I love Tom Cruise, and the movie's super fun. I mean, I've watched it a bunch of times, and uh, if you're gonna get, it, you should get it at Target. They have uh, the stunt extravaganza. I forget what it's called. Especially, she comes with like a book, oh. and it has a hour special feature about how they did all the stunts. Oh, nice! Cool. And I mean, I was already fascinated because the whole um, script was written about the the A thirty or A three hundred hanging on the side of the airplane. Is uh, Christopher McQuarrie who did Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise? He knew he was doing the new Mission Impossible while they're filming uh, Jack Reacher. And he said, so what do you want to do? You know, you've done so many things. You've already scaled the tallest building in the world. And Tom Cruise says, well, I've never hung on the side of a jet while it's taken off. And that was the basis for their, like, script is, well, let's get him in there. And, we need an excuse. And that's basically what it is. It's just, yeah. okay, yeah, sure. Um, <coughs> all right. It's barely even an excuse because if I remember correctly, like, it's, I mean, it's the first scene of the movie. It and it's just like, yeah, we had to do that for some reason. Hey, we got to go find these syndicate guys. <laughs> <laughs> when he goes in and like the bad Russian guy comes in the back to get him and Tom Cruise yeah. just shrugs he's like meh see ya and he leaves um, yeah it's the Mission Impossible movies have from three to five have been really really good I mean yeah. the first one's pretty good too but hmm. two is still a fun movie the, the first one is great it's just great in a different movie in a different way like three through five are like big bombastic tentpole action movies and the first one's like a quiet espionage like cool like thinking man spy movie yeah um, no, so it's just different I think it's cool. And two's awesome too. Yeah, it's fun. Two's an awesome movie. Awesome? It's yeah. fun. <laughs> I mean it's not as good when I rewatch it now, but man, it's an awesome movie. <laughs> no, there's still some cool scenes in it. Yeah. Yeah. You forget Anthony Hopkins is in it. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah. And he says some really sexist bullshit in that movie. To go to bed with to go to bed with a man and sleep with him, she's a woman. She has all the training she needs. Oh yeah. He also says, like, this isn't Mission... Uh, this isn't Mission Impossible... Or Mission Difficult. This is Mission, mission Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Difficult should be a walk in the park. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, what's your number six? Anthony Hopkins is really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I say my number six... Hi, Bree. I'm Steve. I don't know why we didn't oh, introduce oh, each other off air. <laughs> right. we're going on air. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Steve's the programming manager at the Alamo Draft House. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Bree's awesome. I still got that uh, free ticket that you guys got me. I haven't used, so I'm going to say It doesn't expire. Okay, you can cool. use it anytime. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Uh, my number six is The Big Short, and I won't add too much other than what Ryan said earlier, um, except that I, I did, like you guys mentioned earlier, I, I liked how they were really upfront about the filmmaking and like kind of saying, like, well, this didn't actually happen, but it's good for the movie and how Ryan Gosling yeah. was like, I never said I was a good guy, and he just admits yeah. to being kind of like a scumbag. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like an American cultural staple, honestly. Like, I think people need to really watch this movie, and I think, like, you know, high schoolers, you know, in the future need to be shown this movie, like, yeah. their junior, senior year of high school, because they need to know, like, this stuff has happened. Let's not let it happen again. Well, what's funny real. is because Ryan Gosling's character works for Deutsche Bank. Mm -hmm. And he bets against them. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, what was his bonus? $47 million. $47 million. Yeah. He got a $47 million check. He's like, I never said I was a good guy. Yeah, I got right. a big fucking check. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and he's in this like super swanky office. And it just yeah. proves that nothing changed. He he bet against people, bet against his own company and still made tons of money. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess there's no rules against it. I don't know. I don't know how. I still do. I mean, they the explained how it worked. But I'm still like, wait a minute. How, how can yeah. you? 
bet against your own company, take stock out against them, and still work for them, and they give you a bonus. Oh, because uh, yeah. the system is fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> How about the scene too where those... he walks into the bathroom and he's like, "Hey, Steve, hey, get, get, get. what'd you hear? <laughs> yeah. What'd, yeah. Yeah. what'd you hear, Gary? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Man. Guy walks in. No, no, you're out. <laughs> yeah, almost the most convincing thing about the movie, and I, 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 I hesitate to even. Pretend like that makes it good storytelling. But the fact that when it's all over, you still have no fucking clue how any of this shit works is, is like, the most convincing and damning hey. thing about the whole system is, like... Hey, subprime means shitty. Remember <laughs> that. I know that. I know that because Margot Robbie was in a bathtub and I was paying attention during that scene. But, the like, the rest of the movie, I was just like, uh, wait, like... Even when, like, when Selena, Selena Gomez does her explanation, mm-hmm. like, that one I was still... Even after they go through this whole thing, I was still like... Why the fuck would anyone do that? Yeah. Like, why would you bet on... But what, You're the betting outcome, on their bets. You're betting on these other people's bets, and then it nests, and so then, like, this guy down the line is betting on a bet of a bet of a bet of a bet of a bet, and he's betting way more money, so $10,000 turns into $16 million, and you're like, why would, why would anyone do this? This makes no sense. Which is why the movie is really convincing that the whole banking situation is fucked. So playing <laughs> uh, fancy football online, gambling is illegal, but... Playing the stock market is not gambling. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, That's a good... And also, I never quite understood. So the two kids from Boulder, right? (laughs) Yeah. Brad Pitt chastises him when he starts celebrating. He's like, you know, why are you celebrating? People are going to lose your homes if you win. Um, And then at the end, they ask him, like, why would you help us? And Brad Pitt just says, well, you want to get rich, right? And I'm not sure, like, why the impact of that. Like, should he not have helped them? No, he. Wa- I think he did because it was sticking it to the people he didn't like. Yeah. It's a lot like uh, Steve Carell. Like, Steve Carell was looking for the flaws, and the reason Brad Pitt's character got out of it was because he didn't like them. Uh, yeah, but, like, why did he help? Because they, the banks lost so much money from it. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he was he was taking down the man, but at the same time, like, you know. He knew he was screwing the American people, sort of like right. the banks were doing, too. Which is the thing that he already sort of... You know, he's, a, he's a guy who, I mean, in some way, he thinks all of this is inevitable anyway, right? Like, he thinks the whole system's gonna come down. So, him being a part of it probably doesn't really matter, does it? Hmm. I don't know. It's sort of my read. Well, it's a cool movie. It's a good like thing. Cool. Um, my number six uh, is... What is my number six? Oh, yeah, that's right. My number six is a good movie. My number six, uh, every year there's there's at least one on my list where I'm like, man, I haven't got a chance to see this movie again. And if I did, maybe it would find its way a little bit higher up on the list. Um, so I will admit that six is probably too low for a movie as great as Sicario. <laughs> <laughs> State Department is pulling an agent that specializes in responding to escalated cartel activity. This is not my department. FBI! You want to be a part of this? Do we get an opportunity of the men responsible for today? The men who are really responsible for today. And to what is before? We're going to El Paso, right? You're not American. What do you work for now? Well, I go where I'm sent. Every day across that border, people are killed with his blessing. 
to find them would be like discovering a vaccine. Nothing will make sense to your American ears. But in the end, you will understand. Spotter vehicle, left lane. Spotter vehicle, 9 o'clock. Get your weapon out. supposed to work this side of the fence. They will not survive here. You use me as bait. Reach! You saw things you shouldn't have seen. Sicario, man, I had a lot of shitty experiences in, in non-Alamo theaters this year. I really did. Um, especially here at the end. Uh, and Sicario is one of those where, like, watching that movie in the theater and having, like, a homeless man take a shower in one of the front rows, just far enough away, I can't I can't yell at him, but at the same time, like, you know, there's this intense sequence where they're driving through Juarez, and here's this guy, like, fucking unpacking a, a, a picnic lunch that he brought with him. I'm just like, this is horrible. Like, ah. But uh, a really fantastic movie. I think um, super unsettling. And, and one that it took me probably – that's what, sort of my problem with the movie and the reason that it's low is because it took me so long to really get into it. But I think that that experience probably had something to do with that. Because um, then by the end, like that last – that third act is so strong. And where the, that sort of same unsettling feeling that, that Prisoners gave me – um, where they derive that in this movie is really cool. Um, so uh, a really fantastic. Yeah, movie. it's much much higher on my list. I love this movie. Yeah, yeah um, I know you did. Yeah, I, just everything about it. I love. Uh, usually, I'm not one for like super dark movie. Well, that's a lie. But like, <laughs> uh, it's it's a character movie driven by darkness yeah. in in a world. Again, it's one of those worlds. Just like the banking stuff, you don't understand. Like, I don't understand the allure of. Uh, using drugs and doing drugs and, uh, you know, the drug trade and, um, and the, uh, Emily Blunt's amazing. I, every time I see her in a movie, I fall more and more in love with Emily Blunt. Um, and it's just dark. Everything about the movie is so, such a downer, Yeah, you know, is, uh, anytime, and anytime there is a part where you're like, Oh, they're finally able to relax. You know, she goes to that bar and picks up, uh, Shane and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I forget his character's name, but, uh, a sleazeball. a sleazeball and it turns bad and it's, yeah, the movie's awesome. I can't wait to get it next week yeah. so I can watch it again. Um, they super should have put that, put that Blu-ray out earlier. I know. And it's, um, um, you know, cause the, there's so many great scenes, the scene where they're trying to cross back into the United States oh, and they're on the you know, the border bridge and you're Emily Blunt's character. You have no idea what's going on. And she even verbalizes. She's like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. then she like shoots some dude in the head and well, she didn't have any idea of who she just shot. No, she just knew it was a threat. She was like, well, I think he's bad. So mm-hmm. he's dead. And um, uh, you think that uh, James Brolin, not James, Josh, Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin, God, names today. Josh Brolin is, you think like the skis ball, but he's just like, 
you know, an FBI guy who has to do it this way and yeah. um, there's no other way to do it. And yeah, the movie's amazing. Yeah. Man. Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. He's really good at playing. Don't have dinner with that guy. Hitmans. Man. Which Sicario means. If you didn't know, they say that at the beginning of the movie, too. They do. I think it's like literally the first thing you see. Yeah. That's a cool movie. Yep. And it's shot really well. There's this badass scene where they're going into the Mexican desert, and that bottom half of the screen is all black, and the top is like a purple blue. And you see the silhouettes of like the the coming up the hill. Yeah. It's cool. That's great. Man. I like that director. Yeah. I'd say even if you didn't like like the first half of the film, the entire film is worth it just for like the last two scenons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The question it asks is worth the price of admission. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, I also just drive home your point because I've had a lot of horrible experiences in theaters too with like people eating things and that kind of thing at the wrong moments. Because um, Sicario, the reason why it's horrible that people eat like like during those films because it's a film that relies on like oh, quiet yeah. so like well. Oh, yeah. And, I, and it's happened like it's the same thing happened when I saw Hateful Eight. It's like it's almost like everyone decides like, oh, it's quiet now. That's a probably good time to rustle through my candy bag. Like right. it's like I mean, because like whenever I like go to a movie and like I know that it's like a loud thing, I'll like wait to like a loud moment so it's kind of muffled. Yeah, like that rule one of seeing a movie: wait to the loud thing to do something. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. if you're gonna eat a thing of Pringles, wait until Brad Pitt is <laughs> eating some Pringles. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, be a part Ocean's of the, 11. be a part of the 4D experience here, yeah. and eat your chips at the correct time of the movie. When, when we screened the tribe at Alamo, we had like a special oh, a special guide on each table of like if you want to order like quieter food or like a drink that might not be like a slurpy drink at the yeah. end of it. Like it's because again, like for those of you that have seen the movie, it's yeah. it's relies again heavily on like just silence. Well, because most of the characters are deaf, and, and yeah, and like in in the the in the the sound design. So, you know, we put out a guy like, you know, be extra careful to not creak or do anything. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, please don't move in your seat very often. Yeah. If you're the guy in that one seat that needs some WD-40, please right. sit still. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. So we're moving into five. Bree, do, you want, do we want to just work Bree in here? Yeah. Okay. If Bree wants to work in or you just want to hang out, what do you want to do, man? Yeah. yeah. Well, I I know I missed out. I've missed out on a lot of movies since I've been away. <laughs> yeah, and, that's um, fine. My internet was crappy over there, um, so you know I wasn't. I I actually streamed uh, that movie, uh, that Kevin Smith movie with the Rawlish dude. Um, uh, <laughs> Tusk. Tusk. Yeah, I actually <laughs> I was actually streaming that music movie over there, but uh, the down the the speed was so bad, so I just listen to the audio so, so, and then I got, I got to uh, you probably still get the same out of it yeah, so. well, I bet you I bet your version of Tusk is better than the one I saw yeah well, it was it, both both it, I heard both were disturbing I think I think <laughs> listening to just the audio even made it more disturbing because you like kind of visualized you know what was happening in the movie so yeah <laughs> um I, I was able to see uh, Ant-Man at the theater over there so I, I really oh, cool. I really enjoyed Ant-Man um, there's just always something about, you know, initially when I heard the story about Ant-Man, I really wasn't, I didn't know any backstory from him Yeah, and I really wasn't that interested, but, um, why would of, you not be interested in a guy who can get real small? Right, right. Right. So after why I saw, wouldn't you think well, that's a great I, idea? After I, <laughs> I, after I saw the movie that brought back all the memories of like, you know, of, of wanting to be small, watching cartoons like the littles and. You know, and uh, that's true. The, the land of the giants. So after seeing that movie, I've probably now watched it about at least five times. Nice. <laughs> cool. So um, and, very cool. And I got to actually got to see The Martian. I uh, really enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, good. Um, but when I went in there, it was actually full house. So I ended up standing through the whole movie. Oh and, shit! Um, 
it was it was great. But I, I know I've missed out on a lot of films. But listen to you guys, I need to get caught up. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some good ones from yeah, this year. Yeah. I was reading. I'm reading right now. I'm reading the history of Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. and in 19. 19- I think it was 90. Stan Lee was trying to get Ant-Man made. That was like his big goal right. was to get Ant-Man made. And everyone at Marvel's like, why Ant-Man, dude? It's stupid. <laughs> and here we are 25 years later. Man. His Ant-Man was made. Funny. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. Huh. Cool. Uh, well, it, and also too, is I, uh, actually got to watch Poltergeist, the first Poltergeist at the theater. So oh, wow. that was uh, a good experience because, um, you know, I I know they've made a lot of remakes of 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 you know older horror movies, but um, there's something about Poltergeist, just that first one, that really really was scary in comparison to all these these new movies. I mean, um, you know, you really got to you you cared about the characters. Um, you know, you really got to know the whole family, and then even going back at it, watching it now, you catch different stuff that you didn't catch before. You know, as a kid, because as a kid, you didn't realize they were smoking marijuana. You didn't realize they were trying to be kind of cool parents and. <laughs> You know, so after seeing it now, you know, a lot of different stuff stands out, but still a great movie. Um, and just the experience of seeing it at theaters was just awesome. That's cool. That's really neat. Yeah. Man, I'm glad they do that. So do they bring over a lot of, like, yeah. older movies like that? Um, you, the, so they, yeah, it depends. Um, but a lot of times they have even the, Mike, the most current <laughs> release movies, but it just all depends. They have a, a, a movie schedule, but they pretty much keep, like, up with current movies. Um. Hmm. They also showed that movie Maze. I think it was Maze Runner. Maze Runner: The Scorch Trials. I watched yeah. it yesterday. <laughs> That's a piece of shit. Yes, um, I actually got up and left. He's like, "Fuck this!" Well, yeah, it was. It was to me. It was just taking too long to get anything. I mean, I just. I well, another. Uh, yeah, man. I thought Katniss Everdeen never made any like actual impact on her story. Right, right. This dude just is present in every scene, and that's lit- there's a point I was watching it with a friend of mine from out of town. There's a point where I turned around and I was like, "What is that dude's name? Who? What? What is the main character's name?" Um, it's two movies in. I still have no idea why they were in the maze. Right. Yeah. Like, I still don't, like they're not in the maze at all, and it's called the Maze Runner. But I will say this. That guy who plays the Maze Runner, mm-hmm. he's been watching some Tom Cruise movies to figure out how to run. Right. He's good at running. <laughs> he, man, he gets like because there's a lot of they 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 artificially build in a lot of sequences where like mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's got to be over there as fast as he can, <laughs> right. and he's got to use his Maze Runner technique to get there, and he's real good at running. Um. Yeah. No, that movie's not good. I could go on for like hours about how much I hated that film, <laughs> <laughs> and that's coming from a guy who actually liked the first Maze Runner film. Right. Right. Yeah, the first Maze Runner is like not horrible. Um, yeah. and then that Sports one was Trials. atrocity. <laughs> <laughs> it just, shit just happens. Why are there zombies? Like, just all of a sudden, there's zombies and there's zergs. He goes into like this. Goes into this like laboratory and he finds these little zerglings like in these little tubes. Like there's a little like xenomorph looking mm-hmm. things, and he never tells anyone about it. Like, he's, he he leaves, and he's like, hey, they got, like, people up in this thing, and they're experimenting on him and everything. He never says, like, and I saw these crazy, like, giant cockroaches in tubes, and I don't know what they were, <laughs> and it was weird. Never sells a soul. Like, oh, But, like, man. the worst part, like, because you said you walked out of it. Right, 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 right. Did you finish the film? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, because, like, the worst part of it for me was, like, at the very end. Like, it's after, like, there's a cliffhanger of, like, the girl goes away. Spoilers, bro! Sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gus from Breaking Bad's there with the worst actress in the world. <laughs> yeah. And there's, like, another faction there and his friends. 
and they're like, well, what are we going to do now? And, like, and, the, Gus, and like, they're like, well, we're going to have to do it, but that's a suicide mission. And they're like, well, who's in? Everyone's like, I'm in, I'm in. Gus goes, ha, 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 I guess I'm in too. And then Dylan <laughs> O'Brien looks into the camera, smiles, and then it rolls the credits. Aww. It's like the worst ending you could possibly Aww, have. Man. I do, though, just rolled our eyes. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do appreciate, though, that they like... They bring in that girl to introduce, like, hey, what if there were a love triangle in this one, too? Yeah. And then in a very Hunger Games 4-esque tri- twist, it's like, oh, shit, we have a love triangle. Instead of having any choices, why don't... How about how about that girl over there? She just betrays everyone and She's takes an evil. evil helicopter <laughs> back to evil land. Like, oh, but, I mean, Did man. you actually buy these movies, James? No, I rented it on... Uh, this one I rented on Amazon. <laughs> okay. Because, um, like, cause, like yeah. Rose Salazar, I think is her name, is, like, the new love interest. Oh, but she's like, horrible. She's the worst actress I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame, because half of the film is just her and Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, yeah there's that awkward scene where they all... I don't know why, but they just... They run into Alan Tudyk, and he's awesome. And he's For just like... For like five minutes. He's like, hey, kids... I got some LSD in this cup. You yes. want to drink some LSD? And he gets them to drink LSD, and they go into this like they go into this strip club. This is like a movie for like eleven year olds. Yeah. And they go into like this weird strip club, and then those two characters just awkwardly make out. Um, Do you know Alan Tudyk hugged me? Alan Tudyk is so cool. He also owes me a fucking dollar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, Alan, Tudyk, yeah, which we know Come you on. are. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> that was yeah. my favorite experience. I gave him a dollar. If you go do a panel with Alan Tudyk, he brings like toiletries and stuff from his hotel room and signs them and gives them to people who ask him questions. And about halfway through, <laughs> I, this person was asking a question. I guess he wasn't really listening. And I was like, hey, Ryan, you got a dollar? He's like, yeah. And I gave it to him. And he signed the dollar and gave it to him. He's like, don't worry, man. I'll give it back to you. I said, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Great guy. And then he hugged cool. me. And I think, uh, was that five? Did I say five or less? It's okay. It's I, also, I also saw the gallows. Ooh, uh, I haven't seen the gallows. What's the gallows? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what's the gallows? Uh, like a school play kind of thing where. Uh, like a high school musical? Nah, well, <laughs> it's, I guess it's, like it's a haunted school play. Yeah, yeah, school play. But I guess uh, in the past, someone had hung themselves in the school play. So as they often do. Yes, <laughs> but another one of those movies with the shaky cam. I'm kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want them to start doing something a little bit different with the old found footage, people holding a camera. Because I, I don't see how scared how you can be scared when you're holding a camera filming everything. Uh, yeah, sinister <laughs> delivery. Yeah. Yeah, delivery. 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 Yeah. Have you seen delivery? I haven't seen delivery yet. I'll let you borrow that. Yeah. I met called... that guy too. He's nice. Yeah. They have a new movie coming out called uh, The Intruders. Is it also about a pregnant woman? Because that would be uh, no. Up. It's like a home invasion movie that's getting pretty good. Like buzz in the genre. So. How many movies cool. have been made them been called The Intruders? Because you were trying to tell me to watch that other one. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it used to be called Shut oh. In, but the distri- distribution company changed it. Yeah, those, those just like have... the ones that they changed it from Delivery to Delivery the Beast Within. Yeah, those, those guys have a hard time with their t- with their titles. Yeah, because their titles make sense, and then I think and then they... some other force comes in. <laughs> yeah, and... like, I can make this better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Ryan, what's your number five? Did you say your number five? No, I'm, I did six. So now we're starting a new. Oh, movie. that's right. Uh, my number five is It Follows. Oh, that's a great awesome movie. movie. That's yeah. a great movie. Man. So I think we've said everything about it. Yeah. yeah. That one uh, young lady is on my list twice, so I forget her name. Oh yes, she's got that something. Mar- Marsha something. Yeah. Mia Mar- Maria. She's, she's good. Maria Marsha. Maria, Maria Marsha. Yeah. 
That's probably not her name. Martha Mariana, Marcy Mariana Marsha. Martha Marcy May Marlene, yeah. <laughs> cool. But yeah, I like that movie. All right. Henry, what's your number five? Number five film. Uh, it's uh, a very a very underlooked film. Uh, uh, Mykia Monroe. It's uh, a... <laughs> Mykia Monroe. No wonder oh, no yeah, one can yeah. remember it. <laughs> um, Is that a name? Isn't that a store? Everyone knows Mykia. Mykia. Mykia, I don't Mykia know. Mykia made my, 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 my coffee table. Um... Yeah, my number five film was a film that was very underlooked, uh, and it might just be on my top five just because of how underlooked it was. Yeah. Because it's something, a film that I've literally heard <laughs> no one talk about, but it was nominated for a Golden Globe, and I'm really glad about that because it was a very big surprise for me. Let's see if Steve has also seen it. He might have actually. <laughs> just, just, just as we're um, there for your other one. My number five film is 99 Homes. All those in Come be better than that. Let's get cooking. What? Sheriffs are here. Why are they here? My name's Rick Carver. I'm a licensed real estate broker. This home has been foreclosed on. No, this I is not happening. I need you, your mom, and your son to step off the property. Just... This is not your home. Mr. Carver, please, please don't. Sir, you have two minutes. Pack whatever belongings you need. Oh, my God. Does he have to stand there while she packs up? Is that right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do you plan on staying for a while? Just a couple nights. Out. I got no choice. You kicked me out yesterday. I didn't kick you out. The bank did. Did you do construction? I'll pay $50 cash. Are you kidding me? $50 shouldn't be a joke to you, son. What are you doing with him? I gotta work, you know? Because I want my home back. Don't get emotional about real estate. No, that's my family home. If you want her. I need to know that I have someone who can handle any situation 24 7. Are you putting notices on my window? When you work for me, your mind. This is serious money. Do you want to double what you made? Are we stealing? Is this stealing? Feels a bit like trouble. What do you think it was going to mean working for me? Mr. Tanner, hate to say it, your eviction is scheduled for the day. You kick people out of their houses so I can put a roof over your head and I can put food in his mouth. Is this all worth it? Don't be soft. You think America gives a flying rat's ass about you or me? Mm-mm. America doesn't bail out the losers. You kick me and my family out of our home? I don't know you! I know you! America was built by bailing out winners. By rigging a nation of the winners, for the winners, by the winners. One in a hundred's gonna get on that ark, son. Every other poor soul's gonna drown. Another movie that I want to watch but didn't. Oh, ah, yeah. nicely done, Henry. Yeah. So what is this movie? Uh, it has Andrew Garfield as the lead and Michael Shannon as the sporting actor. Cool. Um, Spider-Man? Uh, yeah. Um, Spider-Man and Zod? <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird film. Um, so, uh... Essentially, Andrew Garfield plays like a guy that like is a construction worker who like goes from job to job, but is like always in debt and is impoverished. He also lives with his mom and his uh, I think it's his son or it's his son or his daughter, and uh, they all live in one house. And his mom is played by uh, oh, what's her name? Marcia Marson, uh, daughter of Bruce Dern, uh, Laura Dern. Yeah, uh, gotcha. and uh, so they doing that kind of thing. And then Michael Shannon comes to the house one day and is like, hey. Your house is mine now. 
you have 30 seconds to get, or 30 minutes to get as much as your stuff, and then you have to get out. Shit. Uh, and he essentially forecloses on them. Yeah. And so it's about how like, they get all their stuff, and they have to move into, like, a motel. And then, uh, like, Andrew Garfield goes to yell at Michael Shannon to get what he's going to find. And, like, then, like, Michael Shannon gets, like, a call of, like, there's another house that he's foreclosing on that, like, the tenants moved out before they, did, they like, broke all the pipes. Mm. And so he says, listen, if you come with me and help do this house, I'll pay you, like, 500 bucks. And so he goes with them, and it's about how Andrew Garfield ends up working for Michael Shannon. But he wants to do it in secret because he doesn't want to piss off, like, his family and everyone else who lives in the motel who was pretty much everyone else who's been foreclosed on. Yeah. And so it's the story of, like, him becoming everything that he hates and, like, him dealing with that. Huh. Extremely well acted, extremely well written. Uh, some of the set design is really cool for just, like, the houses that, like, are, like, the big mansions that they're able to buy from doing the foreclosing and just the houses that they have to destroy in order to, like, get the money. Yeah. It's just really well done. The acting is superb. Uh, Michael Shannon was nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor, and I'm really hoping he somehow gets nominated for the Oscar, but I have a feeling he won't. Um, yeah, it's just a really well done film. It's just, I don't know. It's like, it makes you hate how the house, like how the market works just with the big short too. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things, like, I don't fully understand how it works, but like, I know <laughs> enough to be mad at it. Yeah. So... So yeah, though ninety nine homes. Your list is very cool. Pointing out all these movies that I just didn't get a chance to see this year. Well, I mean, all of the, um, like a lot of the films on your list too are films that I meant to see too. <laughs> so, like, so yeah, uh, that's my film. And a lot of the movies on both of your lists are the movies that I didn't know existed, and so <laughs> we'll be glad to come through over the next couple of months. Yeah. So very cool. Very cool. Brad, what's Steve's number five film for you? Uh, refresh my memory again because I, I don't remember. Let's take a walk down memory lane, Brad. <laughs> Sam Man. Oh yeah, that's right. Wow. Imagine a soldier the size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. If you give godlike powers to everyone, it's gonna be chaos. So how do we stop him? By knowing I. Scott, I've been watching you for a while. You're different. And I believe everyone deserves a shot at redemption. Do you? Absolutely. My days of breaking into places and stealing stuff are over. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some stuff. Makes sense. Are you ready to become a hero? Now, this suit has power. You have to learn how to control it. And these are your greatest allies. You're kind of cute. Whoa. When you're small, you have superhuman strength. You like a bullet. So you need to know how to punch. You want to show me how to punch? Show me how to punch. That's how you punch. You tried to hide your suit from me. Now, it's gonna blow up in your face and destroy everyone you care about. Scott, get out of there! Did you think you could stop the future? You're just a thief! No. A man-man. I know. Wasn't my idea.
is like a red letter day. You put a you put a Marvel movie on your list, and I didn't. Man. Oh yeah. Um, that's a good movie. I, I had like no expectations for Ant Man coming out. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a DC guy, so when Marvel movies come out, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll but he grew on you. <laughs> and this review's over. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, it was fun. Um, uh, again, like I tried to see the drive-in and uh opening weekend and it was so packed that i had to go to northfield theaters down the street um and but i i ended up watching the first 10 minutes like across the street with like the like looking down and just using the radio you know <laughs> just hearing what happened so i heard, uh, saw all of uh uh michael douglas's opening scene and then uh yeah, then the cops came and like told us to leave. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. And then, uh, yeah, it was fun. It's a, uh, um, you know, it's, it's funny. It's uh, yeah. I want to say it's um, like the action's not. It's cool that he the way they have him shrink and regrow in the final battle scene. But I wouldn't say it's like it's choreographed too ambitiously. Mm-hmm. Other than that, so, um, but the fact that they play with like different size relationships, like that's cool. Um and creative uh, but it's not as bombastic as like the avengers or something so it still has that small scale um and yeah just like uh i was surprised to find out that a lot of the stuff that i thought was edgar wright's ideas that got left over were actually um shoot who's the peyton reed peyton reed's um contribution so uh, a lot of that movie isn't edgar wright which is impressive so it's just a fun movie and it's yeah. it's basically a heist movie mm-hmm. um and you know there's lots of comedic moments in it and i think you're right i think the smaller scale helps the film a lot um like a lot of superhero films it's yeah. it's always like saving the world saving the world and yeah it's just like trying to stop like a corporate the, takeover to, corporate takeover yeah well and like the, the last action scene is to protect his daughter it's not you know it's not in a giant complex where he's got to blow up the building or anything like it's you know or floating yeah. island it's literally a fight in his daughter's playroom yeah. Um, which I think is my pretty cool. favorite joke might actually be when he brings that horrible-looking bunny doll <laughs> yeah. to her for her birthday. She's like, it's ugly. I love it. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm in for this uh, ride. Yeah, or, you know, um, I, I still love this scene, too, where Hope finds out about uh, his her mom. And she's like, why could you have told me earlier? And then they're crying and stuff. And then Paul Rudd ruins the moment. He's yeah. like, I'm going to go make waffles. <laughs> he just leaves. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh. it's great. That's a fun thing. Yeah. Really glad they decided to make a sequel to the two before Infinity War. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a cool movie. Steve, you're number Ooh. five. My number five is a, a movie that I think Henry might be the only person that saw it, and I know he didn't really enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> so I might be alone here. Uh, entertainment. Why? 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 Good boy, you do you try your best? You do the swear show it, but it doesn't matter because you're trying. You're getting yourself out there, and you're trying to tell jokes and make people happy. That's what's important. So sit there and paste a smile on your face and have some fun. That's what it's all about, folks. Having fun, forgetting your problems, and you people have a lot of problems. Hooting and hollering and laughing and loving life. Bad news. Bad news. 
Where do you want to be? Where's this leading to? I mean, where's the growth potential? If there's a chance for what you hope for and you dream for and you plan for, how can you stand Which is also a trailer that has almost no dialogue. In it. So, I uh, hope you enjoyed say, listening I to that. Like, strongly dislike it. I understand. Just, just put the themed entertainment tonight on it. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy the message they were saying. So. Sure, it's sure. a very, very well-made film. Right. It just that what they were going for, they definitely succeeded, and I don't like that they succeeded. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> one of the reasons why I like Rick Alverson is because, like, he is. And he said this kind of stuff, and, like, he fully believes that as a director, it's not his job to, like, give you training wheels and, like, hold your hand and, like, yeah. make all the characters, like... Because like, people say, like, oh, his characters are so, like, abusive and, and terrible, and, like, he never, like, redeems them. He's like, well, it's not my job to redeem them. It's a judgment call on your part as a viewer to really interact with these characters and to really, like, interact with what's going on and, like, these relationships and these scenes you're watching to have more of an active viewing rather than just, like let your mind just kind of float, like, and like turn off and like, let it float throughout and like, just be like, yeah, that was, a, that was a movie. You know, like it's, his movies aren't like just a movie. It's like, right. it's an actual, like kind of like, it's <laughs> looking at yourself and finding like what you, where your compass is inside and really seeing like, are, are, are what these people are doing? Like, is it, is it as, as abusive? And if it is, what does that mean for like what I think and, and what, what I, how I perceive the world around me and these, these different people. And, um, and so, briefly, entertainment, it's about this, like, aging comedian played by Greg Turkington, a.k.a. Neil Hamburger, who's going through the desert on these, like, really terrible gigs. And his set is, like, is, like, borderline abusive. Like, he just, like, is, like, he just, like, is making fun of the crowd and is, like, really has these, like, terrible, like, gross jokes. And Ty Sheridan, who's a very young actor but is, like, very mature in this movie and is, like, the most mature character in the, and yep. the most together character in the movie who you mentioned on the last episode we were on, but he's, like, Obviously, a better comedian yeah. than the than the Neil Hamburger character, or a more mainstream comedian. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's he plays like a kind of like a uh, like a hobo clown kind of like like Harpo Marx kind of character. Um, it's great, um, but yeah, it's it's very it's yeah it's a beautiful film. Um, I think it, it on all the things that yeah like that Rick Alverson and, and the crew and what they're trying to do. Um, I think I think they are successful in achieving that, and um, it's not at all an easy movie to watch. Yeah, um, it's not at all a happy-go-lucky movie. Um, Ryan's looking out the window, just waiting to move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I'll say about well, that's it. That's rude. Um, the the comedy, his movie he did before this, is it's the same way, but like that movie is very much about like the anti-American dream, where it's like you become so rich and so affluent that 
your time is just full of like this is what do you do with your time and just it's these characters that's just gonna fuck around and a lot of people hated that movie and people were like demanding apologies from Rick Alverson. He was like, This is this is your hang up. Like the reason you have a problem with the movie is because something is something you're not dealing with something for yourself, which I fully believe in. Everything you're describing is what I hate about independent filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I... I, I think exactly I pretentious think good... pretentious um if no, you don't like not... it it's your problem it, no it, that that is not a pretentiousness thing that is like a, no I, how, I actually... you can't tell me how i feel i think it's pretentious <laughs> well, fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you i want to see the film <laughs> <laughs> thanks buddy you want to bring i will say like cause even though i like i didn't like what it was saying and sure. that kind of thing i will say it is one of the best shot films I've ever seen. The cinematography in this film is absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. Cause like one of the main problems I had with like Hateful Eight is that like even though it was filmed on seventy millimeter, they didn't do a lot with the composition. Sure, absolutely. Like it had like cool shots, but nothing extraordinary. Yep. This film had like some of the best composition shots I've ever seen. Yeah. And, so, and it, that's what part of it what bothered me is that like that was so good for what kind of story they were telling. Sure, so. Sure. Absolutely. And I can understand like why you like it. Just like mm. it's definitely not my cup of tea. No, yeah, so. no, yeah, and that, that's 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 a through line through all of this filmmaker's films. A yeah. lot of people, it's just like it's really love it or hate it. Mm. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. I'm just a filmmaker artist. <sighs> Next time, I'm gonna cut my wrists on screen and let the blood flow out, and you can interpret <laughs> what it means. Oh, <laughs> just like on that note, for the whole birth, <laughs> yeah. for the whole like scene in the bathroom where he meets the woman who's giving birth. Yeah. What did you? Because th- I mean, when I saw, it, I thought like, okay, is that just them trying to be like? I because I thought it was like from the supposed to be overinterpreted, and because I, I thought like that's like the typical Sundance like huge symbolism scene. Mm-hmm. Did you? What did you interpret that scene as? I, I interpreted that scene as similar to his interaction with Michael Sarah and also yeah. Amy Simons, where uh-huh. it's because he's out in the desert and he's like, you know, he's basically at the last leg of his career almost. Like, I love how it deals with like interactions with strangers. And like, cause obviously we've had a lot of interactions in our own lives with strangers and like, you know, sometimes it's like, you might, but I, I stay away from them. Oh yeah, sure. Cause you listen to your my, parents. My yeah. mom told me yeah. not to. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's like, so yeah, sometimes it's very like inane, but also sometimes it's like, well, that was kind of a weird interaction I just had with this guy at this thing or like in like a public restroom or something. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know if there's really too much to interpret from it. Um, aside <laughs> from just like, you know, this woman is, is like, he hears screaming in the next bathroom over and he goes into the women's room and she's like basically in labor and there's no one there. So he like is basically like the doctor slash midwife and like helps this woman give birth. And it's kind of hard to tell. I don't know if you could tell, but it's kind of hard to tell whether the baby actually lives or not. Cause it's like, yeah, I thought, yeah, okay. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's like, he's holding the baby and it's like quiet, but it doesn't like look dead, but just like silent. So it's like, it's kind of hard to tell like if he was like successful or if the, the birth was like, kind of like a like it was like a failed birth where the baby didn't end up making it but like the mom survives so there's like blood all over the i don't know just more stuff that ryan hates but um, um the only birthing scene i like is in orca when they <laughs> capture the mom well and she gives birth to a dead calf and it goes in the water and then the dad's like Rawr! and he starts attacking him <laughs> anyone else seen orca they kill her well james you're in a- <laughs> <laughs> i think you can stream it on amazon right now for free my, uh, it's a horrible Jaws ripoff. My number five is a slapstick comedy called No. Uh, my number five is a repeat. It's Steve Jobs. Um, nice. Because I really like Steve Jobs. He likes Turtlenecks. Like and I uh, no, I don't actually like Steve. Steve Jobs, I actually don't like. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the one where Wozniak and, and Jobs are in the garage, and Woz is like, "Why would you build a closed system? Like this is a horrible idea, and this is really a bad thing for customers." And I'm like, "Yeah, yes, thank you, Wozniak." Like, yeah, let me use my iPhone. 
Oh, what a I just bought a MacBook yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're all a part of the problem. Good. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, it's a it's a really great movie, um, and uh, some of the best performances, I think, for me. Um, and yeah, my my favorite scene of the movie is the one in which you know you've you've been following all of these characters and how they interact with him, and uh, Kate Winslet's character in the first two acts is like always trying to push him into situations he doesn't necessarily like. Like, she's the one who's like, hey, you have to go talk to your ex-wife or, you know, baby, mama, whatever. Um, you have to go talk to her. You have to talk to Andy. You know, you, like, you have to figure some of these things out. But you also have to be on time for this thing to start. Um, and so she's sort of the – she's the driving force in, force in those first two pieces. And in that last sequence where she's, like – she's telling him, like, you have to fix this thing. Like – this thing with your daughter has gotten so fucked up and you have to be the one to fix it. And he's like, he just does his normal, like, no, fuck, I don't want to deal with the thing. And she just starts taking his shit and throwing it on the floor because she she genuinely cares enough about him, but she hates the things about him that keep him from being really great, right? Like, she sees greatness in him, but even at this level he's at where he's about to do some really amazing shit, um, like, as much as she believes in him, she also knows all the things that are wrong with him and it's so frustrating um, and that scene and the way that tension gets released is just so great. Um, so yeah, I, I love Steve Jobs. It's a great movie. So you love Steve Jobs. I love the movie Steve Jobs. Shit. Um, so we're in number four, right? Yeah. Number four. You're number four. Um, when I think of someone going across the desert and being an entertaining movie, I don't think of this, uh, film, uh, that, I'm, I'm, that Steve, uh, subjected us to. <laughs> Um, I think of Mad Max Fury Road. I'm gonna hurt you. In this wasteland, I am the one who runs from both the living and the dead. A man reduced to a single instinct. Survive.
wow, this movie's badass. That's a great fucking movie, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised it's like only number four. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Henry. Uh, uh, fuck you guys, I don't give a shit. Um, uh, no, the the movie's cool. I mean, it's literally a race to somewhere and then a race back, and cool shit happens. Like, dude, there's a guy who plays a guitar that shoots fire. Yeah. yeah I don't know game. why. Yeah. <laughs> but it, he does. I, I, I know why. Because it made me giddy as all hell. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, another movie with a strong female character. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, lot of, a couple a lot of female of, yeah. strong female I, characters. Yeah. yeah. I actually like the, the character I am more interested in is actually Splendid. Um, the thing that I'll, I'll talk about it later because it's a little higher on my list. But Splendid for me is, is actually the thing that sort of wins me over on that movie. It's also an awesome movie. Yeah. But, man. No, everything in the movie is pretty awesome. I, yeah. It's cool when you go into a movie. I mean, the trailer sold me on the movie already. Yeah. But when you go into it and you realize how much more it is and, you know, people swinging on poles <laughs> to get on the car and getting shot and yeah. murdered is pretty awesome. That is a movie where, like, the execution is extremely important. And for them to, like... Dream up all this crazy stuff and be able to execute it as well as they do and create a movie that is as tight and and fucking cool as that movie is, is really fantastic. Yep. Yep. And I mean, there's just moments, too. I just recently watched it. The part where um, they look and they see all those things coming and then, you know, Max is like, I'll be back. And he goes <laughs> and then he comes back and he's all like fucked up and he, I don't know what he did. Yeah. I want to see that story. Maybe that's, you know. A, a one shot they'll do when they release a super collector's edition. I don't know. Um, but it's cool that they also don't show you because you want to know what he did. Yeah. But that you don't know also adds to the mystery of his character and how badass he is. Yeah. So yeah, Mad Max really Fury cool. Road. That's a cool movie. Looks great in 3D too. Yep. Maybe we'll talk about it some more later. Maybe. Henry, what was your number four? My number four film and, uh, you probably don't need to play the trailer for because I think it's all in Spanish. Um, <laughs> it's uh, one of my favorite documentaries of all time. It's not my favorite. It's not my number one, but it's definitely in my top five at least. <laughs> um, it's a when I think about like in the movie, like there are moments when I thought like, "Wow, this is a documentary." Uh, so my number four film is Cartel Land. There's an imaginary line out there between. Right and wrong, good and evil. I believe what I am doing is good, and what I'm standing up against is evil. It's the cartels. They're the ones terrorizing their own country, and now they're starting to do it over here. The cartel scouts keep getting away. They're taking back what is theirs from the cartel. This way it should be done up here, too. Anybody touches me, drop them. You savvy? Did any of you see Cartel Land? No. Oh, it was a film that like I didn't even know. Like it was my like my other film friend was like, "Hey, we should go see this." I had never even heard of it. Did you see it at? Was it the uh... C? Oh, you saw it at C. Okay, because yeah, yeah. I think the the Shea or some other smaller landmark. Yeah, played I'm it sure it was, it, yeah. probably have at some yeah. point too. Uh, it's a fascinating documentary. Uh, 
it follows uh, it follows two storylines, but like one a lot more than the other one. Uh, the one that's interesting and the one they follow the most is uh, it's of this group in Mexico of like this like small town and like these two kind of older kind of guys who lead like a resistance against the cartel. So like whenever the cartel comes to the town, they will fight back, and uh, it's really fascinating. Like just like as like a filmmaker who like has made like few kind of stupid documentaries in the past. It's mind-boggling how much danger these filmmakers were in. Like, it's, like, it's shocking how much, like, violence happens in this film for, like, a documentary. Hmm. Like, throughout the film, I thought, how have you not been killed yet? Like, it, like, wow. it's just one of those, that kind of thing, like, I'll catch myself. It's so shot so beautifully as well that, like, I, it's, it's just mind-blowing that they did that. Like, how can, how can you be in this, in this situation and be like, oh, man, it'd be really cool if we could get this from that angle over yeah, there? Yeah, or, or like, or like, cause I guess, like, they had, like, four cameras going at the same time. Oh, okay. That means there are four dudes! Yeah, at least. Oh, um, sheesh. And it's, like, one of those things that, like, uh... If one gets killed, they have three backups. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man! Um, but, like, I'll, like, I would, like, catch myself, like, in the middle of a scene, I'll be like, oh, wait, this is a documentary, fuck. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Um... But, like, another thing I think is really interesting is that you see, like, those two kind of older guys as they, like, kind of become, slowly become corrupt. Mm-hmm. Which is really fascinating because, like, throughout the film, and I don't know if the directors planned this or if it just worked out this way, but throughout the film you can see, like, posters of, like, Che Guevara in the background. And the two guys very much follow, like, the life path of Che Guevara and, uh, what's his name? Dictator of Cuba. Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it very much follows, like, their life path as well. Mm-hmm. And so it just... I don't, I don't know if like the directors like planned that at all, but like, cause I don't think that you possibly could with a documentary, but it's just fascinating to me that like it happened that way. So. Interesting. Cool. It's a really interesting documentary. If you can check it out, I definitely would. Cartel so. Land. Yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. Man. So, yeah, that's my number four. Cool. Very cool. Brad? Alright, I actually do remember what my number four is, but Steve, go ahead and tell everybody. Are you sure you don't want to? No, go no. for it. It's the envelope's four. What do we do in the shadows? Everyone, a We're gonna have a little flat meeting in the kitchen. Okay. When you get the four vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. We'll do it, One of the unfortunate things about not having a reflection is you don't know exactly what you look like. I go for a look which I call dead but delicious. Hello, ladies. Vladislav used to be extremely powerful. He would kill anybody, burning everything. It's totally great. This is my torture chamber. Great orgies. 20, 30 women. He could hypnotize crowds of people. My name is Nick. I've been a vampire for two months. <laughs> the neighbors can see you flying around. You want to draw attention to this house? Hmm? You've got a whole documentary crew following you around. I came to this country for love. Some people freak out a bit about the age difference. They think, what's this 96-year-old lady doing with a guy four times her age? They can call me Cradle Snatcher. Who cares? Ooh, bad vibes. Bad vibes. I can 
smell? Werewolves. Why don't you girls smell your own crutches? Huh? Bitch. Go square. Yeah. What are we? Werewolves, not swearwolves. private secret society, mate. You don't go bringing your bloody cameras into everything. You will not eat the camera mate, guy. Maybe I'm one camera guy. here. Trying to report a, a rather large amount of shrieking. Smells a bit weird in here too. What do you call that? Barbecue. So this actually, is a fun mockumentary. Yeah, I actually yeah. thought that was my most clever tweet of the year. <laughs> I tweeted out that uh, vampires give New Zealand documentary crew unparalleled access to their lives. <laughs> um, yeah, the movie's awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I kind of wish this came out more around the Twilight craze because. Oh yeah. Uh, it. it yeah, it probably would have done better. Yeah, um, it's a really funny look. It's just like if vampires really existed. Are you telling people that you're a vampire? Not that many people. <laughs> so I'm a vampire. <laughs> the convenience store. And he's yeah, like, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, um, if you haven't seen it, the documentary crew falls around these vampires from New Zealand, uh, and they're just they hang out. <laughs> try to go to clubs but they have me invited into the clubs <laughs> to like hang out um and so they only really end up going to this one all the time where they know a guy um and i think one of my like this the clever examination of this vampire lore um one of my favorite gags is when they're trying to dress up to go out to the clubs but because vampires can't see themselves in the mirror they have to draw themselves <laughs> to see what they look like like if they look good or not um That's so good um, <laughs> when he skypes with his uh, former uh, servant, yeah. he's like, "You said you turned me into a vampire. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go now." Yeah. <laughs> now they abuse their servants, like promising them eternal life, and then just uh, Tonight, totally reneging I was on turn it. you into a vampire. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know th- they're at war with the werewolves. <laughs> um, yeah, just really fun it's uh, silly. humor. Yeah, it's silly. But it's one of those movies where you don't. You know, really laugh out loud a lot. Yeah, but you're it's, constantly it's very entertained. Yeah. So you're, yeah, I'm laughing in my, in my brain more <laughs> than just laughing out loud. Um, yeah. What do you guys think of them making a sequel like that? They said they kind of want to do. I'm down. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. Is, I mean, is it a, is it a werewolf? Yeah, it's, it's good. They say when they're going to call it what we do in the moonlight. And it's going to be about the werewolves. Yeah, so. yeah it's about Ooh. the werewolf because I think they covered most everything with the the vampires. Yeah, stuff, yeah. So. The swearwolves. Yeah. <laughs> Don't swear. You want to be a swearwolf? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that guy, that what movie, movie. Uh, The Dandy Vampire, what movie is he directing? He's directing a big Marvel movie, isn't he? Thor. Oh. Thor, yeah, he's directing yeah. Thor. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh. Be fun. Interesting. But he's done a lot of directing. I looked up his IMDb page. Is it Taika? Yeah. 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 I, I don't want to mispronounce it. Yeah, it's like Taika Waititi or something like that. Yeah, he's doing a Marvel movie. That's awesome. Good for him. Cool. So yeah, you got what we do in the shadows. <laughs> what's, what's their friend, their book. human friend name that they love a lot? Oh, Stuart? Yeah, Stuart. Stuart. Yeah. 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 Stuart, it's not your fault. You're cool. This <laughs> fucking guy right here. <laughs> do, do the trick. Do the trick. You're eating worms. <laughs> <laughs> I want some spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> you haven't done the dishes in like five years. <laughs> and the cops come over and they like like mind cloud them <laughs> yeah. and they can't see like people floating. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cops tell them like, this isn't only 
uh, rated for safety and stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we, we should change that. <laughs> God, I just watched it like a week ago. What's the bad vampire? Like the old, really old vampire? Oh, the Nosferatu one. The Nosferatu. Uh, oh yeah, Peter. I think Peter. Yeah, yeah. Peter sounds right. You yeah. killed Peter, and that's bad. And like the vampire hunter's face is all smashed, <laughs> and dead. Or the it looks like he had too much to drink. Yeah, we won't leave him down here. It's what, cold. What's his name from Flight of the Concords? Like he has this ongoing grudge with the uh, the Beast. The Beast. <laughs> beast. You think the whole time that like the Beast is like this Uber vampire or something? <laughs> yeah, it's just his ex girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, he's like so dehydrated at one point from like yeah. <laughs> he gets pissed because she was named like oh, fuck I can't really remember the name of like yeah. the lord of the dance they go to mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's great <sighs> yeah that's good that's so. a good one Steve uh, my number four didn't have as many laughs as what we do in the shadows it was Carol <laughs> dearest There are no accidents, and no explanation I offer will satisfy you. I like that. You seek resolutions because you're young. But you will understand this one day. How many times have you been in love? You're always the most beautiful woman in the room. Belavet. Carol. Tell me you know what you're doing. I never did. And then it changed. She's still my wife. I love her. I can't help you with that. It shouldn't be like this. I know. me I can't see my daughter everything comes full circle we gave each other the most breathtaking of gifts Lesbians. <laughs> also, a movie about vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, did anyone see Carol? Yeah, I did. Did you like it? I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. That's like because I along like from my top ten list, I know I'm not going to be like Oscar films. Sure. So that's the one I'm definitely rooting for at the Oscars. Yeah. So. No, I really loved Carol. Quick, quick note, real quick. Uh, so I was when I was at Telluride <laughs> and I was working and I was working in this venue that's like a library. And so when people come in, you have to keep them quiet because the screening room is basically just like a small room to the right of the entrance. Yeah. And so Todd Haynes came in to the director to do like this UCLA like student symposium thing upstairs in the top floor of the library. And this girl I was working with had no idea who he was. And I was like, Oh my God, I love Todd Haynes. He came in and she told him to shut up. And I seriously almost like ripped her face off. Like, don't you dare tell Todd Haynes to shut up. I got so, I got so mad. And I just want to be like, like, I love Superstar. Like, and if you haven't seen Superstar, like, I think you can, like, really only find it on, like, like crappy bootleg versions online. But, like, mm-hmm. it's this The Will story- Ferrell movie? Yeah, I was going to say, are you talking about the one from SNL? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Superstar. No, no, not Superstar. <laughs> okay. uh, Superstar, it's the, it's the, uh, um, God, I'm blanking on her name. The guy who walks across a star trying he, to find his life. No. Uh, 
Who, who sang the Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? I don't know. I listen to bluegrass music. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So it's her story told through Barbie dolls, and it goes through like her her eating disorders and everything. It's told totally through Barbie dolls, and she was sued by Mattel and and her, and her family. And Karen Carpenter. It's Karen Carpenter's story. Uh, they they were sued by the Carpenters. It's it's an amazing short film. Uh, they did it long ago. But um, what I liked about Carol is it stop motion, or is it just a dude holding two Barbie dolls? No, it's slapping literally, it's literally like, like 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 he makes these small miniature sets and she is a Barbie doll and like as she goes through her like anorexia he like shaves the Barbie doll down and like it's it's oh. really like kind of it's kind of insane but uh yeah because it's very like truthful like a lot of people involved in like all the different elements really didn't like it so that's why it's, it got kind of buried um but huh. I think he screened it at, as like a secret screening at some festival like a few years ago huh. um but so if you can get a chance to, to find it find it <laughs> um but yeah I loved Carol and um I loved the performances and um, it was. It's not like a story where it's like, oh, it's going to happen next. It's just like a, a really lovely story about um, a relationship forming and um, these two characters that are very like in different different moments of their lives, kind of coming coming together. Um, and I love how like he, Todd Haynes is really good about directing your eye in shots and like he, there's a lot of like everything seemed very like narrow and squeezed, which I felt helped add to the kind of like pressure and like the sexual tension of the film. Um, it's yeah, it's absolutely it's it's absolutely gorgeous, and it's a lot of people didn't like it because they thought it was kind of slow or boring. But I actually really liked the pacing of it. Yeah, I don't I know did. if you felt the same way. No, like, I, I love the pacing. I love just watching the story unfold, you know. And um, again, like it's 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 no Mad Max Fury Road, but at the same time, it's that's it's a just, good that's a good movie. That's it's a, a good movie. movie Steve, but at the same time, I really I really just loved sitting in the theater and and just letting it happen. Yeah, you know. So cool. I thought it was it was great. I liked it a lot. Very cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm also rooting for yeah. for that one to get a lot of uh, a lot of awards. I think yeah. it deserves it. Like I feel because I mean like for the Oscars, did they submit both of them for for best lead actress, or did they submit one for? I think I think they should have, but I think uh, yeah. the lead went to uh, yeah, and then the um, supporting went to no supporting went to Rooney, yeah Rooney Mara yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. um, it's like one of those things like. I thought both of them were like the best female performances of the year. Yeah, but even if only one gets nominated, it's not going to win because it's such a subtle performance as well. They were, yeah. That's the thing too is it, the movie is very, it's very, very subtle. Yeah. Oh, so they they did, another they... reason why a lot of people felt kind of like, eh, just because it was very like. It's very subtle. Neither of them like wears a prosthetic nose or pretends they murdered no. someone or no. like. No. Oh man. Yep. Yeah, you can't win best supporting actress or best actress if you don't do some of that. Because like, there's not at like, least the nose, yeah. man. At least put. You really got because they're both very pretty women. You to, to win best best actor or actress, you really have to like take a beautiful woman and then put some makeup on her, and make her less look not as That's pretty. Not true. Rooney um, Mara would know. She was nominated for Girl in the Dragon Tattoo. So. That's true. That's true. She yeah, buried all in that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's literally not like a scene where like they explode and scream or anything like that. It's very much like a very like because I thought, like the pacing worked well because it's like how it kind of felt like too, like the kind of waviness of like a relationship. Yeah, kind of it's very organic. Yeah, is what I liked. About like, I don't think it, like uh, some people are saying like, it's the greatest LGBT film of all time. I don't know if I'd say that. I, th- no. I still think Louis Warm's no. Color is the best portrayal of a lesbian relationship. No. Besides it being exploitative. Well, yeah, but, that too. But, like, uh, it's, I, it definitely has its problems. But, like, that's probably, like, the one where I still feel the best about. Sure. Uh, but Carol is definitely a close second, so. Mm. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, Carol, great film. Yeah, good movie. All right. Glad you liked it, Henry. I'm going to give you guys your own spinoff. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, my number four is a repeat. My number four is Inside Out, uh, which is a great movie. Um... 
yeah, I I don't know. I don't think I have much to add to this one since we talked about it before, but uh, I really liked it. So, um, yeah. Is that the first time I've ever had Amy Poehler on my list? Yeah. Probably is. Man. You love her, though. If, uh, if you I, to- I have learned to like Parks and Recreation this year. Um, You've learned to like it? Uh, yeah, well, because I don't like Amy Poehler's face. Like, her face makes things not funny to me. And so, um, weird. Yeah, I know. It's bizarre. It's a totally me thing. Like, I understand. Like, she's very talented. She's, yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't know what it is. I, I genuinely, mean, like Reese Witherspoon, something about her chin bothers the fuck out of me. I don't know. It's like, I see Amy Poehler and I'm just like, baby mama. Maybe a and woman like, who I just... looks like her dropped you at the hospital when you're born. <laughs> <laughs> you're traumatized and don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. She just makes things not funny. But, uh, but now I, I, I really like it. Um, but I just I just don't like the parts with her in it. So, you know. Um, but Inside Out, that's a great movie. Because I don't have to see her face. She's really funny in that movie. Because yeah. her face is in it. Yeah. That's really horrible. Yeah, it is. I'm a bad person. You're a horrible person. <laughs> I can't help it, though. I just... I just that's I, your emotions for that. She makes me not... So did you not makes, like Sisters, then? I didn't see... Oh, why would I see Sisters? It came out uh, on Christmas Day of 2015 when there was Star Wars. <laughs> I didn't know Sisters existed... I really didn't. Like, really? Well, yeah. Not at all? No. Wow. It, I go to the Alamo, they only show me the trailers for the movies I'm supposed to see. The, the fact that it came out the same weekend as Star Wars, again, I don't, I don't know if that was, I really don't know if that was planned or if it was an accident or what, but like. How could it be an accident, Steve? Who didn't know? Who's the person who's like, I'm planning when movies come out and they're like, you know what, James? Oh, shit, what? <laughs> What's a Star Wars? James, I didn't know that was important. You would be surprised, James. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but honestly, it's just like, yeah. I mean, I think I mean, like it did pretty well, like the week of Christmas, but like, I mean, the week before, like nothing. Even even when we we had when we had plenty of shows of it, no one was going. Everyone was yeah. going to see Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, like I remember, I went to like the one like one showing you had of Sisters like on that same weekend, mm-hmm. and like the theater was like. It was like half full, but it was also like your smallest theater. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. So that's where Point Break is showing right now. Yeah. Ryan, what's your number three? Point Break. It's total commitment. It's a real thin line between life and death. And not a It's not tragic to die doing what you love. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't forget to vote. You want to nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf? Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. He'll take you to the edge. Past it. It's going to be a great day, Johnny. Do you think taxpayers would like it, Utah, if they knew that they were paying a federal agent to surf and pick up girls? Babes. Big one. The correct term is babes, sir. Whoa! Adios, amigo! <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, well, I'm really sad that I didn't get to see that before before the I'm top not, ten. The I'm pretty sure older than in our bottom <laughs> ten. So. Yeah. Um, my number three is a repeat. Also, it's Ex Machina. Ooh, that's a good movie. Yeah, well, that's a great that. movie. Yeah. yeah. So, <coughs> so fuck cool. you, Henry. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Henry, come on. I was gonna. It was gonna be Fifty Shades of Grey, but. <laughs> 
Uh, we lie about that. I can defend that film. Like, no, you can't. Shades of well, I can, def- I can that's defend. I, that's when I have people on like defend Twilight for me, and they they try to, and I'm like, it's still not working. <laughs> well, like my only defense of it is that like it's a it's a horrible film, but for what they had to work with, they did probably oh, the best oh. they could. Oh, yeah, no. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, yeah. told the story before on the podcast. I read an interview with a screenwriter, and she actually has been nominated for Academy Awards. Yeah, she basically said the, the story's a piece of shit. I just yeah, yeah, and I can, I, I can only do so much. That's I can guarantee you all the f- sequels they're making are going to be worse. Because with this film, at least they were trying to make it good, and then yeah. all of them who could left have left, and those that can't leave don't want to be there. So <laughs> My yeah. wife said, because she read the book, and she told me it was garbage. I read the book, too. It's really cool garbage. Um, <laughs> but uh, she, uh, uh, she said, I want to go see the movie. I said, okay. And so my wife tells a story that she would just laugh. Because she knew when horrible parts would come up, and she, <laughs> and she would look at me, and I would do this. I'd like put my head back, and I'd roll my eyes, and, I, and I'd like throw my hands up. And she thought it was the most entertaining thing ever. And you know, I'm usually not. When James is upset in a movie, he's vis- visibly upset. I've never done that until I saw this film, and I was I was sitting in the theater. Like, you can. Did you really just fucking say that? Yeah, like you guys. I remember like you and Brad sitting very still through all of Creature. Whereas, like, Laura and I are sitting next to each other just howling and having the best time. And you guys were just very still. So, yeah, the fact that, like, you would have yeah. to, like, because have that I'm, visceral reaction. Because usually I'm pretty the same. Like, I'm usually the same in a film. Uh, unless yeah. I really enjoy it. And But, yeah. I was like, this is the biggest fucking piece of shit I've ever seen. They say the stupidest shit I've ever seen. This woman falls in love with a guy because he buys her things. And you know what's even worse yep. is that you thought that writing's horrible. The screenwriter is not returning. The person that got to screenwrite the sequel, um, he is the husband of E.L. James, the original author, mm. who has never published a script. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great sign so far. Probably because no one else in Hollywood, they're like, well, this Academy nom- Award-nominated screenwriter, she can't write she it. She couldn't do so- it. So <laughs> it because like, if you look at like the directors they did have for a little bit, that could have been actually really interesting if they let them actually do what they wanted. Yeah, well, even uh, who uh, Scott Taylor Thompson Johnson, right? Scott, I think he was one of them. Yeah, yeah. but they also she, had like go ahead. Yeah, she's like I. She clashed with everybody because yeah. they won't let her do what she wanted to do, and you can tell because the film is shot very boringly. Like, yeah. You know, here's yeah. a camera and two people talking. Yeah, but, like I remember, like Gus Van Sant was originally on board to yeah. make. There was it. a time where it was like Gus Van Sant and Emma uh, Emma Watson was going to be in it, yeah. and you were like, "Holy shit, are they going to take this seriously?" Like. Make like a crazy taboo like yeah, yeah, BDSM yeah. movie. Yeah, that uh, would be pretty insane. Danny Boyle was on it for a little bit. Oh, we'd have trippy sequences. Yeah, Which, I mean that would See, probably that would make be better than the we sex had. Scenes like interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my number three film. Yeah. Fuck um, <laughs> that piece of shit. Um, my my number three film. It's uh, one that Zach loves a lot too. Uh, mm. It's one that I think some people probably didn't like as well. It's, it's sometimes one that I think like very few people actually liked, but I loved it a lot. Uh, my number three film is Stanford Prison Experiment. Would you rather be a guard or a prisoner? I don't think I have the qualities to be a guard. Prisoner. Prisoner, I guess. Prisoner. Sounds like it would be a little less work. Prisoner. What's that? Nobody likes guards. Good afternoon, gentlemen. This experiment will be an extension of my research into the effects prisons can have on human behavior. You're going to be pleased to know that you all have been chosen to be the prison guards. But under no circumstances whatsoever 
physically assault the prisoners in any way. So remember, just as you were watching the prisoners, my graduate staff and I will be watching you. All right, gentlemen, we gonna have ourselves a lot of fun. Rule number one, prisoners must remain silent. This is an exercise period. Okay, is it just me, or are these guys taking this thing a bit too seriously? Why don't you give me 20 push-ups? Look at this guy. He thinks he's John Wayne or something. You address me as Mr. Correctional Officer. This might be an interesting two weeks after all. Why don't you make up your bunk, 8612? I did, Mr. Correctional Officer. Well, that's not what I see. Hey, what are you doing here? Just make that! What was that? You just hit him. You're not supposed to hit him. Should we step in? No. Let the guards figure it out. Let's see where it goes. Good evening, gentlemen. How about we make this one a night to remember? This is all real. They won't let you go. They won't let us leave. Those are not prisoners. Those are not subjects. Those are boys, and you are harming them. that yes oh you did yeah i did did you hate it no uh-huh. uh in fact at one point i was like i could get that into my 10 yeah like, I, I i i can and like it was there yeah. for like a whole day um yeah it's a it's a cool movie no, no. The only was... the only thing working against that movie is the fact that everyone knows that story like, well, I mean, like, like, like the fact that Veronica Mars has done its version of the Stanford Prison Experiment, you're yes. like, oh man! And then you go, you like, so that's like you're carrying that with you, and you go into the movie, and you're like, oh no, this is some real shit. Yeah, like, yeah, no, and the performances. Are it's great. a film that like very much presents the story as it is without really doing much else. Right. But at the same time, I like I wasn't really asking much else for it either. Yeah. Um, it was like I mean, like I loved all the, the. It's probably the best ensemble I've seen all year. Right. Um, of just like. All of the people who play like the students are the people I consider to be like the next big people in Hollywood. Yeah. Um. It just I don't know. I I loved the film. There was like a lot of point because like I mean also I did not know like the exact I knew that it existed. Yeah. But I didn't know the exact story of how it played out. Right. So like when things would happen, I'd be like, Oh, is that no? That's not going to happen. Is that <laughs> like that yeah. kind of thing? So. Oh yeah, man. When it, I mean, the 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 easy part is that like the true events of the story are so extreme that like. You know the fact that it's like, oh, it's this two, it's this two week experiment that they end in six days because it gets so bad that like this guy that they set up is basically being desperate that he will see it through no matter what. Like yeah. he's gonna let this go. Yeah. Um. Even though they raise a lot of good questions about like, like the guy who comes to him is like, you know, this isn't an experiment, right? He's the guy who comes to him. He's like, what's your control? Yeah. Like, or, or no, what's your independent variable? Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the one. The guy comes to him and is like, what's your independent variable? Like you're not running an experiment, you're running a simulation. Yeah. Which is why you've got a guy who spent so much time in prison there to make sure that you are being as like, you know, realistic as you can be. And sure enough, like what you get is just people being kind of horrible. Yeah. Um. It's it's also one of those like I liked like the overall like there's there's not like a message to it, but it's the kind of thing that I really like in film. It's where like 
they ask the film asks the audience, "What would you do in this situation?" Right. And so things that you don't know either, because they show the interviews at the end of the film with the stu- with the students or like the actors. They show the, the actors reenacting the yeah, interviews the from the, yeah. It's and uh, it's that kind of bothered me. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that was so short that it wasn't I yeah pass it. But it's like they said like I didn't think I I I you can't say you wouldn't do it. Because none of them thought they would get there either. Right. Like, none of them thought they would be able to do that. It was just that when they're pushed in that general direction and there's no, like, control or anything like that, then it's hard to hold yourself back. Right. And so, and I, I, just, I like that with those kinds of films, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, you've got, you've got, uh, like, John Wayne, who, like, I mean, John Wayne goes into it, uh, they, 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 they nickname the kid John Wayne, because yeah. he, he ends up being, like, kind of the biggest dick of the, of the cops, He's probably um, the best actor in the entire thing, too. Oh, yeah, he does a great job. Um, and he... Um, Ironically, same kid from Sky High. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. Um, and uh, he's, he's, the one, he's the one in Forbidden Kingdom, right? He's that kid. Is that... I don't know if it's the same guy. Well, is the that, same guy in is Black Irish? Is that him? Uh, he's in... Um, he's guy? definitely in Red State. Think I don't know. He's currently Whatever. in the Nick. Go look. You're trying to find some white kid in one of these. Yeah, films. you know he's that white kid. Anyway, yeah, so. um, so like he he starts off and is basically like, well, my job is to be that cop, um, and he just kind of goes for it, and because no one ever tells him no, it just it just keeps ramping up, um, and his ability to control a room like that first time that he makes them read off their names, their numbers. Um, like that scene is so good. Yeah. Um, because you're watching this guy just like, just figure out very quickly, like, how do you manipulate people? How do you get them to do what you want? And how do you make sure that they never, ever feel like they can step out of the box? Hmm. Um, and the fact that one of the rules is that they can't touch the, the prisoners. At first you think like, like even the prisoners have this like false sense of security where they're like, oh, well then we're fine. Like all they can do is yell at us. Yeah, they can, yeah. and they will find ways to make your life a living hell, even though they cannot touch you. Yeah. Um, it is a really fascinating movie about the way that power can just sort of slip, mm-hmm. um, but slip at a very, very quick pace. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a great great movie. Yeah, cool. Brad, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is a little film called. You might not have heard of this one. Star Wars The Force Awakens. (laughs) Who are you? I'm no one.
dark side. A Jedi. It's calling to you. Hey, that's my number three. Oh, hey, let's talk about it together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like Star Wars, man. <laughs> yeah. I, um... <laughs> Do we leave enough space? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> fine, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's it tons of fun. Um, you know, not the most challenging Star Wars movie, but no, um, it, I think it was good in reviving <laughs> um, the reputation of the franchise. Um, made it fun, uh, and I guess. I don't know. It is an exciting movie that I... It gets the stink off. <laughs> of the franchise. It's like yeah. a nice warm shower. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, a, it's a Band-Aid. There's okay. so much, like, there's so much to read into it. This is one of the... I've said a lot of my piece, and we did a whole episode that was nothing but Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you really want to hear us talk about Star Wars, just roll back through episodes. But um, the uh, one of the interesting things I've, I've found in reading articles and stuff is, and I noticed this in, in the first time, like the, the fact that the first line of the movie is, this will begin to make things right. Like, I was like, oh, okay, that was definitely intentional. Um, but then, like, there are these weird theories about, like, Max von Sydow's character actually being a stand-in for George Lucas, and he gets killed, and, like, all of these other little things, and I was just like, I don't believe that. <laughs> But this is kind of a cool conspiracy theory. <laughs> but now you it know? makes sense after he said uh, Star Wars sold to white slave people. Slave oh, dude. Oh, and he has just gone off his rocker in the last week. Like, dude, go. Fine. You want to go make movies that only you are allowed to see? Fine. Go. Like, if you're going to be a dick about it, then we're done. I, I just don't. You were doing so well. well, it's well tough when, like, release. millions of people are co-opting your creation and telling them, like, yeah. Like, we love it so much that we should decide what to do with it, like, and we're better for it. And how tough um, is it with four billion dollars? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Still, still like, he, if you watch like how attached he is to it, like, no amount of money matters. And he's so he's so e- egotistical about That's what he is. Um, his ideas for what it should be that. Um, I, just, I, I, I identify with creating something and then having other people tell you that you are bad, like you're ruining it and you're not good for then good for it. And yeah, just like, um, I do think not, yeah. not, the, not the greatest sign of a good artist. No, I'm not saying I, he's a good I, artist. I'm just, I, 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 I just, that's why like, he's yeah. flipping out. His inability he, to take criticism is why those movies are so bad exactly, and why he yeah. fucking ruined everything. Did you watch, they posted, um, StarWars.com posted an hour-long documentary on the making of The Phantom Menace. Oh, really? And there's no straight-up interviews with, like, title cards. It's all B-roll from, like, uh, 97 to 99, making the movie. <laughs> and the the article starts out by saying, like, check out, you know, how everyone right at the beginning knows it's a train wreck going in before they even roll film. 
Um, but you yeah. watch it and it's not like, you know, it looks like every movie with problems I've ever seen made. Totally. Um, the article is just amping it up, but still it's like, you can see clearly he didn't know what he wanted to do. Oh yeah. Um, I, and, or how to do things and how to get back into the swing of making movies in general. Um, but it's just incredible how detailed this hour long feature of all the inner workings and problems. Like they even go through like watching them make the budget. Like mm. the sheets and everything, people sit at a table saying, "Like, you know, well, we have only this much money. Uh, we want to do Jar Jar as half CGI, half uh, actual person." And um, later on, they find out, like, <laughs> "Yeah, we crunched the numbers. We had the ILM guys do it. Um, it was actually cheaper to have them be full CGI than have Ahmed Best running around in a costume, photoshopping parts of him out." Um, then George was like, "Well, we sent we spent seven hundred thousand dollars on the costume." You know, that was a waste of money. And they're like, no, it was actually good reference material. Yeah. So it's not a total waste, but like stuff like that is just really yeah. interesting. But Force Awakens. <laughs> Force Awakens is great. Um, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, it focuses on its characters really well. Yeah. It has a cool Establishes new characters lead. really well. Yeah. Um, resorts to, like, like I said, the practical effects are so good that when they put CGI stuff in there, it stands out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, definitely has its crutches. I mean, it's you know, there's a Death Star in that movie. Spoilers. Um, yeah, they, they recycle like, a New Hope. But... Oh yeah, uh, well, I mean they re- they recycle the whole first trilogy because right? Raising like, Hope. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but I, I I'm okay with that because like yeah. it scratches so many of the itches and you know I think the, the the thing at the heart of it being a great band aid is that like I keep saying like I I just I I enjoy thinking about and talking about Star Wars now. You know, like I've bought Star Wars toys and like the Star Wars Legos. And when I, when I get like Dan bought a Star Wars X-Wing and he built it and I like picking it up and playing with it and going like, oh, X-Wings are cool. X-Wings haven't been cool for like 15 years. Like for, (laughs) for, for a while now, like it was this sore spot where it's just like, okay, we can talk about Star Wars, but Ryan and I are just going to fight about which prequel is the worst, right? Like now we don't, we can just put it in the past. We can just be like, hey, there's this box with these three bad movies in them and the first one's pretty okay, but the rest of them are shit. Um, but like now we have good stuff coming forward, and we can talk about like you know at the end of this episode when we start talking about what's coming out next year, and are we excited about Rogue One, and like just the idea that I can like I can like Star Wars and not be ashamed of myself or feel dirty. Ugh. I'm just glad Finn wasn't talking like Jar Jar. That if he <laughs> took off that Seriously. helmet and started talking like Jar Jar, then I would have watched. Although, what's up with like? Every time a black character like accomplishes something, he's got to like look back at the camera and go, "Woo!" Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of. Yeah. No, woo is. They a... do that so much in movies. But no, they Will woo. Smith. No, woo. There are plenty of woos in the original contract. Star Trek, Star Wars movie. <laughs> like, you know, I think uh, no, Luke, Luke, Luke woos like that when he blows up the first Tie Fighter when he's in the cockpit. But Finn also says, "Droid, please." Which he does also, say Joy, please. Does he really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah, that line is, yeah. I was like, that's um, pretty current and get kind of on the edge of, you yeah. know. I don't, no, uh, that, that line is. Sometimes Abrams, you know, in Mission Impossible 3, uh, Tom Cruise says Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall fuck, while looking fuck. into a camera. So. Oh, that's the worst line. <laughs> <laughs> that was all right. Oh. But uh, Finn was the same guy that was in Attack the Block, the kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Um, which was like Such very like panicking for me because I only see him in that, 
And when I saw it, he plays kind of like an unlikable character in yeah. Jack the Block. And so I didn't like him in that. But And so I was worried when he was cast this that, like, I don't know if I don't like him as an actor or was that it was just his character. So that was like yeah, my biggest right. concern about this film. Yeah. I, I think it speaks volumes for me that, like, there is a scene where Finn sees Poe again for the first time in a while. And, like, that's one of my favorite moments in the movie. And it's just two dudes, like broing out and being like hey you're alive like this is so cool and you've been on an adventure i've been on an adventure we're doing star wars adventures together and that like the fact that that scene is so like just giddy for me it can only be because the characters are interesting and i care about them and because the universe is so f- fun and exciting which is always the thing that's been the best about star wars i never cared about anakin skywalker and i never really cared about luke i just thought x-wings were cool man like i want to see i want to see star wars stuff I did want to see Ewoks, though. There was no Ewoks in the movie. Oh, they'll come back. Don't worry. We got like seven more films. <laughs> There's one, one a year for the next, the rest of your life, so you'll be okay. What if they go to, you know, Endor and the Ewoks aren't nice anymore? They're like rabid. Oh, <laughs> they like a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Like there are some people and they crash land on Endor and they're hanging out in a cabin. And then like each and one of, they keep getting stolen and eaten. Like eaten on a spit. Luke takes Ray there. He's like, "Your force training begins. Fend off the Ewoks." <laughs> <laughs> uh, my phone number, JJ Abrams. Is, is he producing the next one? Oh, so. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Wait, wait, have we ever seen like an Ewok get like really killed? Like when you chop an Ewok in half, does like teddy bear stuffing come out? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, and they, they, oh, yeah, they make like a little squeak like a dog toy when you, when, when you force push them into a tree. I just rewatched Return of the Jedi, like, uh, ATST shoots two of them and like the ground blows up and then they roll and then the one gets oh, up right. and the one like touches the other one. Oh, yeah. Dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't see the inside. That's my point. Like, when they blow up, do they turn into stuffing? Oh. I mean, it's yeah. also one of those things, like, regardless of like what you thought of it, like, because it's not like a perfect film by any means or anything no, like no. that, but like, it's probably the most important film to come out this year, <coughs> just because of how it's going to dictate like how films are made for the next ten years, at least. At least, like, how, at least how the Star Wars movies are made, yeah. Or like even like how like people are being, like it's like you said like we're gonna have to like give two weeks in advance so that way like oh, we don't right. lose money because of like Star right. Wars, yeah, and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think it'll balance out. I think I mean because yeah, it'll, it'll be like a moral like, kind of thing where like right, after yeah. a while it'll be a kind of normalized. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, this one like. There's a lot of build-up to this movie. And the fact yeah, that yeah. where expectations were, the fact that that movie was even as good as it is. Like, yeah, it's pretty outstanding. And, Don't uh, worry, the backlash for it's coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually a month after yeah, is when yeah. everyone starts hating it. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that's fine. Those people will be wrong. Like, <laughs> the movie's good. Yeah. So, cool. Cool, cool. Steve. Steve, what's your three? Before I say what my number three is, uh, I have to ask a question to the real nerds. Okay. Um, do you know if any of your listener base is Scientologist? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we are not at this point aware. Okay. And as I have had long conversations about the HBO series that they did about Scientology, then um, and no one wrote in and was like, "Man, get fucked, dude! I'm gonna come after your family. I'm gonna throw you in a volcano." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I think you're safe, Steve. Well, my number if three. If you want, I can bleep out your name. My number three is going clear. Someone had told me there's this cult, and they'll make anything possible in your life. I was deeply convinced that we were going to save the world. It was a transcendent experience. You feel euphoric. Everything you do for endless trillions of years depends on what you do within Scientology. 
sell it all in the beginning as something quite logical. You take on a matrix of thought that is not your it's own. It's so strong that it sticks you like glue. Control were very suggestible. You just don't see it happening to you. You justify so much. There is no logical explanation other than faith. Do you ever think, Mr. Hubbard, that you might be quite mad? Oh, yes. The one man in the world who never believes he's mad is a madman. Cool. I watched this documentary twice in one day. Uh, I, I watched wow. it. I kind of was napping. I watched it. I woke her up and said, you, you need to watch this right now. And watched it again, again with her, right, like, seriously, like, back to back. So I spent, like, you know... It's, it's not that long of a movie. But Five hours, yeah, four it's hours. three to four hours. What just watching this documentary? Um, Alex Gibney, who did one of the Steve Jobs movie, he did the. It was called Man Man, Man on the Machine. Machine. Yeah, he yeah. did. So he did that one this year too. But um, did you see that one? I didn't see that one. Because like from like I remember like when they were promoting it, they said like it's even more shocking than Going Clear. I was like, it's pretty hard to be more. Shocking yeah, I was than like, Going, going Clear, clear is uh, like where they're beating people in a really hot room. I think that's the most shocking. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> this movie, like again. Kind of like how you said for Cartelian, like yeah. it's not like my favorite documentary ever, but I think this really is up there because it's yeah. like the stuff that they get from like the talking heads from the expatriates and the footage they have from the meetings and like like the like David Miscavige's speeches and the stuff with Travolta and with Tom Cruise and like yeah. like the the video from like Tom Cruise's birthday that one year, like it's just like how the fuck does this happen? Like how is this? Yeah. Like you're just watching it, like this is. Like and it's it's a little personal for me because like I've always been I've always been like really interested growing up in like like religions and and and, and cults and different things that I've like you know like and obviously people have different kind of interpretations for things but like <laughs> you no know, like I during my high school years I I was like very very close to like seeing the other side of this one thing that like people a lot of people call a religion I won't say exactly what it is but like people call it a religion but like it's a cult um and so like it after that experience like. I've always really been interested in this kind of this aspect of of the world and seeing this documentary was just like hitting every single point that it needed to hit. It was completely satisfying. Like it was just yeah, it's just like yeah, seeing the people, you know, like the, the musical care, musical chairs and yeah, being them having yeah. them be and like having them like having the wives go on to like TV and like giving them all the same script. Just like the the manipulation and the the heartbreak and just like the the uh the amount of like money and power involved like it's just it's insane and like i think it really like it really hit home and i think it really just was it was a a, a well-made documentary by a, a really you know alex gibney's great um i love him and um yeah i i i think I've, at this point i've probably seen it three times so. it's, it's funny it was also very redeeming of tom cruise for me because, like, it was always this thing that, like, I love Tom Cruise in movies, but there was this part of me always where I was like, oh, man, it's really too bad that he's into this thing. Right. And then seeing the documentary where at some point I realized, like, oh, she, he's really not in it anymore. Right. Like, he's just also not allowed to say that. Yep. Because who knows what will happen. Yeah. Um, and well, my, yeah, my hope is it that, against like, you when you go confess. Right. right. They record it. So, right. I mean, if I was tom cruise i wouldn't be afraid of what they're gonna say it's like dude whatever yeah, my, whatever the fuck you want to say i don't care my, my hope is that at this point like it's it's gotten to a point place where even he can theoretically start like sort of getting that out uh -huh. there 
Um, like start hinting at it at least. Yeah, at least yeah. start hinting at it, letting other people in Hollywood know, and then yeah. you know, because like, if he odd. doesn't say it directly, then like he doesn't necessarily confirm or deny. Yeah. Like you know, um, he could he could get the news out there in a soft way that like he, they they don't necessarily blow up on him. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I would like to hope that he is at least like things are at a place where maybe he is safe. Um, it is kind of odd how he really didn't say anything when that documentary came out. You know, <laughs> nope. Because it's, like, it's in his best interest not to. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, like, if, if he were in it, he would have come out and said, hey, that's shit's not true. They yeah. would have used him against it. Yeah. But they can't. Yeah. They're, one of my favorite jokes that Daniel Tosh did this year on Tosh.0 is there was this guy and he's on some like engine revving him across like this ice over pond. And he goes by and then Daniel Tosh says, oh, man, we need to slow it down. I saw something in there. And there's like this dead woman in the ice. Like, is that – I forget his name, but Miss, what was Miss Cavage's wife's name? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there she is. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's oh, funny. Oh, man. And probably kind of true. Because yeah. <laughs> that dude is a weasel. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> they have a part in that documentary where they talk about how Tom Cruise was starting to distance himself. And so they lavished him with like this huge – like a party and stuff, and yeah, that's the made thing. him like, like a star general. Like right? him, it's the same thing. I think they did the same thing to Travolta. Anytime they ever tried to like, even just try to like move away, it's like just find ways to rope him back mm-hmm. in. You know, and it's just crazy because it's like, I think it's it's one of the first scenes they show of Miscavige talking, and it's just psychobabble. You know, he's just he's just babbling. He, his sentences aren't making any sense. It's incoherent. But people are freaking out. Like they're cheering and they're crying. It's just like, it's like, are you not are you not hearing? What he's sa- he's not saying anything, right. but it's just, it's just like just how crazy and how isolated the whole thing is. It's just like to be able to go into that. Like I, I never I never pictured that we would ever get that kind of expose. Yeah. That, so yeah, it's pretty crazy. It is really good. Cool. Uh, well, my number three was also Star Wars, so we will move on to uh, Ryan's number two. Great. Fuck James. My number two is Sicario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's Man, all right. And here's the thing. I kind of knew that one because from the moment we saw that movie, I remember like doing the review mm-hmm. and going like, because you so adored that movie. And I knew I was like, I'm going to sweep the leg because like uh, – I, like when it comes, like I've been thinking about this for three months. I'm oh, like, man, right. he's gonna be really pissed when I sleep with the leg on Sicario because I genuinely thought it might have been your number one. Uh, it's close, you, yeah. It's yeah. really close. Uh, just because I, I think I mentioned before, I, I just love the performances in it and just just the way the movie was made. You know, it's not something you'll see every day. It's something really dark about it. Nothing really good happens in the movie, and uh, yeah. You knew you were in for a ride when they found a house full of dead people. Yeah. <laughs> and, Man. Um, and, and I love, too, you know, I didn't mention it earlier, the scene where Emily Blunt's character, Kate, she's at the FBI headquarters, <laughs> and she's with her partner. It's like, what the fuck are they oh, talking yeah. about? And they don't tell you what they're talking about. So yeah. I love the whole thing is you don't know what's happening because you're in Emily Blunt's shoes. You don't know what they're doing. You're just along for the journey. It's part of why I really want to see that movie again because I do feel like knowing where it's going and what's going to happen is going to – color or enhance in a lot of ways my viewing of that movie mm-hmm. like watching that sequence and hearing the little things you do hear them say yeah knowing what's really going to happen and then also too you know you realize how messed up it is when it says she doesn't have any family because <laughs> they know she might not make it right and, yeah uh, yeah so great job all the way around yeah it's a cool movie that's yeah, cool 
Henry, you're number two. All right, my number two. Fuck Ryan. My number two is Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck um, me. I think I, liked, <laughs> I think I said it like when I was on before. Uh, it's almost as if this film was like tailor-made for me because I love Aaron Sorkin. I love Michael Fassbender. I love Jeff Daniels. Uh, I like, I've like. i liked pretty much all of uh, Dan Boyle's films. Yeah. Uh, it was like... This is like the kind of film that like they're like, there's this one kid in Denver that's really gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the make it for him. So, yeah, awesome. so I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's my for a while it was my number one. It was like five days ago I watched what ended up being my number one. Cool. And so, but yeah, I love this film. So Henry writes into Danny Boyle, I'm a kid from Denver <laughs> and I have terminal cancer. <laughs> We'd appreciate it if you'd make this movie. Mm. You just put a lot of walk and talks in there. <laughs> yeah. Walking down hallways and talking. <laughs> I, I call that the Alan Sorkin trope. Uh, well, it's funny because then he wrote that movie to be like, hey, this is the easiest way to just have a lot of talking in hallways and rooms. Yep. Like, yeah. Oh, man, you got to walk through this other room across there and have a conversation. And we're really busy. So you got to have a conversation while you're walking there, too. There's not enough time for you to just walk and not talk. There's a lot of stuff backstage. It's like also one of those films that, like, uh, it's like amazingly edited, and like it bothers me that it's not going to win best editing at the Oscars because whatever wins best picture wins best editing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. and it, that it's bothers not always me. true. Well, not always, but like it's like it's one of those things like ninety percent of the time. Yeah. yeah, which is a shame because Steve Jobs is not <laughs> going to be nominated for best picture nor best editing, sure. which it was very creatively yeah. edited and yeah. like yeah. the editor like just like he like I saw an interview with him he was talking about like just editing Aaron Sorkin's writing. Like, it was impossible, which I think <laughs> yeah. is just, like, really an accomplishment. So, I would bet, to have it yeah. all be in real time, so. Yeah. Man, that's a cool movie. Sheesh. Yeah. All right, so that's my number two. All right. Uh, Steve, what's Brad's number two? Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh. I thought it was going to be your number one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brad, tell us about Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, I strongly considered... Um, oh, wait, I know what your number one is now. <laughs> I strongly considered uh, filling, like, the bottom five envelopes with just Mad Max. Because <laughs> this, <laughs> this movie is so badass. And, like, when I saw that sneak preview, I felt like I woke up, like, in, in a movie. That it was, it was just so surprisingly, like, I raved about it online, like, right after I saw it. Um, yep. Yeah, for like a seventy-year-old director to school modern filmmakers on filmmakers on how to make action movies that are thrilling and exciting, and um, you know, I mean, when I saw it, I thought like it was a hundred percent practical, but um, the CGI they did really just enhanced it because yeah. again, a lot they built all the all the rigs; they're all exploding. Um, yeah. It's just the compositing, the landscapes, uh, the safety elements are all painted out, right? Um, so, and some of the explosions are bigger, yeah. Um, so because you know, you don't want to kill people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but and a lot of people's watch and go like it's just they drive places and go back. Like, but that's yeah. that's only a part of it. Like, it's really the experience, the spectacle. Yeah. Um, and how they got to do that movie and um, all the difficulties of hauling, you know, hundreds of tons of metal across the sea to. You know, I think it wasn't Tunisia again, was it? Mm, it might have been. I don't yeah. remember. It wasn't Australia. No, 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 no this Africa. time it's not Australia. Some, yeah. Somewhere in Africa. It's probably, it's probably Tunisia. Yeah. Because at this point, Tunisia is probably like forking over good tax money to be like, hey, we got to get more. All these people come here with their movies. This is great. 
They, they think our place looks like hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was over there, I was, I was saying, I was like, this is like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Great. That's a great movie. Great, exciting movie. Yeah. yeah. Good, good depiction of women as strong characters. Huh? Um, yeah. Yep. Cool. Steve, what's uh, your number two? Um, since I have to leave soon, I'm going to do oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. two and one at the same time. <coughs> Sounds good. Head out. Cool. Uh, my number two is uh, my second Draft House film, as I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. It's The Tribe. Did we just play the quietest uh, trailer ever? There's like bells in it at one point. Is there? Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. What, was, what was the film that you had, Brad, like a while ago that also had no dialogue? Enter the Void. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, uh, it was, it was your film was entertainment. Well, they that. said End of the Void, but I think it's something else. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's another one. Yeah, and then they also had entertainment. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Tribe, um, though it's it's not technically the first film to, to feature... Um, all sign language, um, which also I liked about it is that it was um, the River Wild was the, was the... nope, <laughs> not that one either. It was Defula. De- Defula. Defula. Is that a movie about a deaf vampire? It's a deaf Dracula. Oh, oh! <laughs> it's from 1975. Uh, it's all in sign language, and they overdub voices for hearing audiences. But it is all the wow. actors are speaking in sign language. Wow, um, that's that is technically cool. the first. <laughs> it's technically the yeah. Also, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's a it's a Dracula it's a Dracula adaptation, but it's uh, it's in sign language. Um, <laughs> um, Brad, wait, Brad, what did you just say? <laughs> I had headphones on, so I didn't hear it. Uh, oh no! Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, the tribe. Um, I guess kind of similar to seventy one for me, like. Um, everything on screen, it just no holds barred. It doesn't shy away. Um, there's, it's, it's graphic. It's disturbing. Um, the fact that these kids who are, a lot of them are, are bullies and gang members that the fact that they use, um, their disability against each other, like they know that they can like hurt each other from like behind or from an angle where they can't see because they can't hear. Like I've never, ever thought. I've never, like, my brain's never gone to that area where it's like, oh, a, a, a person who's deaf might do that to another. I've never, ever thought that. Yeah. So seeing it on screen was like, holy shit, like, this, this is something that could, that could happen, you know? Yeah. Um, I, it was also cool for me personally, because I was watching it with one of uh, my coworkers who works at the Alamo, and he's from that part of the world. So he was picking up on stuff that none of us were picking up on. Like, he was uh-huh. seeing little, like, like the scene where they, 
uh, one of the characters like downs the vodka. Like he thought that was hilarious. And there's other parts, the part where they're kind of hinting that the girls are going to go to Italy to become prostitutes. Like he knew off the bat that that's what ha- was happening where yeah. the rest of us afterwards were like kind of trying to decipher it, but he knew right away. So it was interesting talking to him afterwards. Cause he like hmm. was picking up on a lot of like cultural things that, <coughs> um, that we didn't pick up on. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's shot extraordinarily beautifully. Um, I love the scene where, it's one of the first scenes where they get the main character into a fight and everyone's kind of perched on this like the ex- exterior of a building and everyone's speaking sign language to another and they look kind of like like a flock of birds that are just kind of like their wings are kind of flapping. Hmm. Um, just There's just moments like that that are just, you just watch it and you're like, this is incredible. So um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a, it's a landmark. It's an important film uh, and I'm glad that Draft House Films um, released it. That's cool. Um, my That's number smart. one, um, squeeze it in. And again, as I mentioned before, uh, it technically came out on uh, December 31st, um, so it counts. It's a... You son of a bitch. Anomalisa. Oh. What is it to be human? What is it to ache? What is it to be alive? Each person you speak to has had a day. Some of the days have been good, some bad. Each person you speak to has had a childhood. Each has a body. Each body has aches. Look for what is special about each individual. Focus on that. Remember, there is someone out there for everyone. I think you're extraordinary. Why? I don't know yet. It's just obvious to me that you are. Our time is limited, we forget that. grabbed your hand it's okay it's a reflex but i don't like to fly i said it's okay you can let go now though wait came out <laughs> wait is it out here now not uh, here. not here in Denver, okay, but it okay. did, did get its technical limited release on okay. the thirty first. You got to see it at, at Telluride. I had to saw it at Telluride. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah, it's it's um, again probably not something that uh, Ryan. Will <laughs> Maybe I'll like it. it. Maybe yeah. It's Every very it's sex. it's very Kaufman. Uh, the puppet sex is the most excruciating sex scene like I've ever seen. Is like, it titties? <laughs> 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 Not gonna answer that. Um, it is like it is oh, very. It's, it's like the saddest, the saddest uh, sex scene, and um, you'll never listen to uh, Cindy Lauper's "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" the same way ever again. Um, this is also the second movie, including "Hateful Eight, that Jennifer Jason Lee gets to sing, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if there's any kind of zeitgeistian connection there or anything, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's 
it, and it was, it's kind of cliche and like now they're using it in the marketing that's saying like it's the most human film of the year like it's it, it's 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 now like the tagline but it's true it's like the whole movie is completely you know stop motion but um the emotions and the performances are like very real and it only slips into like the surreal area like rarely and when it does it's cool but when it's not doing that i mean you forget that you're watching like puppets like it's it's insane hmm. um but uh yeah it's it's incredibly moving and the fact that there are really only i, I think there's only like three three actors that actually do voices because um tom i think it's tom noonan is the one that does all the other voices just because it's like it's it's this guy and everyone he sees is just kind of like the same person Hmm. Except for Jennifer Jason Lee's character, and so this, every everybody who has the same face also has the same voice. Um, so, you know, yeah, if you're a fan of any of Charlie Kaufman's work, um, you'll definitely love this for sure. I like adaptation. Then, yeah, you like this. Okay, all right. Oh, that's a tall order. All right. I hope so. I hope you like it. Cool. I, no one's seen it. You didn't see it yet, Henry. Not, I really want to. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you're the only one who's really had a chance to. Right, like, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, because it's not at the festival, so like, yeah, yeah. And then we'll, we'll be getting at the Alamo on uh, January fifteenth. Cool. Awesome. When you said, that, I thought you were going to say the Revenant. Yeah, I was, I was um, thinking that too. Like, so I was like, you I, saw I have seen the Revenant. You have? Oh. Yeah, I didn't count that because um, for me, the Revenant is an awesome movie and it's uh-huh. super badass, but it's not like a good movie. Uh, um, okay. Everything in it is freaking insane and awesome and cool there's, oh. there's a tauntaun scene where he, he oh. rips open there's a, a tauntaun in it? He, he rips open a horse pulls out all the guts and then sleeps in the horse oh <laughs> like um yeah the revenant which we're getting uh so excited next week um yeah uh it's it's very cool it's insane it's almost comical in the kind of things that uh uh Hugh Glass, Leo's character goes through, and it's all supposedly kind of true. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, so but uh, I learned about Hugh Glass in in high school. Yeah, he's kind of a kind of a weirdo. Yep, um, but he's a really good survival guy. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my top ten. Cool. Yay. Thank you guys so much for having well, me. Thank on. you, Steve. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate I'm you. Sorry, I have by. to leave yeah. early. No, that's all right. It's but, all right. Uh, I wish I could. Sp- I looked at Brad's number one. I wish I could spoil it, but I'll let someone else. Do it. <laughs> uh, cool. Hey, thanks so much thanks, for coming. Thanks for yeah. stopping by yeah. for our right. end of your extravaganza. Hey, you too. You too. Be safe. See you for the Revenant. Ooh, yeah. Cool. Uh, all right, my number two. Fuck you, Steve. Is Creed. <laughs> Which I know. Yo, oh, yeah, we don't have to already. play the trailer. Yeah, uh, yeah right, right. Um, though for the number ones, I'll, I will find a clip of from each number one movie. Oh, so you're editing this year? I sure can. Okay. Okay, then if you do it, then for the number ones, find a clip from everybody's movie since they're all going to be, or if they may be repeats. That way they still get like a, 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 thing. a proper send off. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Okay. Um, Unless it's like four hours long. Uh, I don't give a <laughs> shit. Um, so, uh, this is uh, yeah. number one. Creed. No, Creed is what I'm talking about. I'm here to talk about Creed. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've always been a big Rocky fan for this movie. I like, I was worried about this movie a little bit going in. Um, but for this movie to, man, immediately become my second favorite, favorite, uh, Rocky movie and almost to like poke holes in how much I loved Rocky Balboa and make me feel like Rocky Balboa was the wrong old Rocky movie. Um, uh, because that's a movie about like, Rocky old proving he can still fight. Creed is a movie about like Rocky old learning to prove he can still live. 
Um, and that makes Creed the better of the two old Rocky movies. If I fight, you fight. Yeah, if I fight, you fight. Oh, man. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a really cool movie. I, you know, I agree with Steve that, like, yeah, like, uh, uh, what's her name? Tessa Thompson, I think. Uh, like, is it? Uh, yeah, it's something like that. Um, right, yeah. yeah. Miss, Miss Thompson. Yeah. Um, like, her character is the one character that I feel like isn't. The, as flushed out as she could be, but she all she has more than most most like, like C level characters in a movie. Um, yeah, like I, I I enjoy the time I get to spend with her. If anything, like the fact that I wish I had more time with her is just a um, a statement about how how great even that character is. Um, and yeah, I mean the 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 boxing sequences, especially that first one, like for somebody to come to come along and make a boxing sequence in a movie that I think is better than probably every other Rocky boxing match uh, is really impressive. Um, and sure, it feels a little bit like a dance, but visually it's so cool um, that I, I, you know, I, I just love it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my, that, that was sort of the movie that I, I was like, Oh man, right. Like I forgot that the reason I really love movies is I like characters and story and things that speak to me about like my life and what, what's important to me. Um, and so suddenly it reminded me near the end of the year, like, oh shit, like that's what needs to make the tops of my top 10 list, um, is movies like that. So Creed is my two. Ryan? Uh, my number one's not Creed, but can we play a clip of Sylvester Stallone training? Of course we can. (laughs) We play all kinds of Creed clips. Like here, here's a clip from Creed. Everything I got is moved on and I'm here, but you know what? It's okay. Because I said to myself, if I break, if I'm hurt, whatever, I ain't going to fix it. Why bother? And I'm just some bum that's living in your crib, just, just nothing. You're a good kid and a good fighter. But you got your whole future ahead of you, mine? Back there, like all them guys on that wall, in the back, in the past. Sweet. I don't know what it was. It was <laughs> cool, though. I'm sure it was awesome. Man, oh, that was a great, that was a great movie. Uh, my number one uh, film is Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Ah! Ah! We cannot run them! We might! In that quad jumper! Hey! We need a pilot! We've got one! You! Really because it's the most fun I've had at a movie in a long time. Because it's like recaptured something from my youth yeah. that I felt was missing. Um, <coughs> not that I, – I still enjoyed the prequels. But this movie like took it to a new level where, you know, the glee I had uh, seeing Harrison Ford be fun again. Yeah. I mean he was fun in Indiana Jones. But this is different. It's, yeah. you know, I, I don't know how to really describe it. Well, you know, here, here he's, like, fun and successful. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love the the scene where you first meet him, and he's talking to both of the people he swindled out of money. Yeah. And it's just fun. And yeah. everything he does in the movie is fun. Um, what was the second time? Yeah. Well, the second <laughs> time, what was it? Because he knows he screwed him over once. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And just recapturing everything I loved about the movies. And just sitting there and, you know, and two is one of the first times I saw a movie with my dad, I think since uh, Jurassic Park came out, mm, not wow. Jurassic World, yeah, Jurassic Park. Wow. Um, so it was fun to have him come along and seeing it so early in the morning <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it's something that just transports you to being a kid is they didn't have the 20th Century Fox fanfare, which 
I do kind of miss. Yeah. But as soon as the Lucasfilm thing comes on and it like glistens and then, you know, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, yeah. right away, I'm already in it, you know, and then that the movie was successful is, uh, is why I like movies and why I enjoy what I do. It would have been funny if they'd played the, the 20th Century Fox fanfare. Just over the... Even though it wasn't... Yeah, it was like they were like the Disney logo comes up, but they play that sound in the did background. Did the Disney logo come on? No. I didn't The Disney so. logo is not on that movie. They do the they, same thing with yeah. Marvel. Yeah. I don't think there were any like logo. Like, I can't remember there being any Just Lucasfilms. Just Lucasfilms. Well, oh, yeah, I can see that, yeah. Uh, I remember you know, because like, they do that with Marvel it, movies now. They just show the Marvel one. Well, because those are both brand... It's like Touchstone, right? Like, yeah. it's... They can, they can use that name, and it's Disney, because they own it, um... But they don't have to put their own name on it. Yeah, as well. and like I think the only one they do that for is Pixar. Yeah, but, but do it's, they? Do they no, put they do. Disney? It's because yeah. it's Disney Pixar. It's yeah. like yeah. the same. It's a conjoined thing. It's conjoined, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I just love being transported again into a world that you know I loved, and you know uh, even the CGI characters I don't think were that distracting. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think I, of, like, I, still... I can't like thoroughly. I mean, I only saw it once, like mm-hmm. opening day. But like I was trying to think, I can't recall any like super CGI characters. No, like, I mean Maz just anyway. just Maz. The... Maz is the only real. Yeah, yeah, and like that one, I was I wasn't like Ugh, when <laughs> right. I saw her. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's the performance too because it's not so cartoony. You right. know, it's played straight. Yeah, because you don't. Well, she's she's your sort of Yoda character. Yeah. Um, but unlike Yoda in the original or in the prequels, like she she looks pretty good. She has a purpose there, like. She's kind of a fun character, and and because she's completely new, um, and ev- and this is true of everything that they add to the series, um, everything that's new, like Maws, it gets this extra little umph of like, hey, this is something cool new that we get to explore, mm-hmm. right? Like this is something I haven't seen before, um, which I like, you know. So yeah, uh, that's why it's my number one film of the year. That's a good pick, yeah, yeah. man. That's Star Wars is really cool. cool. Uh, it just fascinates me, like, because I'll like be looking through like the films of the year right now, being like, what should I see before film explosion? And I'll be like. Oh, fuck, there's a Star Wars in theaters right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just fascinating. Yeah. All right. Henry? Henry? So, uh, my number one film. Uh, uh, I'll warn you, a lot of people thought this film was really pretentious, so <laughs> I'm not up your alley. But um, I absolutely loved it. It was like one that I saw five days ago, actually. Um, as like a filmmaker, I was like sobbing almost throughout this entire film. Wow. It's so beautifully done. Every all the acting was amazing. <laughs> Everything about it was just extraordinary. Is uh, it Sisters? Yes, my number one film is Sisters. Um, <laughs> no, my number one film is Youth. Do you know who composed that piece that you're practicing? No. Who? Me. I don't believe you. Hmm? And what's the composer's name? Fred Ballinger. And you? What's your name? Fred Ballinger. Daddy, you will not be bored because I have arranged the full service for you. You're going to have a massage, a sauna, checkups with the doctor every single day to help you get back in shape. At my age, getting in shape is merely a waste of time. Oh, gosh, you guys have got a strange friendship. No, it's just a good friendship. And in a good friendship, you only tell each other the good things. Did you take a piss today? Four drops. You? Same. More or less. More or less? Less. It must be a very good place to relax. It's only a place to relax. You still directing or composing, Maestro? Oh, no, I'm I'm retired. I'm sure you've not forgotten how it's done. No. 
I haven't forgotten how it's done. Laying in my bed, ceiling gate. What do you do all day, Fred? Well, they tell me I'm apathetic, so I don't do anything. Don't you miss your work? Not at all. I miss my wife. You didn't know the first thing about my mother. You never bothered to take care of her. She loved you, and so she forgave you. No matter what happened, she still wanted to be with you. But who were you? Who? It's what I always ask myself. Outside my window. Say emotions are overrated. Emotions are all we've got. I'm so happy to be alive. You were right. Music is all I understand. Because you don't need words and experience to understand it. It just is. Tell, tell us about Youth. Uh, youth stars uh, Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel and a whole bunch of other people. In it. Neither so of them right. young people. Yeah. Neither young people, yeah. Um, also has Rachel Wise. Uh, Jane Fonda is in it for five minutes. Ooh. Um, She's sexy and Barbarella. Yeah. And, they, and she's essentially playing herself in the film, too. Nice. Um, it's about it's about these two kind of older guys who have been friends their entire lives. And they're at like, this kind of like health spa type thing. Paul Dano's also there as well. And uh, it's just them kind of like... The film is really about loss and grieving. And it's about, and like each of the like five main characters, Paul Dano, Michael Caine, just all of them essentially, they, they've all lost something, whether it be like themselves, a loved one, something like that. And it's how they all deal with that. And it's just, it's just the most, it's a beautifully done film. It's like very, it's a very artistic film, uh, but it's still coherent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, uh, <laughs> it is really fascinating just watching like all of the dialogue was perfect. There are a lot of quotes that like, They'll probably stick with me for a while. Yeah. Um, Michael Caine is the best performance I've seen all year in this role. He completely wow. disappears into this role, and uh, I really hope he somehow gets nominated for for the Oscar, but I doubt he will. Yeah. Uh, Jane Fonda plays herself for like not herself, but like a fictionalized version of herself yeah. for like uh, like like first like one big scene, which was she's so good that like for the five minutes she's in, she was nominated for best supporting actress for the Golden Globe. Oh shit! Um, and it's the best performance she's ever given. Uh, yeah, it's just a very beautiful film, and if you get a chance to see, you should definitely see it. So cool, cool, cool. Where's it at? Uh, currently, it's playing at uh, Cesar Ortiz. So okay. I think it's also showing at AMC. That's why I would so. see it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice theater. I saw, the I saw the artist there. The yeah. Cherotiste yeah. is not a nice theater. Yeah, I saw Contiki at the Cherotiste. Um, the Cherotiste. No. Yeah. Of the landmarks. Hey, hey Brad, can I see your number one? Because I think I know what it is. <laughs> are, are you uh, done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Oh, you're gonna let me read it? I was just gonna look at it to see if I was. Well, someone has to open it up yeah, and read yeah, it. I think I think All you right. gotta read it. Um, Brad's number one film. <laughs> okay, everybody sees this. I'm not gonna pull it out. Is Samurai Cop Two? Oh, it's catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> released 
p.m. at the Oriental Theater in Denver. Catastrophe! Don't see it alone! Nothing can prepare you for catastrophe! Um, I love the poster for that, by the way. And Thank once you. again, once again, you win your own award. You're not awards? Whatever. <laughs> no, of course my own movie is going to be the best movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's short. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, short, it's in black so and white. Short. <laughs> yeah, straight to the point, very condensed. But you you actually did win awards for this. I did? Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah third best of the group. Um, best directing. Best, the, best director. the only thing the thing I do I want an award for it yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me about what you like about Catastrophe uh, really gr- good group of people to work with uh, uh, can we not get the PC uh, <laughs> <laughs> EPK yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was actual it? shit everything what was, was fun like was n- nothing bad happened with uh, young actors for the first time um you know, I thought it would be a challenge, but uh, they were pros. They stepped up to the plate. Boo. They knew their lines. <laughs> no, really. It, like it, I've said this in many Q and A's. Like everything went well for that. Do people ask you that a lot about it? It's like, what's well, work with kids? If, if yeah, if, if kids you... and animals, and I, I said the animals were tough as <laughs> like trying to get those cats to pose for shots. <laughs> yeah, because cats are assholes. Yeah, they didn't care. What What was the hardest part about working with cats? <laughs> Did we just answer this one? Like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Well, Let me ask what, a question. Are the uh, cats going to team up with Street Fighter or Tekken? Yeah. <laughs> Who'd win it by a catastrophe or um, Jean-Claude Van Damme's damn van? Yeah. What, um, what's your favorite thing about directing? Uh, meeting all the people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, taking control of everything. Um, I don't know. Just bringing a, an idea to life. What? Is that a serious question? What? What's <laughs> still doing this? What? What's your? Uh, what? What project are you, are you going to work on? Or are you working on next? Catastrophe two. On? It's worse. Hopefully, real nerd season two finally. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for scripts to show up on my yeah in the mail. I haven't seen no. it. I had a breakthrough. I just got to write it down. What's the? What's the hard? Cause you wrote the movie too. What's the? Um, is it hard to write and direct? Well, was, writing was a collaborative effort <laughs> with the whole cast and crew. Like we all pitched in and contributed jokes and uh, it's, jokes. Uh, it looks like it's a horror film. <laughs> Shh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the misdirect. Um, what? What else? Are you done? Thank you for your time, Mister <laughs> Mr. Haig. Is this how you moderate DCC panels? <laughs> no, that's what every EPK interview sounds like. Oh, Ugh, yeah, man. No, dude, don't you know how to moderate? Comic-Con panels? Ladies and uh, gentlemen, this is Alan Tudyk! <laughs> <laughs> then you sit down and just... <laughs> what do you want to know? Does anybody have a question? <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> cool. So yeah, you can watch Good Catastrophe choice. for free online. Where can we find it? Uh, for free online. com under 48-hour <laughs> films, or you can go to Vimeo uh, or YouTube. Uh, the Blu-ray is uh, all ready to go. If you want to give me 15 bucks for that. I mean... Uh, donate fifteen dollars to my next production. <laughs> <laughs> You'll receive a incentive, <laughs> an unnamed incentive. Cool, cool, cool. Has uh, a lot of bonus features on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, does it have the CPK interview with you? This one, no. Yeah. Oh shoot. <laughs> no, it yeah, has. We uh, could sneak it in. At the, I think it was. There were some good, good questions there. It has four audio commentaries on it. Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> Is one of them with the cats? 
Oh, you just gave him an idea that he didn't think of. <laughs> no, we thought about it, but meow, like, meow, meow, meow. we figured it'd be too much of a pain in the ass to warrant. <laughs> like, we well, don't off. really put the two cats; just put cat yeah, noises. You, over yeah, it. you just have the whole crew making cat noises. <laughs> yeah, on Return of the Living Dead, I think it's twentieth anniversary. It's, there's zombie commentary and it's really obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to it for like ten minutes and then I went done. Yeah, even for six minutes, I thought it'd be just like. Well, it's like it's like a gag. Like it's yeah, not it like is. a thing you're gonna listen to. So, <laughs> well, yeah. commentary was hour and twenty minutes long. I, <laughs> I did not listen to it. It's for probably that. the same fifteen minutes on loop. But cool. All right. So we're on to me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, my number one is Mad Max. We made a deal up ahead. Safe passage. I don't know if it's still any good. Get back in the hole. Keep the hatch open. I need you here. You may have to drive the rig. of guzzling just like you asked. I'm gonna unhitch the pod. You said a few vehicles in pursuit, maybe. We count three war parties. Yeah, well, I got unlucky. Yeah, I, I, I the, yeah. So this is the most fun that I had in a theater in years, probably. Like, if I'm really gonna get bombastic, like, yeah. I, it, it, it felt very similar to like when I saw Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim for the first time, where like the movie started and I was grinning, and by the time the movie was over, I realized I had not stopped having fun at any point through the whole movie. Um, Wait, you're grinning when they threw a pregnant lady out of a car and killed her? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, so Fuck. man, spoilers. Um, no, but so that's the thing. Like over the, if you've been listening to the show, you've heard me talk about the fact that like I started getting a little bit iffy where I was like, "Wait a second, like you know, I like movies that are really, really like talking to me and have something to say and are about something." Um, and so can I really make my number one movie a movie where like it's really just a big driving sequence, right? Like, it's just this big bombastic action sequence. And yes, it's great, but, like, is it really... Is it really number one? And what I've been... What I went back to and the thing that I was sort of speaking to earlier was that I realized that um, not only do I love how friggin' amazing all of the action in this movie is and how much fun it is, but the actual story that they're telling and the characters that they set up I genuinely relate to and I think are really well-written characters. And the most, uh, the, the clearest of that actually for me is Splendid, who, unlike so many characters this year and, and so many action movies, here's this character who I adored the first time I watched the movie. Um, I mean, the, the, that shot for me is so iconic of her, like, swinging open the door and putting herself before, between Immortan Joe and, and, uh, um, and Furiosa. And I was like, man, like, here's this amazing strong woman, like, played by Rosie Huntington Whiteley, who I would never expect a good performance from ever. Um, like, she's the woman who played Megan Fox in Terminator, in Transformers 3. Um, so, like, 
to be impressed by that character, but the, the fact that you actually learn everything, like it's really great, well fleshed out, and very important character to the story, and you learn everything about that character after she dies. Like, everything about conveying who that character is, and what they were, and why they were important, is all told to you through what other characters say about that character after she dies. So the fact that, like, right after the scene where she where she's killed, um, well, or where she falls out of the truck, like, the group of girls just starts to fall apart. And, and James is grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> no. <coughs> but, like, they start to fall apart. One of them wants to go back, and they're, like, using the, these words that you've heard them say throughout the movie of trying to encourage each other. And they, the, you hear one of them say, like, no, those are her words, and she's dead now. And you realize, like, she was the ringleader of this whole thing. And here's this person who, if the movie had been written more traditionally or, or poorer, um, that character would have been your Furiosa or would have been, like, um, more important. And so to lose that character and then figure out how important that character was, that to me is really impressive and cool. Um, I think Furiosa is great. Um, Mad Max is sort of a cipher in the movie, um, but I'm okay with that. Uh, and the way, you know, as world building is really a big part of what the story is, like the way that that world gets revealed in chunks. Um, but honestly, you're, you're very lost in the first, the first time you watch it, you're pretty lost the first 20 minutes where you're like, why this and what is going on here and what is going on here? Um, why, why did that guy spray a bunch of stuff in his mouth and jump off this thing and go crazy? And they, they just reveal these little things to you over time. Yeah, the first time I watched it, uh, I was sitting there like the first 10 minutes going like, wow, the acting is horrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then as you watch the movie, you figure out like that's just the characterization of like the world yeah. they live in. Yeah, um, like like Nicholas, uh, what's his name, is not Holt. Yeah, Holt is not doing a poor job. That's that's the character, and that mm. character's kind of insane. And the things he's saying, you think he's being bombastic or crazy or whatever, and it's like no, like that's it. Actually, does it plays better? Um, and I I, didn't, I never felt it was terrible. Um, yeah. Well, now but, now I watch it, it just uh, seems. Yeah, I don't uh, think about it at all. But man, the, just like the pacing of that movie and what an accomplishment that felt like. And how ballsy to. Like, the finale is just going back the same way. Man, like, like, yeah. When he first comes up with that plan, I'm just like, th- this movie has so much we guts. Yeah. Just bucks so many conventions of blockbuster filmmaking. Right, because right, a normal a normal traditional like sci-fi kind of movie, like there's always a safe haven in the mountains that you got to get to. You know, like in the Maze Runner, Scorch Trials. Um, <laughs> Film of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, that... Uh, so are the yeah. trials on fire? <coughs> the, there are no scorch trials. Okay. There's not a trial. No one gets scorched. There is it's... something called the scorch. I think. I think it's a lightning storm in a desert. Okay. No, and I, I think I... they sleep through it and then they run to the edge. Yeah. Gotcha. They're like, oh wait, that happened. Oh, okay. Might as well go to this party and get hella wasted because that's the thing that's existing in this world apparently. Yeah. 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 Oh man, microdoses of LSD, guys. Uh, there was a court case of Thomas Scorch that they just completely lost. Because <laughs> 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 it's so boring. <laughs> they made a movie about maze running around it. <laughs> oh. It's just a, a big leather-bound book somewhere. Yeah. It's Scorch. Have you noticed there's like tons of people walking by constantly? Yes, it's like yes, driving yeah. me crazy. <laughs> it's like my periphery just keeps yeah. on picking up people walking by. Like, your periphery? Yeah. Just get your gun out. So the tall guy is right behind me. The tall guy that <laughs> follows King walk by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, um, 
Mad Max, Fury Road. My if favorite I, film of the year. If I wasn't fucking around my list, it's obviously my number one, too. <laughs> Brad, take this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, what, what was the stuff that was, like, not on people's lists that you really wanted, like, you wish you could find a place? Uh, Henry, I know you said you had one. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, my number, like, 11 film, which was on my top ten for a long time, I really wished it stayed, was Dope. Um, oh, yeah, you did geez. like that movie. Um, everything that you complained about, Meet Your Own a Dying Girl, like, I think it was two weeks ago, like, everything that you said about that that you didn't like, like, I thought, like, you can point to how Dope does it better. Yeah. Like, it's very much, like, like, I just watched a flick some other people the other day, and it's very much feels like, <coughs> like, a John Hughes movie for, like, the black kind of, like, impoverished community. Because hmm. it also, like, one thing I really love about it, too, is that, like, all the characters in it, like, they're all the majority of them are black, but like it's more than just that character trait. Like there's a lot more to them than just that. Where I think a lot of like, especially like white direct, white directors and white act writers, like that's their one thing about them, which I think is a shame. It's it's a really funny film. There's a lot. I mean, it has kind of its flaws, but like, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen I it. I did or something. Yeah, so. it's an amazing film. Yeah. So you should definitely check it out. It's funny those films when I was at uh, Trace Meyer Best Buy. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. They're DVD Blu-ray covers are almost marketed the same way. Yeah. Where they're like, just kids on it. And then like the font kind of looks similar. Except yeah. Dope is kind of the 80s uh, yeah. style font, but it's interesting. Yeah, I I will say Dope is a... I it was not... I would, would you say it's dope? It's pretty dope. Um, <laughs> it, it was a lot better than Me or the Dying Girl. And it's just... I don't know. I, I loved it a lot. Like, I've seen it, like, probably the most out of all the films I've watched this year, so. But is it like a, you know, um, I know it's, it has something to do with hip-hop, but, or it's like a... Yeah, yeah, Like, uh, the main characters, uh, they're, like, huge 90s hip-hop fans. <laughs> and, like, you can see, kind of, like, based on their clothing and their appearance, right. that they influence that into it as well, so. But I like I like to see the story, you know, b- behind some of that stuff, not just from the black perspective, because when I grew up, mm-hmm. like, we're all listening, you know, all my friends were listening yeah. to hip-hop, so when I... When I, I see movies say Willie that, Nelson. when I see movies that are like directed just at a black audience, I'm like, that's not really hip hop because, like, me, you know, me and my friends, see, were, yeah, you white know, kids love white a, kids love hip hop too. A black yeah. friend, yeah. I can say, like, do the Tyler Perry movies appeal to you at all? No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no. Who the fuck watches those movies? <laughs> yeah. No, but I always like you know movies that actually show like, you know how hip hop is like spanned, you know, all these different cultures and and all this stuff. It's not. You know, when I see a movie that just comes at the black audience, I'm kind of like, this is not even realistic. Because, you know, when I was going through school, you know, me and my friends were listening to Funk Dubious and, you know, Third Bass and all all those groups. And you had tapes and everything. And, you know, it was it was, it was good music. I, I think music now is kind of it's kind of changed. And they, they do try to project it out to a, to, a, you know, a specific race or whatever. But I think more real hip hop is 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 worldwide. Are you yeah. from Colorado? Oh, yes. So were you the only black guy in your school? Uh, no. What? Nope. Uh, <laughs> and I went to school. I, I, I went to, well, I went to Martin Luther King Elementary and then I went to Whitefield High School. But when I was, uh, I didn't listen to hip, to hip hop and stuff until I got into like high school. I was listening to metal and stuff and rock really? at first. Yeah. So I had like a Slayer back patch. And, <laughs> <laughs> and all stuff. Free. I was learning new oh, stuff about oh, you. Yeah. So, 
I've never heard of Funk Dubious, but this sounds like the coolest band name I've ever heard before. <laughs> I think, I'm, like, I'm, I'm gonna go listen to because I rewatched like last week. I think yeah. I think they might reference them. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's very. They also do like a lot of like obscure hip hop. Yeah, stuff yeah, too, yeah. So. I like a lot of underground hip hop. Uh, I'm cool. just being funny because there's not very many black people in Colorado. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, no. That's why I was like, wow, because when I went to Golden, we had like one black kid. Yeah, and I went to I went to Ranch. There were one or two. Yeah, it depends on the area you live in because you know being where I'm from. I mean, you get. Everyone fluctuates in because of the military, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the Springs mm-hmm. area. But you know, but not, like when I was when, when I was growing up, I mean, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't like, I, I didn't like really consider myself like in one clique. Uh, there was there was a time when I hung out with like punk rockers. There was a time when I hung out with people that listen to metal. So I like music in general. But mm-hmm. I, I just now things have, to me has kind of changed, and I don't I don't like I really don't like mainstream the stuff that you see on TV. I still listen to a bunch of underground stuff. Yeah, majority of time and like that good bluegrass music <laughs> on the underground. Yeah, you're, you're... I think bluegrass and hip hop have conflicting values. Uh, no. You know who invented hip hop music? Bob Dylan. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah, uh, uh, go go back. Yeah, what what Bob Dylan song is hip hop? I'm sorry. Uh, there's a number. Well, it's actually not the hip hop. It's rap. But yeah. okay, what song is Bob Dylan? Uh, it's um. No, there's a number. Of, it's because all of his. It's because all of his songs were were Horrible. poems. No, and early rap music is is poetry wrapped. Um, yeah, yeah. And go go read some books about rap music. They will bring out Bob Dylan. I, I swear to you. I will. I still want to go. I still want you guys to go with me to go see Chirac. That's not a rap play. Sure, <laughs> isn't it like uh, for free on like Amazon? Right it's, now, it might so. be. Yeah. Uh, you know how Ryan loves Steve, uh, Spike Lee movies. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Spike Lee. I like Inside Man. Yeah, it's one that uh, I want. Should we take a second to pop a cork for uh, the Force Awakens, who just jumped ahead of Titanic on Friday? Oh really? Oh man! Wow. Of like on the all-time highest grossing all time. Wow. Okay. This is why I think oh, there's a yeah. conspiracy for James Cameron. Have I told you guys this? My theory behind this yet? No. Go ahead. Okay. So. Jurassic Park was released in 1993. The opinions of Brian Frost are not reflective of the entire... <laughs> That's fine. So, Wait, is he going to say bad shit about James Cameron? Yeah, yeah. They're reflective by all of the real men's <laughs> So Jurassic Park came out in 1993. When did the 3D re-release? Last year? Uh, two years ago, I think? No. Well, okay. I saw it at the Alamo. So, so if you go to Box Office year. Mojo and you look up Jurassic Park, it has Jurassic Park. Oh. Jurassic Park 3D has its own gross. Right. But if you go to Avatar or Titanic, they combine their 3D grosses into their overall performance right which i think is bullshit yeah, yep. yeah. well no the re-release though because avatar was always 3d but yeah it, but it was re-released again and they added the other 40 million dollars to it so it's they say it's 760 million it's actually 720 yeah and they added another 40 million to it but it came out in 3d so that's why like like the force awakens came out in 3d so there's not like a force awakens 3d but you still know? like no but titanic didn't come out in 3d that's a suspect yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's avatar they re-released it so the question here is when they when they re-released the original trilogy, like the special editions, are those bundled in with the original? No. Okay, then that for sure is bullshit. Because also, too, isn't Avatar... At least Avatar or... releasing and being the exact same release, like, I can kind of understand Avatar getting added back you, in. No, see, if you look at it, too, on Box Office Mojo, I can pull it up. Like, I got it. Okay. Like, the argument is this. Type in Avatar. But the, yeah, but the argument, Ryan, is this. Like, if, if tomorrow they released... Um, There's an Avatar special edition from 2010. Yeah, I think I remember like yeah. they million. added like one other scene to it, like when they first re-released it. So, but like if if, if tomorrow so, they released, at, uh, oh, but that's part of it. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. They huh. they included it into its release. Yeah, it's got two separate releases. The regular Avatar from 2009 is it's not even 3D. It's just 749. <laughs> 
yeah. million, and then there's the special edition ten million that adds up to the seven sixty. Yeah, and they combine it. That's bullshit. Yeah, that okay. Yeah, if they <laughs> added scenes to it, that's bullshit. Then that is like they just need to do it one way or the other, right? So the the it, the, the baseline needs to be: Did the re-release of ET add to the numbers for ET? And if so, then no. always re-releasing ET. And if not, then when you re-release it, it's a different movie. Exactly because it, as long as it is edited, because I would argue like if tomorrow or they no, do it all the, the time for Oscars, I, right? I, I, so like Whiplash, if Whiplash got re-released tomorrow, and we all were like, "Oh man, we gotta go see Whiplash," that money should go to yeah, the original release fine. of Whiplash because it's the that's same fine. cut. That's fine. Yeah, but they shouldn't inco- inco- combine them. They don't. A New Hope yeah. is, special edition is not combined with A New Hope. Right. That's what I'm saying. But they combine those two. So there's, yeah. I mean, it's then, only 11 million. It is. So. Yeah, Star Wars is gross as Star Wars, the ni- 1982 reissue and the special edition. So it's 460 is those three releases. Oh, okay. So they do it for Star Wars, but they don't do it for other like, weird. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, that's they my, just, they that's my James be, Cameron conspiracy. They need to be, yeah. James Cameron. And I still don't think asshole. I don't understand. And the how Phantom it... Menace has its 3D lumped into it. <laughs> yeah, but that's dumb too. Yeah, um, the 3D re-releases should be separate. But uh, what else is there that we saw this year that like we didn't talk about? Um, mine is a Zombievers, which almost made. It. I, yeah, oh, I was thinking oh, of doing that one too, but I realized. Oh man! Um, yeah, Creed almost made it on mine. And... Samurai Cop Two. Yeah. yeah, I was going to just they, for fun, but it, the second half of it, it just it it peers out like yeah. it just takes a nosedive in that movie. That was like, um, I would say, um, Big Short was was one of my runners up. Um, man, and, uh, and uh, the movie that surprised me the most was Cinderella. <laughs> I actually really liked Cinderella. Yeah, yeah I would. That's really that. well done. Yeah, um, the final girls. One that I really liked but wasn't in my top ten was uh, Dude Pro Party Massacre Three. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, you should. I do. I it's it's a that. lot of fun. So uh, the Look of Silence, which was the documentary I about, seen I really um, want to. Yeah, that 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 was pretty great. Um, but that that's one that like it's not a movie that I would necessarily want to watch again. Yeah. yeah. Um, which makes it for you know it's like it's like interesting and like cool to see one time, but it's not necessarily the best film of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but definitely two were pretty cool. And the same thing for the end of the tour. Um, the end of the tour was a really cool movie, but just didn't quite make it on the list. Yeah. So. My problem with the end of the tour is that it has the exact same ending song that, uh, like the exact same song beat for beat as the ending song on Mirror on the Dying Girl. <laughs> oh, really? Because I saw them like, like pretty soon after. Oh, the shoot. Yeah. And like, it's literally the same song. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, what was the worst stuff? Um, I can uh, read you my Fifty Mordecai. Shades of Grey, Mordecai, uh, Fantastic Four, Maggie, no, um, uh, Jurassic World, no, um, <laughs> Jupiter Ascending, yep, yeah. So my my Chappie, Chappie. Oh, do you guys really hate Chappie that much? Wow. Yeah. Um, Chappie was like one of my more most disappointing. Yeah. I, I guess if you're looking forward to. I guess that would my uh, my bottom five are uh, Smosh the movie. What? Um. Fishing Naked, which was a horrible direct, like I found it like just like online. Um, Freetown. Have I told talked about Freetown yet on this podcast? No. What's Freetown? Oh my god, Freetown. Uh, have you heard you like nodding your head? Uh, um, so Freetown. I went into it like because I saw like I didn't see a trailer before. I saw like on the like movies.com website or whatever, and it's described as uh, uh, four friends during uh, like the Civil War in Africa leave their country but have to go back to save one of their friends and they have to leave again. I thought, awesome, like, war, like, friendship, that could be awesome. 
what the synopsis did not tell you, it's a hardcore Mormon film. <laughs> um, they need to go, they're all missionaries. They leave, they have to go save like their pastor or whatever. Then they leave again. And then they stop the civil war with the power of Mormonism. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they completely wow. change history. I didn't, I didn't know that Abraham Lincoln was a Mormon. That's interesting. <laughs> and then, uh, and then second worst is hot pursuits. Oh, wow. I don't know why I saw that in theaters. Um, and then the worst film I've seen all year is I Spit on Your Grave 3. So, <laughs> which is a shame because I liked the previous two ones. Uh, Fantastic Four. We didn't, we didn't mention Fantastic Four. That was we cool. didn't need to. So. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I think, uh, one of the, so my, my list of disappointments are, uh, Spectre, Chappie, Jurassic World, um, In the Heart of the Sea, and Hateful Eight. Ha- and Hateful Eight, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Into the Heart of the Sea is one where, like, the movie's not that bad. It's just like you just expect to be more. Yeah, like I from watching the trailers and knowing the, and you know having some of the story and being Ron Howard, I was just like, oh, this is just a great equation for a fantastic film. And so to just walk out of it and kind of be like very tepid about yeah. the whole thing um, was just disappointing, you know. So I guess my two most disappointing films. Uh, have any of you guys seen Tangerine? No. Uh, it was at Sundance. It, like some people are putting it on like their best of the year like lists. And it, it was made on an iPhone. Please tell me yeah. that it was just that it's just shots of tam- tangerines. No, it's high wit. That'd be better. I, um, I know a better killer. Orange, short, <laughs> <laughs> man eating orange. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You got it's, it. It's uh, it's filmed entirely on an iPhone, <laughs> which I guess is impressive, but not really. Um, and like it's about like these two trans, not transgender, but like uh, I guess, I guess transgender. Two tra- these two transgender prostitutes, and uh. The best way I can describe it is it's I could rename the film to Angry People Walking to Pop Music, the movie. Um, <laughs> essentially, like, one of them finds... She, she just gets out of prison. She finds out that her boyfriend is, like, cheating on her. She's like, well, I gotta go solve that. And so she stands up and walks for 30 minutes to... Or, like, not for 30 minutes, but, like, it's every scene is her walking to her boyfriend, like, with some pop song playing in the background. Like, and she's angrily doing it. Then she'll be like, oh, look, it's this person who I know. How are you doing? Cool. I'll see you later. I gotta go talk to my boyfriend. Walks angrily to that person. It just, like, it is one of the most mind-boggling, horrible films I've seen this year. Like, it's <laughs> Sounds not like funny. Entertainer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it, cause it's, it's like some people say, it's the best comedy of the year. It's not funny at all. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't know. It's just, like, that kind of, like, mm, girl, that kind of culture. Like, mm, yeah. maybe if you're into that culture, you'll like it, but, like, I cannot stand that culture, so I hate it. Yeah. So that one, and I was looking forward to it because people said it's like one of the best of the year. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think trying to think. Oh, and Don Verdeen. I was not pleasant by it's like from the thing where they did Nacho Libre and. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, but it's his like satire on religion, and I think religion's a much harder beast to tackle. Yeah, so. especially with that sense of humor. Is yeah. Sam Rockwell still mm-hmm. funny in it though? He's probably the best part of it. Of course. Um, <laughs> does he dance? Rockwell's He's great. great. He does a good job. No. Um, <laughs> the um, Justin Hammer dance. And then Joy, I was really hoping, might be good. Why? Oh, I mean, I hate I David O. Russell. James doesn't give David O. Russell any chance <laughs> at all. That's not true. Yes, it is. Well, it probably is true at this point. Um, but, like, I think I saw it last night, and I th- and I, saw, I chose that over the big short, which I really regret. But, yeah. um but like uh, I don't I think I might have broken the world record for the most times anyone's rolled their eyes in a theater. <laughs> it's the stupidest film I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um Do you guys want to play a game? 
<gasps> Gaze. Sure. Okay. It's called Ew Gross. This is disgust. She basically keeps Riley from being poisoned, physically and socially. That is not brightly colored or shaped like a dinosaur. Hold on, guys. It's broccoli! Yes! Triple and I'm going to give you a couple movies, and you have to tell me which one did better at the box office. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Oh, because when you tell us it's not what we thought or wanted it to be, we're going to go, ew, gross. Maybe. Okay. Might throw some curveballs at you. Okay, cool. <gasps> All right. Uh, which did better at the box office? Fifty Shades of Grey or Straight Outta Compton? Straight Outta Compton. Fifty Shades of Grey. Ah, uh, yeah, Straight Outta Compton. If you're going to say, ooh, girls, it's going to be 50 Shades of Grey. I'm going to be disappointed. These two gentlemen are correct. Uh, oh, is it it's Straight Outta Compton? No. no oh, oh, okay. I was, oh, yeah. sorry. I was, I was like, going yeah, to the board. So 166 to 161. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty that movie, close. That movie yeah. was a big deal. People were talking about that yeah. stupid bullshit yeah. for a while. And I hope people realize that they shouldn't see it to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Tomorrowland or Terminator Genesis? Terminator oh, Genesis. I'm sure neither of them did. No, well. Tomorrowland. Made I think last. Tomorrowland. I think Terminator Genesis. These two are right. <laughs> I think was Terminator Genesis like eighty. Uh, Tomorrowland's ninety three. Genesis is eighty nine. Yeah. Well. Um. Can't wait for the sequels. <laughs> Vacation like Terminator or Fantastic Four. What were the two? <laughs> Vacation oh, remake wow. or Fantastic Four? Fantastic Four. Vacation. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's Fantastic Four. I think it's Fantastic Four. It's Vacation. Really? <laughs> Dude. I went to that opening day. Yeah, but word, I was the only one. <laughs> word, of, word of mouth on, on Fantastic Four was so bad By the director. Released. That's true, but like, <laughs> that one, at least you have it going for, like, oh, it's so bad, we should see it. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, that we all saw it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, and we had it was our job to see like, it. Like, yeah. 58 to 56 million. Vacation's a better, more cohesive movie than Fantastic Four. Yeah. And that movie Neither is dog shit. No. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Wackity smackity. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending or The Man from Uncle? Um, oh, uh, Jupiter Ascending. Wait, are domestic or worldwide? This is all domestic. Okay. Oh, okay. Um. Jupiter Ascending, I think, did better. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending, and this is if 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 I'm right, this is super and ah ew. I think Jupiter Ascending. Man from Uncle. It's cheaper sending. I just wanted to be the forty-seven to forty-five. Um, oh, that's just sad. I didn't realize it only made forty-five million. God, people need to go see Man from Uncle. People can't. People need to go buy Man from Uncle. It won't make a difference. They're never going to make a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Henry Cavill's see. best movie. Fight me. I, I've only only seen like Superman, so right. Like, the only movie, really argue. only movie he's I only, care about putting down. <laughs> he's only in two movies. <laughs> uh, the Entourage movie or Crimson Peak? Entourage. Oh, I'd say Crimson, I think Crimson Peak. Peak. <laughs> Entourage, I think, made something like I don't even know, fifty million. Entourage, thirty-two. Oh, oh, Crimson wow. Peak, thirty-one. Oh, Damn! Wow. Yeah. Man. Did you, and, did you guys like uh, Crimson Peak? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah it's got it's got some problems, but it, yeah. you know, I I it looks pretty. I was not bored. Yeah. yeah, I had some problems with the audio. Oh no! 
Oh, um, you mean it, stuff that was intentional in the audio, or like the theater was? No, like, like not even out, it might have been the theater, but like there was so much stuff that like did not match up. To, like what you were hearing was did not match up what we were seeing. No, I think that's oh, your theater. Really? Oh, really? Because I didn't, I didn't, or I didn't notice it. Yeah. Like, cause, like there, I mean, like there's so many points, like not like dubbing like the lips or anything, but like there were many points. Like the one that I specifically remember was it's when like Tom Hilston and uh, not his sister, but they're like walking and they're falling in love for the first part, and it's like a, like a wide shot. And you can see their lips not moving whatsoever, but they dubbed in some other lines there as well. Huh. Weird. I don't know. I, don't know. I noticed that kind of stuff because I'm a cinema stomp, though. So right, right, I'm an yeah. asshole. Uh, you got one more? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Gem and the Holograms? What? <laughs> not that. Cause or, <laughs> or the Back to the Future Day re-release. Oh, that, oh that's a good one, then. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um... Back to the Future. I'm going to say yeah, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. I don't know Jim was out. Jim has a victory over something. Wow. <laughs> the Jim made 2.1 million. Back to the Future, 1.6. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> yeah. I remember it was in theaters for like like a solid week in wide release that wow. they completely dropped it. Like, All right. Cool. Um, all right. Did anyone have lists that were sent in? Uh, oh, yeah, Zach. Oh, yeah, we, we, yeah we've got Zach's breath list. Thanks for reminding me. Um, that was really yeah. embarrassing. Here you could read it on realnerdspodcast.com. Yeah, we're going to. Unless someone else <laughs> beats me up? to it. Before we do, uh, what about stuff for next year? Is there stuff for next year that people, other than the nice guys, which we're all very aware that we're all. Superman. It's not that far off. Yeah. 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 All the Marvel um, films I'm excited for, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Silence, I'm really looking forward to. I'm, I'm amazed how excited I am for Deadpool. Really? Oh, yeah, because I hate Deadpool, but that, that movie looks really fun yeah. to me. We'll see. I'm, my only concern is that like I've seen all the jokes at this point because they only showed like one scene. That could be. That so. could be. Yeah. Oh, and I will also put this out there. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and I totally agree with him. I'm kind of excited for Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Yeah, it looks good. And I don't traditionally care about Harry Potter movies, but this looks like it's not, what I would have. This wanted. isn't a traditional Harry Potter movie. Right. This though. looks like what I would have wanted out of a Harry Potter movie. My thing is that I have an unknown hatred for Eddie Redmayne. I don't. Oh, really? I don't know why, but I absolutely hate him. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, just him being in that, I'm like, fucking Eddie Redmayne, always doing good shit. Like... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Zach's number ten was Bridge of Spies. Cool. Number nine, Trumbo, which is also something I was like toying with putting on my list. I still haven't seen. I really want to. Yeah, yeah it's good. I but it. instead, you put Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his number eight was The Walk. Which, all I've heard is, like, if you see it, the trailer in 3D, then you've seen all the cool parts of the movie. <laughs> Otherwise, just watch the documentary. Huh? He's very vocal about how much he likes that film, though. So. Yeah. yeah. Number seven, Going Clear, which is on Steve's list. Mm-hmm. Number six, Mr. Holmes, which I'm going to see at some point. Yeah, It's good. It's really good. Old Sherlock Holmes. Uh, his number five, oh, it was, he put Mad Max for your road at number five. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, Force Awakens. Cool. Number three, The Big Short. Cool. Number two, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Damn! Wow, man. Yeah. And really his awesome, favorite movie from 2015, Catastrophe: The Hateful Eight. <sighs> man, I can't wait to talk to Zach. That'll be a great conversation. Like, I can see people like liking it, like, <laughs> but I can't see people seeing, like saying it's the greatest film of the year. Though I have to really see what he says about it. So. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. To that's art. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. So you never know. Oh, also honorable honorable mention, my film. It it premiered this year. You didn't oh, put yeah. it in your own list. Man, how good can it be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. Like it technically had a world premiere like 
same weekend as Star Wars. <laughs> and so, like, I'm honored that someone decided to give me world premiere. I'm kind of mad I wasn't invited. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that premiered. Did you like, send him an angry letter and be like, really, against Star Wars, guys? <laughs> like, we'll invite him. He's probably going to be at Star Wars anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, so I have no idea how the screening went. Like, oh. like no one in my cast and crew knew. So where, it, did it, where did it premiere? Uh, back in the box film competition in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. Um, I have no idea if it did well. Um, we were nominated for best film, so that's cool. But, um, <laughs> but I have no idea if anyone went to the screening, yeah. if people liked it. I have no idea because I got an email the day after the film festival ended that was like, congratulations on not winning but being nominated. So Cool. Well, good. It was, a weird, it was a weird morning. So. <laughs> it makes you feel better. I got rejected from some, from Sundance for catastrophe. So. Oh, don't worry. I got rejected from Sundance for five films. So oh, <laughs> like, you haven't cool. made it as a filmmaker till Sunday. Robert Redford says no to you. <laughs> I'm just yeah. start my own film festival. Yeah. Independence Day. Next year we get an Independence Day movie. <laughs> I mean, that trailer's <laughs> horrible. That trailer's awesome. Hi, Spidey. Man. Oh. oh. <laughs> Did he just smack his head on something? Yeah. Come here. Yeah. Well, okay. his fire sense is up with his face. He's trying to be tough. He's, oh, he's got a little pouty face on. Yeah. Kelly, right. what's your favorite movie of the year? <laughs> what's your favorite movie? It's okay. You're all right. Good you're, boy. You're, you're okay. It's going to be all right. Got <laughs> <laughs> boogers there. Yeah. Kelly, do you like Star Wars? <laughs> he did smile over there. Really. Tell, oh. us, tell us about it. It was good. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, it was good. My dad let me go into the theater, and I could make all the noise I wanted to, and I screamed at it, and people were yelling at him and throwing popcorn. He didn't care. That didn't happen. Okay, we're leaving. Say bye-bye. Yeah. Happy 2016, everybody. Say bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for everybody who's written in all year. And we're just listened. Yeah. Write in your shit. Tell us how you feel. Tell us we're dumb. Yep. Thanks to Steve and to Henry and to Bree for coming by. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys. Uh, everybody else has been on the show this year. Did it was you a great one. Yeah. Yeah. You did do good. Yeah. Man. And, uh, that was good. We'll uh, we'll see you at the theater. Yeah. We'll be seeing the Revenant next week. So. Yeah. Time to survive a bear attack or a bear rape. The what first. Was that? The, what no. Was that going no. On? No. 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 Someone said he got raped by the bear. <laughs> And they actually had to release a statement saying, it's a female bear. <laughs> yeah, like, really? That, that's your solution to this problem? Like, it's rape, but it's female, so it's okay. Yeah, it's, so it's a sexual it's assault. Not, it's not a gay bear. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Leo and the bear, neither are gay. It's fine. It's not consensual at all, but it's fine. Yeah. Oh, man. Bye. 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 Talking about, man.
visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.